going up the country. Oh, there we go. I didn't have a sound. Canned Heat going up the country from 1969. If you were at Woodstock, most of the listeners to this show were either not alive or were very, very young when Woodstock took place. But if you are old enough to have been at Woodstock and were there, you probably heard that song at some point. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus. This is being recorded and broadcast live on February 23rd, 2017 at approximately 8.15 p.m. and beyond. And we have a number of interesting topics this week. A number of big topics this week. Some weeks we have to stretch to come up with stuff to talk about. Other weeks we have one big topic and a lot of kind of nothing topics. This week we have a lot of fairly big topics to talk about. So uh, I, I don't know if we're even going to do any general topics this week. Uh, I also have to wake up early tomorrow, so I can't stay up as late as I usually do. So this may be a shorter show than usual. I probably won't be doing a six-hour show here. And I know some of you love the six-hour shows and have come to count on it and be used to it. But the truth is, when this show first started, it was like two, two and a half hours. If we had a show that was like four hours, that was like a long one. And then it progressed to get longer and longer. And now we've kind of settled to be around six hours. But I, I'm just warning you, this week is probably not going to be that long. Of course, if you're listening in the archives, you know exactly how long it is, most likely, because it'll display that for you, depending upon the platform that you use. So we're going to connect on a co-host we have tonight, the same co-host that we have had for quite some time. I kind of want to name him as more than just a guest co-host, because he's really been present for a few months in a row. But my fear is if I name him as anything but a guest host, that he will go away. Because we just, whenever we name someone as an official host of the show, then they're gone. That even includes Brandon. Like It, it just seems like as soon as someone is established in the show title as being here, then they're not here anymore. You remember with Daredevil, he was here like one or two weeks. <laughs> well, it was the Druff Drexel and Daredevil show. But we've had that with others too. So I'm a little nervous because I don't want to lose Cal Watt. I also can't get Cal Watt tonight. He's just not reachable. He messaged me, I'm ready. I tried to connect him. and uh, Here we are. Okay, we got you. Cal Watt, hello. Hey, Druff, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. And I'm glad you can be with us tonight. And I yeah, mean, I, heard, I heard what you said. I, I don't mind staying the, uh, you know, the, the girl you take to the dance when the one you really want doesn't show up. Okay, I'm cool okay. with that. that. That's fine. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just afraid. I'm afraid to... It's like I have the superstition. If I make anyone the official uh, host of the show, then they leave. So maybe they get too comfortable. Maybe that's the thing. They have to be hungry enough to want that title. And then once they get it, it's kind of like a free agent that gets a giant contract. Except, except here... If you were to sign with Poker Fraud Alert Radio, your giant contract would be zero point zero. My you, giant you, contract would be not hearing the sound yeah, effects. Say, that I, sounds I, terrible. I, I, I could see there you couldn't hear it. I have a way to tell whether you could hear it or not. That's so fresh. <laughs> we're going to actually have to fix this when we do the uh, Lyman segment tonight because we have to hear but you, that. You're right, though. I mean, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? It's true. Yeah. You know? So, okay. Anyway, we have a free roll tonight. It's at 8.40 p.m. Even though we started late, you have 23 minutes still to get over there before it starts. It's 8.17 right now. Also, another 25 minutes after that for late registration. 
It is $75. 20 came from Trader Ruski, who I think we're going to pick up soon as a co-host. And the other 55 came from Starbucks Spunk Bucket, who also gave another 50 for next week. So thank you to him. And Starbucks Spunk Bucket, you might wonder why he chose that name. That was based upon a story that Ken Scaler told on this show, where he went to a Starbucks that was across the street from... Uh, a college where uh, he was staring at a lot of girls there. He was going to that college, he was staring at a lot of the girls, and then he couldn't wait to get home to do something about it. So he'd go into the Starbucks bathroom by himself and take care of business. So that's what that's what Starbucks Spunk Bucket is in relation to. And the funny thing is, one time I was at the World Series, I think it was like three years ago, and this older guy, must have been like you know, late 50s or something, walked with a cane, uh, he's sitting next to me, very quiet, mild-mannered the whole time. He busts from the tournament and says to me before he leaves, by the way, that Starbucks you talk about, I, uh, I used to go to school right across from there. <laughs> so it was actually a listener to this show, a listener to this show who, uh, who waited the whole time <laughs> until he busted out to let me know that, that he knew about Ken Scaler uh, jerking off at that Starbucks and he used to go to school across the street many years before that. So... With that said, the free roll tonight is a cash free roll, as it always is. We give you real cash money that we will pay you in one of many ways. It's not crappy online money you'll have trouble cashing out. No, this is money I'll send to you by bank transfer, by Bitcoin. I'll send you cash in the mail. I'll send you a check. And even some other methods that I won't discuss out here to where I can pay you real cash for winning this free roll. First place will be $40. Second place, $18. Third place, $10. Fourth place, $7. And to qualify for the free money, you must know the rules. And you must follow those rules. If you do not, you will not get the money. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. All lowercase, exactly as it sounds. Those are the rules. They haven't changed in a while, but you must be aware of them. If you want to call the show tonight, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Now, we had a complaint last week, multiple complaints, that that number wasn't working for most of the show. And it was true, it didn't. It did not work for most of the show. So I'm going to test it right now, just to make sure that nobody can complain that the phone number is dead. I was able to fix it mid-show, but I want to make sure right off the bat we've got a number working. We may not have a co-host that can hear sound effects, but we, I want to have at least a working phone into the show. The Mount Charleston line, that is a less temperamental line. Yeah, it, it works. The phone number works into the show. The main number works. The Mount Charleston line, which is our second line into the show, 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808, that's the Mount Charleston line. It is an old 70s rotary telephone on top of Mount Charleston near Las Vegas, forwards to me wherever I go. I attempted to go visit the phone. I was in Las Vegas. I attempted to go visit the phone on Monday. I could not because I looked up the road conditions and it said that there was an avalanche danger in the area. So I was not going to go all the way to the top of Mount Charleston to check on this phone and then have that be the last thing I ever did. I mean, I like the phone, but it's not worth my life. So Yeah, that, that reminds me. Did you survive the Great Flood? Yes. Uh, so there wasn't... Uh, I mean, the backyard got very flooded here. I'll say that. Uh, it didn't cause any damage. Uh, there was a lot of rain. It was not 
record rain for the area, but there was a whole lot. The storm, I, the storm was not a fail. It, it wasn't bigger than expected. Uh, it ranged from two point something inches in, in the drier areas of, of you know where it happened to hit, and the uh, up to about seven inches in the wetter areas of Los Angeles. And the mountains surrounding Southern California got as much as ten inches of rain from that storm. So. Uh, but there really wasn't much damage. I, I think there were a few deaths related to this, but not many. It was uh, it was pretty quiet. You know, there was a lot of rain, and it came down very steadily. I think that was the key: is that there wasn't super hard pouring rain. It was just a steady, fairly hard rain. The one thing that I didn't expect: there was a lot of wind. There was a lot of very high winds and heavy winds. Someplace- so you're saying, Druff, that it, it wasn't a super hard ten inches. It was more of like a soft, consistent. No. Two or three inches? Yeah, well, where, where I am here, it was about, about a five-incher. Sounds like my love life. <laughs> so, so, yeah, anyway, I didn't go to Mount Charleston, but that we do have a phone line still there, 702-430-1808. You can go in the chat room if you're listening live and chat with the other people who are listening live, and also Calwatt will be monitoring the comments. I have to admit that I only look at it a few times during the show, but I, I do look at it sometimes. You never know. In fact... As I often do near the beginning of the show, I will look right now. And uh, FTP Jesus says, should have had Scott Mattis out of check on the Mount Charleston line. He was up there with all the snow they had. Apparently, he was pulling people out of ditches and snowbanks. <laughs> well, now you know I didn't go. I, I don't want Scott Mattis out saving me. I, I don't want that. So, uh, oh, I, you know, related to that flood, is the pool okay? Yeah, yeah, the the pool's fine. And the gold lettering, like there's no over flooding, oh, it, or it's good. I don't have to. I don't have to fill it. You know, it filled itself, so it's it's good. Nice. So uh, I, I'm kind of bummed, though. I mean, honestly, like you you were talking about the storm, and I, I rarely, I almost never watch TV. Right, I get most of my news from the internet and that kind of stuff. But I was looking forward to turning on the radio and just seeing you like riding in a blow up raft <laughs> <laughs> down the down the middle of the road somewhere. <laughs> By the way, someone in chat, Real Talk, is saying, Druff, can you talk about the site making 4K per month? And this was alleged today on the forum. A a new user who probably isn't very new, but someone who claims he's a longtime lurker, made a new account and claimed that this site makes $4,000 a month and that I'm being very cheap by not donating to my own free roll. And, And he didn't mention this, but also being cheap not paying you. I, can I say something, Druff? Yeah. As as an outsider knowing nothing about any of this, no fucking way. <laughs> there is not a chance. I want to know where it comes from. Making 4K. I want to know where it comes from. Like, no how, chance. Where could it possibly come from? Because the only advertising we have here is that little Amazon banner, which it doesn't take a genius to figure out isn't making me big money. So where else could the money possibly be coming from? Someone would have to be paying me to be making. 4K a month, or really anything per month. I'd have to be getting the money from someone or somewhere, and since I'm not promoting anything or anyone else, nor is the site selling anything, there's no way I can make money. I I know I'm involved with lots of companies that try really, really hard to make money, and, you know, obviously a lot of them are doing better than than 4K a month, but it it takes a decent amount of work to make 4K a month. It really Look, does. If I could make 4K a month with this site, I would. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that I would turn down 4K a month. That's, that's almost $50,000 a year. But I'd be it, upset with you if you didn't. Yeah, but uh, but <laughs> look, I, I'm not making 4K. I'm not making $4 a month here. That's the sad thing. 
So uh, I know that this show has cost me a lot of fucking money. That's true, and you know, occasionally <laughs> I'll, I'll get a little money here and there from someone who, you know, a temporary advertiser or some uh, small things here and there will pick up a little money. But uh, overall, the site slightly loses money, and I'm definitely not making four K a month. Yeah, that's why I don't want any piece of the show, Drew. <laughs> All that means is they're going to help you pay your bills. Yeah, you're going to owe more money. That's true. No no thanks. You're going to owe more money. I'm going to start sending you bills. So uh, the call to listen line is a feature of the show where you can call up a phone number and just listen to it. Now, you're not going to be able to speak to me on the number, but you can listen to it. I guess you can speak to me. I just won't answer back because I won't be able to hear you. But you, Druff's ideal conversation. Yeah, yeah. He gets to talk, and you don't get to say shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you want to call that number, you can listen to the show live on that phone number. And when the show is not live, you can listen to streaming reruns. The server just picks random reruns from our library of more than 220 shows and plays one after the other as if they're live. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. It does not require a smartphone. does not require a data plan. does not require the internet. does not require a computer. Any phone that can dial, you can listen to the show using that number. And it won't cost you one byte of data even if you have a data plan. And it doesn't require a very strong cell phone connection. If you have one bar, it'll probably work. Seven so if I, if I picked up an old rotary phone... You're saying I could call this number and I could hear the show? Yes. Yes. Amazingly, yes. It's uh, it's rotary phone compatible. So hmm. it's something that people laughed at when I said I'm going to put this up as a feature of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. But people have come to really enjoy it because it's easy and it doesn't it doesn't have the usual hassles that come with streaming internet radio. So, it's very retro hipster. It is. It is. Now... Something also retro hipster, but not quite as far back, that I was uh, attempting to implement, but uh, didn't quite work out. Last night, I, I slaved over the computer to try to implement a number you could text to subscribe to text updates for when the show's going to be. You know, tonight is Thursday. We usually have the show on Wednesday, but then a lot of times we don't have the show on Wednesday, so it's hard to keep track of sometimes. So I figured, hey, people could sign up for text updates, and they'll get texted with updates as to when Poker Fraud Alert Ready will take place. Maybe they'll even text you right before the show is about to start. And, of course, you can opt in if you want, or you can never opt in and you won't get any text messages. So I, I was getting that going, and unfortunately, you know, since I don't have the whole setup to do this on my own, uh, I was trying to use a third-party service, and the third-party service uh, didn't do what it claimed. It was It's, it's a big third-party service, but it, uh, it had issues. So I, I spent this is the one advantage I know that you don't want to do Twitch, um, and I understand why you don't want to do it, and it makes complete sense to me. Um, but the one advantage that you get if you're streaming from uh, Twitch or even YouTube streaming is that people that subscribe to your channel they get a push notification when you go on. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And you know, whatever, just something to think about. It, you don't have to. I mean, you can broadcast on there. You don't have to broadcast video. Yeah, I know. I guess I could just broadcast with a black screen. Yeah, but the the main advantage, or at least a big, a big advantage of those sites is that you can go on whenever you decide you want to go on, and everyone that likes your channel gets a notification, uh, and it's kind of handy in that way. 
Yeah, Real Talk is saying in chat, Druff, do you realize you don't have to use face cam for Twitch? You know, if, if he's going to be... <laughs> if he's going to be mocking of me like this, what I'm going to do is I will sign up for Twitch, and, okay. and I'm going to point the cam not to a, a black screen. I'm going to point it to my penis the whole time. That's what people are going to get to look at the whole time. If they, oh, if they're going to mock me for the face cam thing and my unwillingness to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to give them something. So you're going to get a druff dick cam? Yeah. You'll just, just go on. Oh, and just be. <laughs> now the problem is, you know, well, wait, uh, you're Jewish, so you're probably circumcised. Well, the, right? the problem, so it's, the it's problem not going to look like a dog dick up there, right? Well, the problem is also like, do I attempt to keep it hard the whole time, or that would be hard to do for six hours? So. Oh, please, God, no! <laughs> I don't want to be on this phone knowing that you're sitting there, like passively trying to keep a boner. Well, that, that's on the, the camera. other problem. Like hearing your voice would kill it too. I'd have to just kind of ignore you. You know what? You know, I'm I might be offended by that but i'm not at all like i'm very pleased to hear that. <laughs> okay so so anyway we uh so that that's the story let me think what else i haven't uh, introduced yet i introduced the free roll the the chat room the phone numbers oh yeah if you forget any of the phone numbers i gave just go to the radio page the radio tab on poker fraud alert they're all listed there and here is the agenda for this week and then we will get going Absolute Poker founder and cheater. He cheated me directly, so I know he's a cheater. He cheated. He stole money directly from me, seeing my whole cards. The original super user of online poker, Scott Tom, has surrendered today to U.S. authorities. So we will talk about that. Hmm. Didn't think that day was ever going to come. He voluntarily surrendered. Two stories involving Bet Online. One has a crossover to Absolute Poker again. Bet Online has a live blackjack game where you can watch a dealer dealy cards and you can place bets at the live table while playing online. A lot of sites have this sort of thing. But their live dealer in one of the games is accused of cheating players and grabbing a different card out of the shoe to force the player to lose. We we will talk about that, and it, I, I'll tell you, when I first saw the video, I had one impression, and I have another impression now. I'll tell you what my impressions were and which one I believe is correct. Brent Beckley, one of the other AP founders and owners, he was the one who was in charge of all the payment processing. I don't think I ever dealt with him directly, but uh, I, I got a lot of large payments from them. Like, they... They would send some pretty large, you know, back when they were solvent, and they they would send some pretty large payments. Like I think I got one that was uh, ninety thousand dollars from them one time, one shot. Sick back, brag. Back in the old days, but uh, anyway, Brent Beckley, who was in charge of all that payment processing, but also was involved in the cheating, and involved in covering up the cheating, involved in moving money out that was stolen via the cheating. I mean, he's definitely not just the innocent payment processor there. He took a job at Bet Online. Is that related to the blackjack scam? I wouldn't be surprised. Don't have any info to link him yet, but that's something we will also talk about. Jacqueline Moscow. We talked about her in May of 2016 when she dropped that bombshell uh, blog about how Nolan Dalla allegedly motorboated her at an after party for Poker After Dark. And there's a big... Shitstorm over it, a lot of fighting back and forth. 
people on both sides of the issue. I even got involved more than I should have. And anyway, she's back in the news. Jacqueline Moscow and an unknown player named Fernando Rosas were accused by Jason Mercier of cheating using an online, or actually I should, I should say it's an app, it's not really online, but it's, it's an app for open-face poker, open-face Chinese poker. So there, but no motorboating involved at all this time? Yeah, not, not in this one, but they're accused of, so Jason Mercier is apparently accusing them of cheating in OpenFace via this app, and this story came out through none other than Sean Deeb, who made a reference to it but didn't really explain further, and then Fernando showed up on 2 Plus 2 to give his side of the story. I actually knew about all this for quite some time, because this is going back months. I knew about this, but I was told, please don't say anything about it. The person who told me told me in confidence, so I had to keep my mouth shut, but I I knew the story. And we'll go over what the accusations supposedly are. Now, mind you, Mercier has not said anything yet, to my knowledge. But uh, Sean D. made reference to it, and, and Fernando Rosas responded. And I've gotten some information from other people believing that, uh, to where I believe, don't have proof, but I believe that Mercier probably was accusing them of cheating. The question is, were they? If they really were cheating, then Mercier was definitely in the right to accuse them. If they were not, then maybe he was in the wrong, but maybe they were not cheating, but it kind of looked like they might have been. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story, you'll understand. I'll tell you what, if I was one of the people who was, you know, thinking about accusing her, I, I would be somewhat scared, you know? Oh. Given what happened with <laughs> Nolan Dahl, I mean, I still have no idea what did or didn't happen, but, well, you know? Well, I will say she this. Could, she could come out and say that the, this person was sexually harassing her or motorboated her or, you know, God knows what. I I will say that it looks like she kind of got roped into this through association with Fernando, who she's good friends with. So I guess they were accusing Fernando and it got, and then it it ended up affecting her too. So I'll explain the whole thing when we get to it. Oh, okay. Lyman. Lyman of Live at the Bike fame, a poker radio show slash podcast rival of mine. He, he and I have gone back and forth on Twitter, on his show, one time even on this show, uh, he, he yells a lot. That, that's what he does. You, if you go on his show and he doesn't agree with you, he yells over you with his raspy voice in, until uh, he yells you into submission. And if you don't submit, then he hangs up on you, claims you can call back at any time, and then doesn't take your call. That's, uh, that, w- that was his way of doing things. He was, he was also just very brash and obnoxious, even on Live at the Bike itself. He had his own show that was associated with Live at the Bike called Poker Sesh. And that was more of just a poker talk show. But he also was uh, a commentator on Live at the Bike. He had his fans. He had his detractors. Well, he has nothing now because Lyman has been fired from Live at the Bike. Now, supposedly this is a mutually agreed retirement, but uh, when you hear the details, you'll understand that it was a a firing or at least... uh, being pressured to leave. So we'll explain what happened there. I'll even play you clips, and hopefully we'll get Calwatt sound working before that so he can hear the clips. Online poker payment processor and telemarketing scammer Jeremy Johnson of Utah was hit with, a, with contempt of court for refusing to testify against a former attorney general who's on the hot seat in Utah. His name is John Swallow. You ready to make some jokes about that? But, uh, what, John, Johnson and Swallow? I don't need to. J- I mean, it's yeah. already there. So he, 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 would not, uh, he would not 
testify against John Swallow. He tried very hard not to go against Swallow. So we'll, we'll I just about. hope the guy doesn't have any daughters. <laughs> I mean, so many horrible <laughs> things could happen with that. I think it would be kind of like guys whose last name are Beard rarely have a beard, probably because everyone expects them to. I bet if he has any daughters, I bet they wouldn't swallow just because every guy would expect it. I think they would make an effort not to swallow. The Super High Roller Bowl, which is a big buy-in tournament, $300,000 buy-in, had a bit of an embarrassing registration mix-up. I'll tell you what happened there. I was at Caesars Palace over the holiday weekend. I will tell you about a laughable error that occurred involving my reservation. And speaking of Caesars, our final topic. It has been brought to my attention now and in the past, though I don't think I've talked about it on the show before, that you can get a credit card called the Founder's Card. I'm not sure if it's a credit card. You can get a card called the Founder's Card, which costs $395 a year. And one of the perks is that it gives you automatic diamond status at Caesars. So is that a good idea? Is diamond status at Caesars for a year worth $395? At first glance, it would seem like, yeah, that's got to be totally worth it if you go to Caesars a lot. But I'm going to give you a perspective on it that you may not expect. And the answer, the short answer is it may be, it may not be, but it's not as obvious as you might think. So those are our topics this evening. Again, this is probably not going to be a really long show because I have to be up early. And, and, I actually have to get on the road and drive after this show. So that's, that's the other problems. I have to, I have to drive to a secret location after this show. And uh, that is something else that uh, I have to do. So, let's see, we got some text. Uh-oh, what happened? Why, did we, why did I lose sound for a second? I think we're back. We got some texts here at 775-372-8355. That's our text number, 775-372-8355. You can text me before, after, or during the show. From the 510, I want to anonymously put $5. I guess it's not anonymous. Sorry about that. It's, I guess it's not anonymous anymore. So someone from the 510 wants to put $5 on Spook Stomper. I'm sorry I screwed this up. He, he's in the chat. Now, that's a, that's a name of someone. I know it's a, a very politically incorrect name, but uh, it's someone from that area, in the, in the, someone in the Bay Area, I'm not going to say who it is, is putting uh, $5 on Spook Stomper as a bounty for this tournament. So if you see Spook Stomper and you knock him out, then let me know, and I will send... Uh, five dollars and uh the person uh well, never mind I, I i've said enough i don't want to say anything else to give away this person's identity sorry about that this is what happens when i read these texts and you don't say don't read on air Okay, uh, this is from the 979. Now I'm really paranoid. I'm going to reveal more from people. Uh, Druff, tell your Lakers and Magic thanks for Lou Williams. Score 27 was re- leading scorer for the Rockets tonight. Yeah, the Lakers, they, they traded away Lou Williams, and he was their best player this year. So I mean, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going to make the playoffs for sure. But I'm not sure if that was the right thing to do. And the 760, Global Poker Awards being live streamed now on Twitch and Facebook Live. Hmm. 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll. Maybe I'll try to take a look at it. I'm having a hard time giving a fuck, Jeff. I know, just just to kind of mock it a little bit, <laughs> just just to kind of mock it a little bit. I, I'll, I'll tell you something. Look, are they all in a cube? I, I don't know, but but I I, I kind of make, making fun of award shows is kind of or award ceremonies is something that's near and dear to my heart because and I know some people don't like the the old Dreff dating girls in the '80s stories, but the the very first girl I ever kissed it, it happened because I was at an award ceremony and making jokes about what was being set up on the stage. And she thought it was really funny, and she actually ditched her date. And I've told the story before. I'm not going to go into the whole thing again. She ditched her date to hang out with me, and that was the first night that I, I ever kissed a girl in my life. So it was thanks to making fun of an award show. So I kind of feel like if I make fun of this award show, that that you know, some girl will pop out of nowhere and, and kiss me again. Uh, for the five one six, you mentioned a few episodes back that you were going to check out Stranger Things on Netflix due to the '80s theme. Did you watch it? Answer: No. Uh, uh, from 912, but I will. Uh, from the 912, Android VLC link won't play. Uh, okay. No, please, dear God, no tech support. No tech support, but I, I will say try to get Google Play. We have that support now. You can play that on your Android. Uh, <laughs> Cal, Watt, Cal the uh, technical guy. He still wants no tech support. Well, that's exactly why I don't want any. <laughs> You get, you get enough. I mean, of a, think about it. You get enough of it during the day. Okay, oh. so, so that that's it. And I'm going to try to work in the coming weeks on getting together a, a text notifier. And I, I know it's kind of old school. And there's, I know there's many ways. I could just say follow my Twitter or follow Poker Fraudler Twitter, and that's that. But I, I like these old school telephone things that some people are just using. Well, yeah, I mean, following Twitter is useful, but it's not really not quite the same because everyone that follows you isn't necessarily going to get a notification you know yeah. what i mean yeah that's an example yeah so yeah i like the i like the text notification thing i just uh, i've got to implement it okay so twilio yeah that's i'll consider that service you know it just can't be too expensive that's i, I gotta say if i use a third-party service it, it cannot be expensive i'm willing to pay a very small sum of money to to get this implemented and i'd prefer free for reasons you all know. Okay, so let's let's get going here. <laughs> the the Absolute Poker founder, the CEO of Absolute Poker, who directly cheated people, including me, in 2007, Scott Tom. Gray Cat was his name on the site. He played me heads up. He could see my whole cards. Of course, he pretended not to be Scott Tom. He pretended just to be some fish who didn't know how to play very well and was getting really, really lucky, but somehow always knew exactly what to do on every street. And he has been a fugitive for five and a, for five years, or sorry, six years. For six years, he he's been a fugitive since April 2011, when Black Friday occurred. He was busted not for the cheating, but for offering real money online poker to U.S. residents. And he was not in the U.S. when this came down, and he has not set foot in the U.S. since that came down, and. Uh, so he was indicted, but he just was hiding out in various countries such as Panama, Costa Rica, St. Kitts, etc. If you remember Absolute Poker, in addition to the super using, the, the, the looking at people's whole cards and directly cheating players by the ownership there, they also cheated poker players a second time 
by simply stealing the money on deposit. And when Black Friday happened on April 15th, two of the three sites that were affected by it were essentially broke. Full Tilt and Absolute Poker. Or Absolute Poker and Ultimate Bet were the same thing at that point. They were linked, but yeah, th- that was broke. Full Tilt was broke. The only one, only one with the money to pay people was Poker Stars. So anyone who still had money on Absolute Poker never got it and never will. Now, I don't feel sorry for the pros that continued to play there after the cheating scandal, given that the same people were still in charge and they knew it. But there were a lot of fish and amateurs who still played there who didn't know about the cheating scandal, and they were victims here as they lost their money too. But regardless, Scott, Tom, and friends stole it. But he has been hiding out for six years. His dad actually plays at the World Series every year. His dad is named Phil Tom. He usually plays in the 10K Limit Hold'em, and he's been at my table before. And since Phil Tom, I, I guess he was involved too, but not directly. I guess he just helped fund it at the beginning, but he, he was never charged with anything. <coughs> Sorry. Sneeze there. I moved the microphone in time, though. But anyway, I, I figured that Scott Tom would just hide forever. Maybe at some point they would get him in some way, but I, I never thought he would voluntarily, voluntarily surrender. It's been six years. It just seemed like he had a lot of money he ran off with, and he was going to live on that in other countries that wouldn't have the extradition agreement with the U.S. for something like this, and that would be that. Well, apparently not. Apparently not. Today, and this is one reason I'm glad I delayed the show a day, today, the Absolute Poker founder, Scott Tom, pled not guilty to gambling and money laundering charges and surrendered himself to the United States. He pled guilty today in Manhattan Federal Court in New York to charges that he violated a federal internet gambling law that was the UIGEA in 2006 and engaged in a money laundering conspiracy. Now, Scott Tom, at this time, is a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis. Nevis. It's actually Nevis. I've, really? I've been there. They said it's Nevis, yeah. Huh. I've been there, too. Huh. All right. Maybe it's two pronunciations. So so he is a citizen there. And it's not surprising because at last I heard they had a policy that if you contribute 250000 to the economy, or right. I don't have to contribute, or if you have it, something like that, you have to show up there with money, basically. They don't want someone coming in who's broke. But if you have money, they, they figure you're going to spend it. So I think either you have to show a net worth of 250000 or have 250000 cash or something like that, to, to, and then they'll give you citizenship. So, so yeah, what there are lots of countries that have that kind of policy. Yeah, so what they're looking for is just rich people who are going to come in and be willing to spend money, and it'll help their economy. That's, that's the – and someone who won't be a burden to them. So obviously top, Scott, Scott Tom – qualified for that, and I didn't even know he was a citizen of St. Kitts and Nevis, or Nevis, but... I'll look it up. But he is. And he came voluntarily from Barbados on uh, today to face the charges. What the hell brought this about after all this time? Well, I, I think I know, sort of. Uh, he was then released on a $500,000 bond after the court hearing. His lawyer's name is James Henderson, And this is what he said, and this is the part I didn't like. There's going to be a a resolution in this case quickly. And by that he meant that he's expecting there to be a plea deal very soon. So this this reminds me a lot of MyCon, where someone who's wanted by 
the U.S., and in Micon's case it was Nevada, in this case it's the federal government, over a gambling issue, and is in a country where they're not going to extradite him. But for the right deal, would be willing to come back and face the music. So he probably got an attorney who negotiated with the U.S. saying, look, Scott's, you know, Scott's not going to come back and face this as long as you're looking to put him in prison. But if you, if you just let him pay some kind of hefty fine and give him probation, uh, he can come back. So maybe someone in the government figured, hey, at least we get some money this way. Otherwise, we get nothing. So F it. He can come back. And the worst thing about this, if that's what happens, what's, what's so disgusting about this is that he gets away with the cheating with with the the you know with the stealing of the money with everything he did he gets away with it and made money from it so whatever they find him i'm sure it's not going to be every penny he has or he wouldn't do that he would he wouldn't let them take any pay, every penny he has just to be able to come back to the us it's probably something where he's going to pay some fine which sounds large on the surface but still leaves him with plenty of money and then he can come back live in the us see his dad uh not have to hide out in these third world countries and enjoy the spoils of of the money that he made from Absolute Poker. Now, it would be interesting if he comes back to the U.S. if people then sue him civilly for what happened. Mm. That could occur, but maybe he'll just hide his money. You know, maybe he'll just come back to the U.S. and be broke on paper, but always seemingly have access to money. So Be like an O.J. kind of thing, right? Yeah, or, or even funnel it to his dad and have his dad uh, support him, but it's really his money that his dad's supporting him with, something like that. So that happened today. Kind of out of nowhere. I'm sure his attorney was negotiating behind the scenes, but no one had heard anything about this until today. So this is actually so new that Haley Hintz investigated more about Scott Tom and Absolute Poker than anyone, and she works for FleshDraw.net. And I said, maybe okay. he's coming back to kneecap her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like I'll, I'm gonna. I don't care. I'm gonna give twenty million dollars to the freaking U.S. I'm gonna come in and get Haley for everything she's done to me. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, worth it. <laughs> anyway, she she hasn't written an article yet, which is interesting. I was sure she would have written something. Maybe she's still researching it. But uh, she wrote about Brent Beckley, but not about Scott Tom. Now this just happened today, but there's nothing on Flush Draw yet, which is interesting. But yeah, this just happened today, and we will we will see. But I have a feeling it's not going to be a plea deal. I'm happy with. It's not. Like, I don't think he's going to come back and plead to five years in prison because he has no reason to do that. He's not doing any. I guarantee you, he's. You're 100 percent right. He's not doing any time. Yeah, and he certainly is not going to give up. You know, all of his money. Right. There's just no way. Like, think no about way. this. Think about this. If you were Scott Tom and you have a lot of money and you're li- you're forced to live in countries like Antigua and and and, and St. Kitts and Nevis and all that. Okay, is that ideal? No. But would you rather have that? Would you have a lot of rather have a lot of money and live in a place like that, or? Spend years in prison, or uh, and you know, and then uh, be able to come back to the U.S. at that point, or come back to the U.S. You know, spend time in prison and get out, or give up all your money and live in the U.S. There's no way living in one yeah. of these third world countries with money is preferable to spending any kind of appreciable time in prison or giving up all your money and live in the U.S. broke. There's no way. So yeah, and and on top of that, of all the places in the world to live. And you're you're right. It is uh, ironically, I did a search and I found it pronounced both ways. But the uh, Cambridge English Dictionary has it Nevis. So you're right. But you you and I both, having been to St. Kitts and Nevis, it's a nice place. <laughs> like it's in the Caribbean. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the problem with these places is, you know, they're very small. The, uh, you know, if, if you're a white guy over there, you know, culturally, culturally you're not going to have much in common with, with anyone there. Um, you're going to feel kind of isolated. You, it, there's a lot of things which, you know, it's the type of place which can be nice to visit. But living right. there, you, you can feel like I'd prefer not to live here. But it's not, it's not awful. It's not, it's I not could really, live there. It's, it's not dangerous. And if you have a lot of money, then you can live a very He's nice not life. living there like a peasant. Yeah. He's living, he's living there the way that people with money vacation there. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So he's, he's living a good life. I, I mean, I would live there. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Yeah, you that's know? what I'm saying. So if I was in that spot, there's no way I'd say, well, I want to come to the U.S. so badly, I'll do a few years in prison. There's no way. I'd, I'd stay Never. there with all the money and, and, uh, and stay with oh, – oh, no, I'd rather come back to the U.S. and be broke than live, live like a king in St. Kitts. No, and the there's no yeah, way. I, I would rather have someone bring, bring me a drink and give me a massage on the beach than fucking come back to the U.S. and end up in prison. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Never. So since he's doing this voluntarily, it means that he just you know after six years, he probably decided, hey – I would like to come to the U.S. I would like to see my dad without him having to go to me. I would like to go is back. Is dad to... ill? Is that it? Uh, no, he, he was healthy last year when I saw him. But but he... some something prompted this. I mean, he probably you just wants I mean? to come back. He probably just misses the U.S. and thought, okay, let, let me see if I can take a shot with it. He probably got an, ah. contacted an attorney and said, he probably contacted an attorney and said, see see what you can do, see if you can negotiate. The, the worst, if if he doesn't like the terms, he'll just say, okay, I'm not coming. What can they do? So. Just to, to make sure I'm on the same page, I mean, you know, you and I have both have traveled quite a bit. There are a lot of really, I mean, I, I love the U.S., but there are a lot of really nice places in this world to live. Um, is it the case that he can't live anywhere that has an extradition treaty? Is that it? Yeah, well, for something okay. like this. Like, I, I think those places would, okay. would extradite for something very serious, but over a matter of uh, right. illegal gambling, they, they probably won't. So, so yeah, he has a, a limited... Okay number of countries he can pick but i, I, I think mean that makes it less attractive but still i mean i, I, yeah, th- I think he wanted no way you come back to i think he, he i think he decided he, he was willing to pay some money and and take some probation to be able to come back to the u.s freely and not worry about being put in prison right but not not too much like, like he'll do it with, with no jail time and, and as long as the money's not too much otherwise he'll give them the finger and say f you will still hide out here Right. So uh, he probably just took a shot at it. It's my guess that he just thought, okay, it's been six years. Maybe they'll think any money out of me is better than no money out of me. Right. So, so it's, it sucks. I, I don't like this whole thing about a plea deal is coming very soon because we, we know if he's vol- – it's not like they grabbed him somewhere and now he's stuck. It, now they, they're in the driver's seat with him, which is what they would be if, if they just grabbed him without him coming to make a plea deal. But, but the plea deal here was hinged upon him, him agreeing to come. So that's that's a big difference. It's very similar to the Micon thing, honestly, it, and that's that's pretty much what Micon did. Is he got a very good attorney in Nevada that's used to dealing with high profile cases like this, especially ones of a gambling nature, with illegal gambling, and he hinged his return to the United States uh, to getting a favorable deal. So, believe it or not, the one thing Micon did right was was hiding out in Antigua. Until they, he got a favorable deal, because if they just if he stayed in the U.S. and they arrested him in the U.S., then he would have had a lot less power there. Yep, and they would have had a pretty strong case against him. But uh, they they figured they'd rather just close the matter than let this go on. I I was still surprised at how easily they let him off, though, to be honest, because uh, it, with with Tom they're going to get a lot of money out of him. With with Mike on, they got very little. But you know we've talked about this before in reference to 
some of these other cases. I mean, a lot of what the prosecutors are are after is just a conviction, you know, or a, an agreement or whatever, a, a favorable outcome, um, and then money, you know. And it looks really good on a DA's record to be able to have resolved these things. Yeah, yeah. So. Anyway, not much more to say about that right now, but we will follow this. I'm sure next week we'll have an update. Bet Online has a scandal going on right now, and that involves their live blackjack games. And I, I don't know why people loved these live blackjack games so much. Uh, I guess are they topless? It was actually a guy dealing. So, so, a guy well, with like, so a, a very so could be top. A very yeah. unusually smiley guy, like so much smiley that it just seems phony. Which, given the, what's that, being accused, it, it, I'm sure it was. But this very smiley dealer who kind of has a um, a Caribbean look to him. Uh, he, he was very. He was dealing, and uh, a a card was grabbed from the blackjack shoe that was not the next card, and. Uh, this was recorded on video and went viral within the gambling community. And now Bet Online is, is on the hot seat about this of what was going on there. Was this an honest dealer mistake or was this intentional cheating? Now, keep in mind, again, what this live blackjack is with the online sites is that instead of just seeing a video version of cards, meaning where you're just seeing a uh, a drawing on your screen of a deck of cards, but you're not seeing actual cards. You're actually getting to look at a dealer at a real blackjack table, dealing cards to you live, except you're just not physically there. You're seeing this. You're seeing a video of it. Can the dealer hear you? Uh, I, I think he can see the he can see the chat. He can't uh, he can't hear you. Because oh my god! I mean, we all know that the dealers. Uh, get subject to abuse at casinos all the time. Can you imagine if you married that to the internet, where there's some anonymity. <laughs> oh my! God. Though, I have to say, it's it's less it's less intimidating though if it's some guy thousands of miles away typing shit to you rather than someone right in front of your face. But but well, I, I, well, I didn't know. I mean, is there a, there's no audio coming through from the player know. to the dealer? I, I haven't heard any. I haven't really seen this being played before, except in this video, which okay. doesn't have sound. But I, I believe they can, right. I believe the dealers can actually see. The uh, chat, but uh, but not hear it. Okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you can if they can talk to you, but uh, they actually deal out cards a- at different spots of the table as if there's players sitting there, even though there's no one actually sitting there. And then you bet on those cards online. And this is starting to get popular. People are feeling like they're really playing blackjack rather than playing like a video game that's purporting to be blackjack. And Ironically, this makes some people feel better that there's no cheating because you think, okay, I'm playing a video version of Blackjack. Uh, th- th- they could program it to give me whatever cards they want. There's no way for me to tell. Here, there's a real shoe of cards, and I and I really get dealt the cards that are in the shoe, and I feel better that it's not cheating. Now, unfortunately, that does not prove to you that there's not cheating. They, they can stack the deck with a lot more lower cards than high ones, which would make it uh, advantageous for the house... They could use sleight of hand tricks. They can use a lot of different tricks. They they could even deal out, you know, prearrange the deck to where it's pretty obvious what everybody will do, and provided nobody really deviates from it, that they're going to destroy the player. You know, these these are things that you could verify live are not done, but on, on these uh, live video blackjacks that you, you play over the internet, uh, there's a lot of things they can do. A lot of shenanigans can be pulled. So here, one is being alleged. 
Even even CGI. Yeah. Yeah, they potentially could be done. Yeah, you know? CGI and other, you know, looping cameras and other tricks to yep. prevent, uh, you know, the dealers just sitting there. For example, that they could keep that on a loop, and uh, and then in the me- meantime, he could be rearranging cards around. You you have no idea. So, and there's a lot of money at stake for these. So, uh, someone posted a video called uh, "Proof Online Live Blackjack Dealer Caught Cheating," and then does it. You get to see it in regular motion, then slow motion. And uh, I'm gonna, have you seen this before? I have not. Okay, so go to the Scam Scandals and Shadiness forum and look at the Bet Online Live Dealer Cheating video thread. And there's the okay. videos posted right there. I want you to watch this too. And uh, I so, can get audio that way. Yeah, well, there's no audio actually. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> all right, I'm there. Now, weirdly enough, they 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 changed the video since I first saw it to block out both the faces of the. Of the the guy doing making the video and the dealer, which I don't know why. Like if the dealer's cheating, why are they blocking out his face? And it's it's weird. Like, it also, it's already been publicized. Like screenshots that are publicized, and even the still photo on this YouTube, you can see the player's face. You just can't see the the dealer's face. But I've seen the dealer's face before, and he has like this big smile on his face, like he's the happiest guy in the world. And when I saw that, I'm thinking, this is so phony. Like I know the dealer's supposed to act happy, but this is like overly happy. But that, that's not really important here. So the the video is a minute and forty four seconds, but what takes place here is much shorter than that. So let me set this up for you. There's three players at the table, which means these are all online players, three different online players, all different locations. And there's two of the three players have a hundred dollars out, and one of them has twenty five dollars out. So oh, I see it. Yeah. So. So starting this out here, what happens is uh, there's there's uh, something already weird here. And this is on the player's end. Something already weird. But I see someone's trying to call in. I can't take any calls right now. I mean, I can, but I'm not going to. But the player in question, the one who allegedly got cheated, has two twos dealt to him already. And then he had split his two twos. So what you see is one of the twos, you know, when you split in blackjack, you're playing two separate hands. So you split two twos, so you just start with a two. You're automatically given the next card, so he got a three. This is before the video starts. Then, of course, only having five, you hit again, he got a queen. So at this point, he has 15, and the dealer's showing a king, which is a 10. Now, what's already weird about this is I can't think of a scenario. And I know we have uh, JSTAT, who's a, a big card counter in our chat, and he can verify this, too. I'm a card counter, and I can tell you that I cannot think of a scenario, especially in a shoe game, that you would ever have a count in the situation to where you would split deuces against a 10, unless you're just not playing right. Because when you're card counting, you you make non-standard plays based upon the count, and the count in, in blackjack means the per, the percentage of, or the proportion of big cards versus little cards left to be dealt. And it's good for the player if there's a lot of big cards left in the deck. And it's it's bad for the player if there's not that many of those. And it's mostly small cards. So the guy's a fun player. So he probably is. So the reason I'm mentioning this is there is an accusation on Haley Hintz's article about this that this guy's probably a card counter. I don't believe that to be the case. I don't believe that the player was a card counter because he would not have been making the correct move here splitting deuces against a 10. That's, that's an awful play to make. But whatever, that's what he did. He split deuces against a 10. He got dealt a three then and a queen on the first deuce, and the second deuce had not been dealt yet. So at the moment, he's, moment he's only 15 against a 10. 
And so he hits again. And at that point, he pulls a jack and busts. So then the dealer goes on to deal for the second deuce. And he gets a nine, which gives him 11. So then comes the, this is about the 22 second mark or 20, 22 second mark. This is where the controversy happens. So he's got an 11 on the second hand after busting the first one. $100 bet for each of them. And he obviously, um, I don't know if he doubled the, uh, oh, he did. He doubled the 11. You can double after the split here. So he doubled the 11. It says double on the screen. When you double in blackjack, for those of you that don't know, you get one card. So you get to double your bet, but you only get one card. So if it's a crappy card, you can't hit again. Uh, the best card, the best hand to double is an 11, because if you get any kind of 10, meaning a 10, jack, queen, or king, then you have 21. Even if you get a 9, you have 20. You get an 8, you have uh, 19. So you, you double the 11 in a lot of cases in blackjack. And most of you know that. So he doubled the 11. He's being dealt one card. And then came the very sneaky thing. The dealer reaches over and does this weird thing with his index figure, finger. Kind of like, almost looks like he's scratching the cards in some way. Or almost like his finger is slipping off the cards as he's trying to grab it. And then he pushes up that card that he was touching and pulls the next card in the shoe and deals that one. So what happens? He puts out a six giving the player 17. Then he pulls out the top card, the one the player is supposed to get, for an 8, giving him 18. And the player loses 18 to 17. Isn't that convenient? So, people felt, why you know, this is cheating. Why would this dealer be dealing the second card in the shoe to the player and then give the first card to the dealer when the player is supposed to get the first card and the dealer is supposed to get the second and had that happened, the player would have gotten 19. And then the way the uh, shoe played out after that, he would have won the hand. So the question was, did the dealer know that the cards were ordered this way somehow and do that little sleight of hand to give him the wrong card? Or was this just an accident? Was the dealer having trouble pulling out a card and just keeping his smiling face on camera, didn't want to look down and look, make it look like he's struggling with it, and just uh, when he couldn't get the first card out, just grab the second card, and then and then was able to get the first card out later and figure that nobody's going to notice. So was this just the dealer being incompetent? Or was this something much more sinister? Well, initially, this is what I had to say about it. Initially... I said, I have no idea why the dealer flipped up the first card and grabbed the second, but it's hard to believe that he knew which one to grab, and the reward to bet online for the shenanigan was minimal. Meaning, you know, they made $200. Basically, the risk-reward ratio for the site to do such a thing was way too high. You can't compare this to the super user thing on on AP and UB, which is very lucrative. Uh, You also can't compare this to the full tilt money theft, which was even more lucrative. So I was saying that, you know, people were saying, look, you know, these companies cheat all the time. And I was saying, look, this is... This is small potatoes cheating. You know how much? How much can they do this? Is this really worth it? Even if they they made an extra two hundred here. Is it really worth doing? Even if they do this, uh, not just this one time, but how much money can they make by doing this before they get caught, and, and before it really harms them? It just I said the risk reward ratio just isn't there for them. That was my initial opinion. But that was before I I read the Haley Hints article about this, who pointed out that the player was doing that thing with his index finger. 
and that it is theorized that there was some kind the of... The dealer, mark- you mean, right? That's right, the dealer, right. Thank you. Yep. The, the dealer, he was doing this thing with the index finger, which the theory was that there's some kind of marking on the card, almost like Braille, to where the f- dealer can feel what card is coming next. Mm. So that the dealer put his finger there, had a little hard time feeling it right, did it a few times, like, oh, then figured out what it was. And it's like, oh, this is a next card is an eight. I can't give that to the player. Uh, we're going to grab the next one surreptitiously. Now, at that point, you know, the next one, he doesn't know what's coming, but he, if he figures the next one, is, if, if rather than give him an eight, he'll take a chance of whatever the next one is. And it did happen to be a lesser card, a six. And then the dealer, and then also he knew that he'd be getting the eight to give him 18. So if you know that the top card is an 8, and that it can either go to you as the dealer to make it 18, or to the player to give him 19, and then you have to beat 19 somehow with, with your lone king on the board, it's much better to just give yourself the 8 and the player whatever's next, which is what he did. So was he able to figure out that it was an 8 on top by feeling the card? Is that what we were seeing here? Now, I haven't seen enough video of other play to see if, the, if he's doing it. But... Uh, that that was the uh, th- that was the thing, and he showed it in slow motion, and it looks very suspicious. The way that if you go towards the end of the video, you, you'll see the guy with the uh, you know, running it very slow. You'll see the index finger motion. It's really weird. That doesn't look like he's trying to grab it. It really looks like he's yeah moving his finger on it, like he's trying to feel something. I, I went into it being skeptical, but I looked at what he did, and I'm like, man. Something is not right about that. And he's he's reaching his hand over in a very surreptitious way. Not like he's grabbing for something. Like he just he moves his finger very slowly over, hoping you don't notice. Like 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 he's kind of stretches his hand over. You know you know kind of like a, the way when you if you're sitting next to a girl on a first date in a movie theater and you you, you do the the yawning thing and then your your hand ends up behind her back and 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 you use that as a surreptitious way to pull her closer. You do put your arm around her. It was kind of like that way. He kind of just stretches his arm over and his his finger just kind of comes out and then slowly comes back again and comes out again and slowly comes back in and then then he quickly flips it up and grabs the next card. This was not like him struggling, grab, 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 grab. Ah, I can't get this car. Let's get to take the next one. That's not what it looks like at all. It looks like a very careful, slow motion to feel something on that card, realize he doesn't want it, and then a quick motion to grab the next one. And I think the big phony smile is also, you can't see that on the video anymore, but I think the big phony smile is also somewhat indicative of this because, as I've said before, scammers don't want to come off as assholes. They don't want to come off as someone unlikable. Scammers come off as the nicest, most easygoing, most caring guys. So the dealer who is cheating you is not going to just stand there, sit there with an angry look on his face or, or a uh, neutral look on his face. He, he's going to give you a big smile so he seems so friendly. Hey, Druff, I think Real Talk is the one that's trying to call in. I think he's got something to add to the discussion, just FYI. Okay. Uh is real talk from the the four one two? Is I'm seeing a four one two calling over and over. I probably, but I don't know. Yeah. So no, it's not him. Okay. I, get, I think he what wants. What the fuck? To, I think he wants me to answer for bad guy or something. I think it's bad guy trying to call in. Ah. Uh, no, no. I'll I'll take a bad guy call. I just I don't. Uh, does Does he have something to add on this, or is it just going to be a typical bad guy call? I mean, he may have something to add because he does play on these casinos sometimes. Anyway, the, 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 now let me uh, 
I'm going to try to call you back, CalWatt, because I want to try to... I'm going to connect on the old Skype. Is I want, what I want to do is I want to, you to be able to hear this, uh, this next thing on this, this next video I'm going to play related to this. So I'm going to drop you for a second here. I'm going to call All you right. back. So, yeah, this is the... For some reason, Skype... I've mentioned this before on the show. For some reason, Skype only sometimes lets me play sound effects. And sometimes not to the person who is on the phone with me or on Skype with me. It's a really annoying bug, and I I thought maybe I figured it out, but today it's just not working, so I'm going to try it. But the, the bad thing about the old Skype is that sometimes it's difficult to connect someone who has a newer Skype, like CalWatt. So let's, let's see if we can get him on here. If we can't, I'm going to have to try to do some other adjustments. Oh, here we are. We got you. Okay, so let's let's do a test. Uh, tell me if you can hear this. <laughs> did you hear that? I did. Good, good. Old Skype is, is a winner. Okay, so now I'm going to play something to you. From, and then we'll take a, a bad guy call after this. But uh, I'm going to play something to you from the... Uh, Oh, this is the what's same up, guy. guys? What's up? What's up, man? Y'all ain't gonna believe this shit. This is real fucking shit. Real talk. I caught the casino, and my one of my fans caught him cheating, man. Man, this shit is so motherfucking deep. So this is the guy in the video, but I guess he's not the one playing. I guess it was a friend of his playing. Uh, someone told it's me Mark, Mark Michael Morgenstern, right? Yeah. And and this this thing goes twenty six minutes, which obviously I'm not going to play here. But uh, I, I watched him in another video. Yeah, and he was he was picking the dealer based on how hot he thought the chick was and how much uh, cleavage she was showing. <laughs> but he, he he claims to be a uh, professional blackjack counter. Yeah, see, and I don't believe this because it's an eight deck shoe. For a long time, they were doing fifty percent of the shoe being dealt. Now it's twenty seventy five percent being dealt, but still. That's not enough to to be a winning blackjack player. There's, there's no way, especially on this weird thing with the splitting of the twos. So let's. let's Thank you for calling Bit Services. This is him calling Bit Online and confronting them about it. Yes, I. Uh, I'm really nobody in the world. Um, <laughs> That's not a good way to start out. What a way to start out! Well, come on, you've you've got to you've got to seem important. You can't start off I'm nobody in the world. But I I I, I believe I caught your. Your casino cheating. Maybe the mirror. Maybe the mirror. Or whoever's in charge. I saw the hand signal where the thumb and the other thing rolled down, and then they pushed up the first card. Can you hear me? Two sides. No, I'm not sending an email. Motherfucker, I ain't sending an email. You cheating people online. The mirror didn't come up in time. The finger didn't work. This might be the first person I've researched it. I know it's not your fault. They probably pay you pennies. You're probably where? Where are you located, my friend? Don't need it. I'm in Panama City, Central America, sir. Ah, Panama City. Que tal, mi carnal? Como estas ustedes? Todo bien contigo? See, we can speak Spanish or we can speak English, but the shit is, I got you. Not you. Where is Bet Online located? We're in Panama City, Central America, sir. So Panama City. So if I fly to Panama City, 
is this going to be like the movie with Justin Timberlake in it, Ben Affleck? Is he going to bring me under and say, I, I appreciate you, you, you caught somebody cheating, apologize? <laughs> I, I hope not. It's a terrible movie. I, I was on the, the Blu-ray commentary of that. Even I'm embarrassed by it. It's pretty funny. The FBI kidnaps me. Is that what's going to happen, man? Because I'll send motherfucking T-Shep down. I'll send Alfonso. Somebody else is coming. I ain't got time to deal with that shit. Alfonso. Yeah, someone in chat said the thing is Chico Loco. Coop Coop 9000 now? (laughs) You make the decision, T-Shep or motherfucking Jason or uh, Rashad. Which one do you think would be better? Probably Rashad because he's built. He's stocked up, man. Rashad White, you're going to fucking Panama City, bro. So the main thing is right now you're talking to a boss, brother. You're talking to a boss, and we caught you. I'm sick as shit eating halls. And it came to my attention, I'm the fucking captain of this boat. You're cheating people, man. Okay? And don't hang up. Do not fucking hang up on me. I swear to God. They don't pay you enough to do that. Now listen to me. You don't motherfucking cheat people, dog. You need to quit. Come work for me. Okay? You understand? You're moving the fucking cars. He gave the signal with the motherfucking hand. Okay? Don't make me get gangster in this bitch, because you know what? Don't make me... It is Chico Loco. Please. Please, Lord, forgive me. I'm sick. Maybe it's the NyQuil from last night, but let me tell you something. All right, so the problem is here, of course, he's talking to someone who has absolutely no authority, no power, and probably has no knowledge of this even happening. These are customer service reps. The the one thing he got right is they're being paid pennies over there. So these people are just basically reading from a script, and, and that's why he was trying to tell them at the beginning to send email with a complaint. And, uh, and of course, this isn't a serious call. He's, he's pranking them after, after catching them doing this, but uh, it, it wasn't a real fact-finding mission. So, you still here, uh, Cal Watt? Oh, hold on, we, we lost Cal Watt. This is the problem with the old Skype, is we, we lose people too easily. Let's see, I wanted him to hear the rest of this. Well, I may have to... Uh, If we can't get a hold of him, I may have to go back to the old Skype and just hope for the best. Nope. Okay. I'm going to go back to the old Skype. I mean, the new Skype. This is frustrating. Why can't the new Skype just work with a sound thing? They must have changed something. To where it does not... Mix the sound right. I, I don't know what's going on. This is live radio for you. This is what happens. Okay, so I'm going to reconnect CalWatt. And I think I've played enough of that anyway. I mean, you can look it up if you want to watch the whole video. It's called, let's see here. What is the name of this video? Here, live online casino dealer caught cheating is what the video is called. You got to get that guy on the show, Druff. <laughs> you got to get that guy on the show, and you got to talk to him as Chico Loco, and you guys just got to go. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you got to. You guys just got to yeah, go. We should, we should do you that. Can just be two homies going back and forth. By the way, can, can you hear this? I need to talk to your supervisor right now. Can you hear that? Nope. No, that's what I thought. That is so awful. The, the old Skype cut you. And I couldn't get you back on. And the new Skype, I can get you back on, but you can't hear. I can't win. 
I can't win. Okay, well, we'll have to. Anyway, I, I stopped playing. It's going to be the same thing throughout it. I don't think anything really happened in that call that was uh, of, of interest. But uh, can, can you get a hold of this guy? Um, I'm I, serious. I he would I, be entertaining as fuck. I, I, he would be. I, I just don't know how to reach him. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay, so... Apparently the guy puts his real number in his videos, someone says. Oh, you know what? Someone mentioned this to me. Let me hold on. Let me see. I think I may have that number. We'll, we'll try to call him. Hold on. Let me, let me get this number. <laughs> that would be... you got to go... it got to be Chico Loco. <laughs> hey, Holmes. I heard you had some problem, man. <laughs> hold on. Where, so, where, someone sent me the number. I'm trying to find where it was sent. Um... Maybe on the thread for the radio. Someone find this so I can call the guy. Oh, here we go. No, no, Reno found it and put it in the thread. Okay. We're going to call him up. Yeah, he gives, nice. us, he gives us number on his YouTube videos. We're going to try to call him up. Nice. And uh, we will, yeah, Chico Loco will introduce himself. Let's connect him on here. See if we can reach him. Now he's in a different state, so it may be late where he is. But he doesn't seem like the type who goes to sleep early. It's not connecting though. You still there, Cal? What? I'm here. There we go. Here we go. Hopefully he hasn't been bothered so much by people watching his videos that he's not answering. He'll make time for Chico Loco. It's full and cannot accept any messages at this time. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, that was a good shot. It was a good shot. Anyway, uh, I th- I think this is real. I think that they're they probably were cheating in some way. Now the question is: Was this just the dealer cheating in some way, or was this directed to him by from above? Well, if he really was feeling something on the card, then this couldn't just be the dealer who was doing it because they had to have had the card set up in a way where he could feel something to know what to deal. Standard cards are not like that. So and those cards easily could have something on them that you're not going to be able to see on the, right. on the camera, a and, texture. And, that, Easy. And, and that's the problem with these, quote, live blackjack games that you play online in a country where there's no regulation, is that they can do things like that. You're not there to see the cards, and, and if it doesn't show up well on camera, then th- this guy could be... I mean, it could be something as simple if there's a, there's a texture on it if the card is an 8 or higher, and if it's a 7 or lower, there's not. It could be something like that. Or all he has to do is feel if it's a high card, and if it is, then he uh, he goes to the next one if he doesn't want the player to have it. So it could be something that they have put in that game to just make themselves some extra money. Now, yeah, I, and that's probably why they got a bunch of girls with big titties that are dealing, for the most part. Yeah, and it's possible... And I realize this one wasn't, but they want to distract you a little bit. You know? Yeah, and, and it's also possible that they told them, only do this when there's a big bet out. So if someone's betting $3, uh, $5, don't do it. But if there's big, if there's big cards out there, 
uh, big bets, then uh, uh, then do it. And don't do it every hand. You'll get caught, but every so often do it. And, and that's part of the job. And they may even get a bonus if they prevent the player from winning certain hands. So Bet Online will not comment on this. And that's the problem with these type of sites. That's why you should never play blackjack on any site like Bet Online. You, you shouldn't. This is really annoying. Now it's saying I can't even... Skype is being so crappy. I'm trying to take the bad guy call. It says it's going to hang up on you if I take his call. I, I don't know why this is happening. I may, I may need to... You can hang up on me and then call me back or something. I don't that, care. That's, that's what I'm going to do here. This is just tilting me big time. This just tilts me... I, I don't know why Skype has these problems. Okay, let's let's see if we can just... Uh, see if we can call bad guy up and... Uh, I'm in. I, I don't know why it was not letting me add him, but we're adding him now. We're calling him. We'll see what he has to add. He sometimes knows stuff about these. This person cannot be reached at the moment. What? Please leave a message. Yeah, I keep saying ad- answering this call will put your existing call on hold. I tried to call him, but people can't call me with you on here without putting you on. This is such a freaking fiasco. I'm going I'm to close Skype. I'm going to try to call you back. This is just an embarrassment. I apologize to the listeners for this. This is this is something I deal with all the time. Is a Skype thing, where it it just does these weird things like that. Like it's it's not letting me do a group call where people can call in. I can just add them to it. Don't know why. Usually it works. Today it just decides it's not going to work. As as adverse as I am to installing new versions because of things like this, I think maybe we can't get much worse. So I'm going to try one more time. To connect Calwatt, and then hopefully we can. Hello. Okay, we're gonna try to connect bad guy now. This is just this this the Skype issue show here. Oh, and it's letting me add him now. Okay, good sign. Okay, so bad guy, hello. Yeah, what the hell are you doing, Doug? What I'm doing is I had to set this whole thing up, but now now we're ready for your commentary. So do you have commentary? About no, this? Well, well, you were talking about the casino thing. That's what I was calling in well, for. I know, so let's go ahead and talk about it. We're not done with it. Go ahead. Okay, first thing is this. That casino, 100%, is a cheat. I'm going to tell you three reasons why. And anybody that played a beer and poker, I think, played because I read the thing. Did you ever guys notice the LG guys in the, that casino? They're called L, like LG something, like a bunch of numbers after it. These guys will hit on, I've seen these guys hit on 20s before, bro. If you're playing in that casino. Really? Hit on, no, yeah. And the, listen, and if you're sitting one-on-one with some, if you go to a one-on-one table, all of a sudden an LG guy comes down to the table. So you're saying, now, you're saying, me, you're saying their name begins with LG? Exactly. Now, let me tell you another thing. That casino, Five Dimes has it. Heritage Sports has it. Uh, Bet Online has it. And I'm sure there's other places. You understand? It's just not one place. But that's just not Bet Online's casino. There's a bunch of other sports books that have that casino. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So, what I'm, yeah. So, if you sit down somewhere and you're winning, all of a sudden there's these people and, and their, their names start with LG. Each one of them. I mean, they're not even slick about it. And these guys make the dumbest play. And sometimes they won't even act. Like, say they got, like, a 18 with an ace and a 7. They won't act. They'll just sit there. And then, like, say you have, like, a 16 and the dealer has, like, a 
seven or something, you got to hit. It's a joke, man. Here's the thing I can't believe you didn't know. Do you, do you notice how they deal the blackjack on that site? Well, yes, that, that's a good point. He's he's referring to the fact that they don't deal both the dealers' whole cards. They only deal one card, right. and then the second card comes later. This is called the uh, European no-hold card rule. And that is common in, in, in a lot of places like the European casinos. Well, I didn't know that. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And uh, and, and then the they have different rules as to what happens if you get a blackjack. At, if, the, if the dealer gets a blackjack at that point, if they just cancel the entire if hand. You lose. If, if you don't get in, if you don't take it, if, if they get a blackjack and you got blackjack and there's no insurance, you lose that on that site. I mean, on that, on that casino thing just so you know that you don't push you lose do you know that you're, no not blackjack you're talking about 21 not blackjack no i'm talking about on that site say the dealer has a 10 and then she smacks up an ace at the end and you already have a blackjack you lose on that site. i'm telling you really I, that's, that's really weird yeah it's not even a fucking foot that's how that's how much they screwed you on that site that's the worst site of them all let me tell you something five dimes got a good one they do it the right fucking way. They do rummy. They do everything. There's one bookmaker got rid of it, and, and they don't even have live dealer anymore. So, so, so I hundred percent. Let me tell you something. I hundred percent think those people cheat. Those so, on so, that so, 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 do you I'm, think? Not because I lost. I'm telling you, they do. Well, let, let me. I got some information on this. Yeah, yeah. That's Matt the Rat. Go ahead. Um, okay, LG. I can't remember. But the the prefix to the players, like LG, one might be ABC or whatever the hell it is, that that just means that player is from a different casino, like Bet Online or uh, Heritage or wherever. That that's what that part means. Now, well, yeah, you're right. But listen, listen, not the rack. You can make your own name up on these things. I, I, know. I listen. I had thirty different names on these things. These, these LG guys come in and they play like. Retarded! I'm telling you this. Well, uh, uh, let, let me tell you. I I'm not going to tell you guys how I know, but you just have to trust me when I tell you a hundred percent. I know if if there's a guy that's balling there, like uh, and you know, depending on your definition of balling, like say he's betting two, three, four, five hundred a hand. They have guys that work at the casino, right? With free money, they will sit down at the anchor spot. And right, they, will, they, yeah, will, they, they, they have like the cards. there, man. They will screw up the cards. Mm-hmm. If you have, yep. say, eighteen, and the dealer has a six, and the guy's got, 100%, you know, he's right the guy's it. got a fourteen, he'll hit. And I, I know this one hundred percent for a fact. They go. That's in what and I was saying. I seen it, man. I played it. that that whole thing, that that site right there, is a fucking. Joke! Well, I'm okay. telling you, I, I believe that, that guy did that shit on purpose. I don't know, but here's the thing: there was not a lot of money on the table. That's what, what I seen the whole thing you guys were talking about before I even looked at your site. This, but uh, listen, this fucking site—that site is a fucking joke, man. Okay, let, let me explain. Let me explain to the listener what you guys are talking about. What they're saying here is that if if they know the order of the cards, and they and there's someone has big bets out there, that if they sit house players there. Uh, and, and they and the or, the normal order of the cards would get you a twenty, say, 
uh, they'll they'll have that player act differently. Yep. So he'll, he'll, he'll as as bad guys say, he'll hit a twenty or they'll they'll make weird plays. Dude, I've so they, so they, so they, so they, and this is a hundred dollars hand only. This, but this I, I said, what the fuck is this guy doing? Or he doesn't act at all. Or he doesn't act at all. Wait, hold on. I don't know if they set the deck, okay? But I do know for one hundred percent fact that they will go in there, sit down, and like hit hit the fourteens against. Well, the no, six. I'll, I'll tell you what makes sense. It's not that they set the yep. deck. It's, they probably have a way to tell by markings on the cards or something like that what's uh, coming. Yeah, what's coming so, next? So, so exactly and then, then they signal some way to these these house players. To uh, or, or if, I guess if they're just online players, they don't have to signal. They can just call them and say, or text them and say, "Hey, uh, hit this one." And you know, even if you normally wouldn't hit this one, because the next card coming will let this player win. It's it's very shady. Especially I didn't hear about this stuff that you guys are telling me, but I believe it. So obviously, if you're not there to inspect the cards, if you're not there to monitor what's going on, which you're not, this is a very dangerous thing to do. Now. Since this is a service that is being used by many casinos, by Bet Online, by Five Dimes used to use it, uh, other ones used to use it, uh, and several still do use it. Heritage still uses it. So, 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 so the question. So here's the question: why, why would they, they use? Why would they cheat if if it's just a service that's being used unless they get to keep some percentage of the winnings? So do you think that's what's happening? And you can tip them too, bro. You can tell okay, but too. but here's the question: if, if it's just a service dealing cards out, they shouldn't care who wins or loses unless they get to keep a percentage of the winnings. I exactly. I believe that they get. I used to think, and I don't know for sure, but I used to think that they got each casino paid them uh, paid them a flat fee of say twenty five hundred a month or whatever. But I believe that they get a fee because Bet Online, which is one of the the biggest ones for them, they recently left Live Dealer. And um, Live Dealer was not happy about it because I think they I think they were getting a percentage of the wait. You're saying Bet Online left them? I, I think yes, they just recently they, they, they had to left. leave after that guy did that. So, so you're saying they left after that? You're saying hold on. So you're saying they left just after this happened? I'm not yeah. sure if it was just after, but Bet Online no longer uses that version uh, of Live Dealer. Now there's other Live Dealer casinos, but yes. that Live Dealer with that video, Bet Online has is no longer using them. So what it looks most likely to me is that this is some kind of shady provider of live dealer Listen, services. Listen, online, hold up, let me tell you the first to leave them was Bookmaker, Chris.com, Bookmaker, that DSI, like the the big one, you remember Chris? I mean, Bookmaker left them first. Bookmaker has no live dealer now because these people are being shady. This is years ago. They were smart enough to leave them. And then all these, because they're making money off of it, that's why they stay with these people. Five Dimes after that, but Five Dimes still offers it, but they have a way better service. Here's what happened. After this shit came out, Bet Online left. Now they got the good one, where they deal two cards to the dealer. That one, if it's bullshit, I, I don't know it. I mean... But it's way, way okay. So this, more so, so, so to me, this, I'm telling you, it's way more. So, so to me, this really looks like way more real. Right. This, to me, Go this ahead. looks this looks like this is uh, a shady third party service that they were contracting with and, and tolerating the cheating and maybe even knowing about it and gaining from it. Exactly. And but and, 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 and made a ton of money off of it. And, and obviously, the, the, this is, the, this the, shit was out there. I told you. Well, you, I, there's a radio show where I call you and tell you to go play this live dealer because you can count cards. Well, you, but you can't I'm though. You, there's a radio show where I asked you. But, about but you, but you can't because even even if there was no cheating there, they weren't. Yeah, they cut them all. Well, crooked they cut it and at shit. 20, I told they, you what, that. they cut the deck now at twenty five percent. Yeah, of they cut it all deck. crooked and shit. And, they, they even and cut I the believe, deck crooked, bro. I believe they 
I, I can't. I haven't played there in a long time, but they might even burn a card after every single hand. Yeah. Well, no, they don't do that. They don't do that. I, they, I, like, they I, don't, I, I, I wouldn't trust. Here's this. another thing: if you look at the one thing, one guy got fired because there's a guy called Soda Pop or something. If you same no, site, he was a Twitch guy that was using their money right. and pretended it was his. Oh. No, no, but listen, the one dealer got fired. His name was Andy or some shit. And he fucked up a he fucked up a deal. Listen, there's times deal, deals get fucked up, and then sometimes they'll let it go, and they'll they'll they'll, they'll take the cards back if it's going to benefit them, and then sometimes they just cancel the shit. If everybody got like a ten, dude, that is the most shadiest place I ever seen. Now, listen, five guys, and I believe Bet Online now has it. They have a good online casino where. They don't fuck around. There's a misdeal or some shit. It's done. It's dead. Well, I'm telling you, well, it's the, a totally the, the different. Sword, and they, the and they deal guy. both cards to the dealer too, yeah. man. They don't fuck around with that bullshit. So, so where you, where were we going to say, Matt? Matt, where are you going to say? So, Soda Pop was a, a one of these Twitch user guys, and it was found out that he was actually fronted phony baloney money, okay, from Bet Online. And he's going on there like playing this blackjack, running it up like one grand into ten grand, and he's getting all excited. But I believe that money, yeah, okay. that money was phony. Listen, and the only, have the a only reason I found about hold up, that's a rat. The only reason I found about Certified though, one of the dealers got fired because he misdealed a card to him, or on the hand he was in. I seen it from the video on the thing, and he winked at the dude. The soda pop dude, and he got fired. And they had a whole big rant. If you look at the thing on your site, drop, and you go to the video with the soda pop guy, there's a whole big thing about this dealer, another dealer getting fired named Andy. Yeah, this motherfucker yeah, got Bet fired Online, because they he brought in a ton of players for Bet Online through his affiliate link, and it was it, he wasn't risking any money. And I'll, I'll tell you one other thing about these books that I also know for a fact is. They'll let you. They don't like. I'll tell you right now. They do not like people playing at the casino. They only offer it yep. because their competitors do. And if, and if you, you win big, hold on, 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 hold is they will say, "Sir, you're not a recreational player. We don't want your action." And they'll either make your minimum like your maximum bet down to 25 bucks a hand instead of like you know five dimes and some of these other places you go up to like five or 10k a hand yeah. they will cap you at 25 dollars, or they will simply pay you out and they will block your live dealer access so they're basically trying to free roll you uh, yeah it is why you lose i mean i mean there's, there's no yeah well, these are never a good idea if, if something shady like that happens they might not even pay you. Where the guy well, they, like they will pay the you because their up. reputation is at stake. You can go to um, OSGA and things like that, but um, they will pay you. But they will say you're not a recreational oh, I, player and ban you. Yeah. Well, okay. Exactly. No doubt. Okay. Uh, I, I think we, we've. I, I thank you guys for calling in. Yeah, this was, we've no. we've done this topic uh, to death, but uh, I, I learned a lot of new things from you guys' phone calls here, and I, I believe that this was a shady third party company. Uh, what their exact motivation was, it was some kind of cheating, but they, they probably get some piece of whatever they win, and and it looks like bet online. Hold on. Dude, yeah. listen, all the all the sports books, like the even the good ones, still use this company. They need to quit using this company, man. Hey, and the, the owner's name. Listen, the owner's name's Pedro. He he's got millions and millions of dollars, man. That's what the Andy guy said in the one video. 
Okay, so so who else? Do, okay, before we go on this topic, who who else still uses them? Now that Bet Online has dropped them, Five Dimes dropped them, Bookmaker dropped them. Who, who still uses them? No, I think five, no Five Dimes still have Heritage. Definitely one hundred percent. That's the only one Heritage uses. All the smaller books use them. Like the smaller good books for live dealer use these guys because, like I like you said, they have to be making money off of this. They yeah. know they're not going to lose. It, it probably is something like uh, you know we, we keep a certain percentage of, of, of winnings. There's got to be something where where they, they they have an incentive to do this, to where they keep some of what they win. Yeah, I'm sure they get a kickback. Yeah, hey, hey uh, uh, bad guy, to. bad guy, it's Kawa. How you doing, man? How you doing, bro? Good. I, I I got a question for you. So when you're you know you're cruising this site, and uh, it's late at night, you had a couple of drinks, you know whatever. Are you picking who you sit down with based on how nice of tits the girls got? On what site? Oh, no, are you talking about on the live dealer site? Yeah, the live dealer sites. I mean, some of them are hot, man. I'm telling I, I'm, you what. You're, you're dodging the question. Do you, do you go no, on there? Do you no. pick your table based on the, the, the quality of the titty? No, here's the thing. A lot of times you can't even get an open table because there's so many people on them. And, like, some of the sites, they only have, like, five tables open. And I, it goes from, like, Five, you got the minimum bets ten, and it's twenty five. Right, you're, you're looking at an that's overview some of, the, of the tables. Some of the minimum bets are a thousand. I mean, well, I what, what, he, what he's asking here, what he's asking, he, what he's asking here, is if you have a choice of tables and one is just some dude and, and one is some hot chick with big tits. Too. No, I definitely go with the chick. Okay, okay, hundred percent. Right, I, I, I go with the hot chick. I got a follow up question. All right, have you? I, ever, I got my band. I, I got my minutes band. It was so long. It was a year. Well, hold on. I call him so many names when I thought okay. they were cheating. Okay, okay but, but, but he has another question for you. What's the, what's the question? So, bad guy, and be honest. Be honest. Mm-hmm. So, after you've you know you've had a couple of drinks, you cruise the table, you found nice looking chick, you sit down. You ever rub one out while you're playing with him? No, never to a dealer, man. That's an honest to God's <laughs> truth. Maybe the porno while I'm doing it. But never do a dealer, dude. No, never. I said God's honest okay, truth. Last, no. last question here. And the bad guy would tell you the truth. No, last, never once. Okay, dude. last last question. I'm usually here. calling them names. Last question. Last question. Uh, five, five dimes. <laughs> beer poker saying five dimes still uses them. You're saying five dimes still uses them. I thought you said five dimes switched to a better site. I think five dimes might still use them. I'm not 100. Listen, five dimes got like two live dealers. The one that's called the Vegas lot dealer is is the one you want to go to. The other one is this one, and it's horrible. Okay, I'm telling you this. I'm telling you, dude. Play the listen. I think Better Line switched to this one after all this shit came out. I mean, that's yeah, what probably, Matt they, they, they probably about. they probably dropped off. So okay, okay, bad guy. Thanks for thanks for the call, Matt. Thanks for your insight on this as well. I'm hey, with... we gave you the best insight money can buy. What do we get for it? Do we get some Bitcoin or something? You get you get to have another drink right now. <laughs> you owe me a drink, bitch. Uh, not not tonight. You don't need more tonight. <laughs> yeah, when you see me. When, okay. When's that going to happen? Well, you can come to Vegas. Kill a lot. Listen, kill a lot asks the killer questions. All you want to do is get me out the fucking phone, man. No, we got to move on here. I've got to finish the show. I can't well, go Well, I'm going to call back later because okay. I'm drunk. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, it's a bad, bad guy was uh, already drunk, as you guys can tell, and doing a lot of interrupting. So the, the chat room, who usually likes bad guy calls, tonight they, they didn't like it very much. But he did bring some good information, even through his drunkenness, that it looks like it's the shady provider of these dealer services. And 
Looks like Bet Online has dropped them, which is good, but that's more for their reputation. And of course, they won't comment on it because they what are they going to say? Yeah, we're using a third party service. Turns out to be shady. We're going to move to another one. You know, so they don't want to scare you. They want it to seem like it's them. They want you to feel like you're betting against them, not some third party service. So, companies are often afraid to admit that their third party services that they contracted were terrible, because then this makes you lose faith in them. They they want the whole thing to seem as if you're just playing on a bet online. So, uh, at least it looks like they dropped them. It looks like they probably just you know they probably realized there was cheating and then probably said okay it's, it's time to get rid of this company and sweep the rest under the rug. You got a, you got a breaking news sound effect that I can't hear. Um, yeah, let me let me get that for you. Or let me get that for everybody else except you. <laughs> <laughs> this is so annoying. Okay, here here is the breaking news sound effect. Oh, I can hear it. Really? So the news is in, Druff. The ballots have been cast. Drum roll. Podcast of the year goes to Chicago Joey. Hmm. I'm not Deserved, surprised. I'm not, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's, it seems like a, a fair choice. Uh, it shows just sometimes that throwing softballs works. It works. And uh, he's the winner. So, so I guess they're, they're having the awards right now. So, so what happens? Is he actually at a ceremony? Like, does he go up and physically accept an award? I don't know. Probably. I don't know if he's there, though. Chicago Joey can't be with us tonight. Maybe he's big time enough that he's got someone there to accept the award for him. Yeah, it'd probably be Alex Dreyfus who's going to accept the award for him and then sell it on the street later. Actually, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> isn't he? Isn't he? I think he's doing commentary on Live at the Bike now, right? Uh, Chicago Joey. I think so. I, don't, I think I, don't I heard know. something. I, I could be wrong, but if that's the case, I mean, he very well might be out there. Yeah. Well. Okay. So, uh, congratulations to Chicago Joey. I know he. Either listen to the show sometimes, or was at least told that we accused him of throwing softballs. But we he's were, got people. We, we were surprised when we tweeted to him once. He said, oh, "I know who you guys are. You guys say I throw softballs." And he said something else that kind of indicated that he's listened before, not just heard that. But whatever it is, congrats to Chicago Joey for winning the podcast of the year on the GPI awards. You know, it's funny we- that the Dan O'Brien guy who did that fail podcast with kate hall called the oh, yeah. fighting the chances just fucking thing yeah he actually complained that they weren't one of the final five. Oh, <laughs> and he's like but then he tried to defend it going well no i just didn't think there were even there were five podcasts out there and then but I, but I gave my college buddy tons of money yeah i should have been at least top five no what i told him is i said you should have taken the six hundred dollars you paid the narrator and bribed alex dreyfus with it i mean yeah. given that he's rolling even alex that is even though that given that alex is rolling fedora holes for for phony loans over the summer I'm sure if he, I'm sure if they gave him several installments of six hundred dollars, then Alex would have found a way for fighting chances to win. So yeah, Jay Stat says that uh, Joe Ingram, Chicago Joey, is at uh, live at the bike right now. So mm-hmm. I guess he's not there. Accepting he's not the award. there, but maybe he's got people that picked it up. For See, him. Alex, I would have been there. I would have been there to pick up the award. I wouldn't have big timed you for live at the bike. I wouldn't have done it. So you should. He should have pulled the strings to make us one of the finalists and then let us win. Oh, you sounded like Lyman with the big time and stuff. I, that's why I said it. It's, a, it's <laughs> kind of a preview. 
<laughs> kind of a preview. Okay, let's take a look at the text messages here, and then we'll go on to the... Speaking uh, of which, the Hanson kid said he might call in when you do the Lyman segment. Okay, okay, that'd be great, because that's... Uh, it would definitely be interesting, I'll <laughs> it tell you that It would be interesting. They used to work together. Uh, not, not really any text messages of, of consequences here. Um, let's, let's go on to the Brett Beckley story. Who is? Uh, it's also a bet online story. This one, I'm not going to let bet online off as easily as I did with the last one, where they just got kind of. Looks like they just hired a bad vendor of gaming services, but this one is entirely their fault. With Brett Beckley, so Brett Beckley was. <laughs> as a- I'm sorry, Trump. <laughs> I know I interrupt you sometimes. I can't help it. Beer, beer and poker said, Kate Hall. Who, uh, yeah, I know you're in love with her social justice warrior stance. Won an award for female poker player of the year, and she got up there giving a speech about how she wasn't a fan of the award. <laughs> <laughs> oh that sounds like a parody. I mean, it's, uh, I can't believe that really happened. Oh my god! I'm sorry, Drop. Go ahead. They should give her like a an ironic award, like nicest hands in poker, something like that. Kind of like when they would, uh, you know, you know, back back in the eighties when they'd have when they'd like vote like one of the retarded kids, homecoming queen, or most congenial, or whatever. Yeah, they they, sh- they should have they should have had like a category. No, nah, they should have had Dentali in the crowd, like throwing shit at her or something. No, they they, sh- they, they should have given <laughs> Get her off. They should have given Kate Hall the award for nicest hands in poker, and they should have given Dentali the award for uh, a most well spoken, uh, respectful individual in poker. <laughs> most bony hand job goes to. <laughs> I wonder if a bony hand job would feel different than a, a, a non bony hand job. I've never had one, a bony hand job. She's ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> okay, so if so, so Bet Online has apparently hired Brett Beckley, who actually did serve time in prison for processing payments for Absolute Poker. But the, that's not where my problem is. We've had Chad Ellie on this show. And he processed a lot of online poker payments. And I have no problem with that, because if I did, then I would be a hypocrite, because I received a lot of online poker payments, including some processed by Brent Beckley. So if, if I want my payments processed, there has to be someone breaking the law to do it. So I, I, I'm not going to make moral judgments about Brent Beckley for that. However, where I will make the moral judgments is where is his role in the cheating scandal. And... He actually is a younger stepbrother of Scott Tom. So he's related in a way, not by blood, but he's related in a way to Scott Tom. He was one of the founders of AP, but not the not as high up as Scott Tom was, but he was one of the founders. He was uh there was a lot of evidence that he was involved in both the cheating and the covering up of the cheating. So he wasn't just a, a payment processor of a shady site that happened to be processing payments but wasn't actually doing anything wrong. He he's definitely someone who should be ostracized from poker. He was one of the AP cheaters, okay? And he didn't go to prison for that crime. The crime he went to prison for is the one I don't really care about. That was just processing payments. But for what he did not go to prison for, uh, it was very clear he was guilty. Now, when he was released from prison, and we talked about it on the show, he started a marketing and consulting firm in Salt Lake City, Utah, which we didn't quite understand. It's kind of a weird place to start a marketing consulting firm related to gambling in a place like Utah where they probably more anti-gambling than any state in the nation. But uh, but that was supposedly his his uh, company. 
Uh, if I go to his LinkedIn page, I see there's a call coming in. We'll take that uh, a little bit. But Brent Beckley, if you look at his LinkedIn page, it says current Beckley and Company, previous Blanca Games, Absolute Entertainment. Those are both AP. He went to the University of Montana. Summary, I love helping companies solve important and complex problems. Yeah, like they kind of steal from them. Uh, especially when those problems involve improvements in e-commerce, business operations, and customer satisfaction. I, I wasn't very satisfied. A quality customer experience should be the ultimate goal of every business, and how a company manages its e-commerce strategy and client service operations will dramatically affect their customer experience, directly impacting the bottom line. So blah, 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 blah. So Beckley and Company was the one he started to uh, you know, after he was out of prison for the payment processing. But uh, anyway, he was. I lost the article I had about him here. Uh, where is it? How did I lose this? Oh, here it is. So he. Uh, so now, he, supposedly, he's he's uh, joined Bet Online. It's not known what he's doing there, but people are very concerned that someone who was so involved in the absolute poker cheating now has access to bet online. Now, of course, people are saying, oh, wow, right when he joins there, they have this scandal with that company, you know, with the blackjack game. But I don't think that has to do with him. I don't think Brent Beckley joined it and, and ordered them to cheat at blackjack. According to Bad Guy and Matt the Rat, this, this has been going on in some way for a long time, and Bet Online even dropped that company. It does look like a third-party service doing this. It doesn't look like it's related. It's just a coincidence, most likely. But uh, Haley Hintz wrote regarding Brett Beckley, back when Absolute Poker added blackjack to its site, following the lead of party gaming, Scott Tom came up with a scheme through which every blackjack player would win his or first real money bet. The, the idea was to implant a winning feeling, a marketing incentive that would lead to more hands played, and eventually more hands played by depositors over the long run. That's in addition to the insider cheating at poker, done with the knowledge of all of AP's on-site top-level executives, which of course includes Beckley, uh, which occurred for, for more, more like four years, uh, clear water for the business's operations or not, rather than the six weeks or so AP officially acknowledged. I'm not sure. You know, they're claiming there's she's claiming there's cheating for four years, and I know she's done more research than anyone. But I played there all the time, and and I can tell you, I did very well there. I, I didn't run into any gray cat types until the, until that six week period. I believe on on UB there was cheating going on for for more than four years, but on AP I didn't really run into any of those type of players to my my memory. Gray cat really stood out. It's, it's hard to believe that they would have just changed their strategy and making making it worse there. It's possible, of course, and it's possible they cheated in games I wasn't in and cheated the limit hold them later. But anyway, definitely Beckley had knowledge of it, had no problem with it. And I'm going to throw in something extra that's not in this article. At one point, a former AP employee came to me and said that they wanted to tell me some things, but I cannot use their name. So they told me a lot of things, including something that at the time was unknown that Russ Hamilton had a major ownership stake in UB and that he was involved in the cheating over there. And I was the very first person to publish a story about Russ Hamilton being involved in this. And then Russ Hamilton flipped out and, and, and called me and was really, really pissed off. 
And I decided to take it down because I was afraid maybe you know he'll sue me or something because uh, you know I, I posted something very damaging about him that may not be true. Of course, in hindsight, I wish I left it up because that would have been the first one. I, I only left it up for a few hours, so it didn't really get any attention. But uh, now I wish I was the first one to have reported that and, and left it up there. But but anyway, that insider told me, and, and other things that insider told me turned out to be true, such as the, the popcorn gate scandal where they were collecting money for, quote, charity at the World Series by selling popcorn and then just kept the money. So one of the things this person told me was that after Sean Deeb won $80,000 degenning blackjack there, which he did, that Scott Tom was so pissed and said that this is never going to happen again and we're going to rig the blackjack game from now on to where no one can beat us for that type of money. It was not said exactly how they rigged it, but Scott Tom said we're going to do that from now on. We're not, we're not going to let anyone take us like this in the future. Even acknowledging Deeb just got lucky, Scott Tom's ah... We're not going to give anyone a chance to get lucky like this, to play high stakes and get lucky. It's, it's, we're, we're, we are going to win, and we're, they're never going to beat us for very much. I don't know if it was implemented, but they, 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 uh, this person told me that that was Scott Tom's decree after the Sean Deep thing. So, anyway, I don't know why this company is hiring Brett Beckley. I mean, yes, he has a lot of knowledge of, of payment processing, but, but online... Uh, do they really want this hit to their reputation? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they thought that it wasn't going to really get out. It's just such a such a strange hire. Because there's a lot of people who know about payment processing. A lot of people they could have hired that would not come with such baggage. And then there's some conspiracies that maybe Bet Online wants to start cheating. Maybe they want someone who who can do this. Who can come up with cheating schemes. Then people are thinking maybe this blackjack thing's the first one. I don't believe that part, but I, I would believe that maybe maybe they are shady. Maybe they want a shady person working for them. Maybe they want someone to help them design games that are not fair and get away with it. Back in 2010, it was also proven on Absolute Poker by John Mahaffey that their online Kino game was not random. That it was actually in a pattern. It was a pattern there was no way to exploit to win, but it was a pattern. So there was no random number generator for, for the Kino. Absolute Poker admitted that, but said it was a software error, which, of course, is laughable. Anyway. Uh, I would stay away from bed online, even ignoring this blackjack thing. Now, with Beckley working there, I would stay away from there. That's very bad news to have someone like that hired. Especially because Beckley never faced the music for the cheating, so it's not like he cheated, went to prison, and now he's going to be on the straight and narrow. This is someone who only went to prison for violating the law for payment processing. So as far as Beckley's concerned, he got away with the cheating. And his name is not even one that is, is associated in most people's minds with cheating. Russ Hamilton, yes. Scott Tom, yes. Brent Beckley, most people don't know him. Russ Hamilton is the best known. Scott Tom's the second best known in these scandals. But everybody else, they're kind of peripheral figures in the minds of everybody except for the few who followed this closely. So that's probably why they're willing to hire him. So I just stay away from bed online. Okay, whoever called from the 702, you're welcome to call back. 775 fraud 55, 775 372 8355. In fact, I'm just going to. I'm going to be aggressive and just call them right back, whoever this is in the 702. 
Damn. I'm just they called me. I'm gonna call them. Seems fair. You're calling Aria Resort and Casino. What? This may be monitored and oh, someone's, someone's calling you from the Aria. Someone's calling me from the Aria. Well, no, I really wish I took. It. Sorry, but Druff, I've been looking at this American or GPL poker, BPI poker awards, whatever. Yeah. It the the broadcast literally looks like someone took their iPhone, leaned it up against the centerpiece in a table. Okay, where, where, can I, where can I find this? I, I want to and, and they're it. just broadcasting it online. It's really, it here, looks I'm, really I'm, ghetto. I'm googling it here. Uh, so it looks even more ghetto than Chico Loco, man. <laughs> Look at this here. Uh, you got it up? The site's pretty slick. This here. Let's see. Uh, There's Kara Scott walking away. How do I watch it live, though? I just sent you the link. Oh, you sent me a link. Okay. In uh, in chat. Okay. In the, in the poker fraud alert chat. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do it in Skype too. There you go. Oh, I see. I see, I see it. I see it. Okay. okay. Twitch.tv/gpl if you're listening live. <laughs> so yeah, it really does look like someone just put. You see what I mean? Yes, it looks like. So we're hearing it's like background. I see Phil Helmuth, the, the, the kind of milling. In fact, I'm not even sure this is the official broadcast. This might be just someone just left their phone there by accident. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it, it really does look like someone's phone is on the table, and there's just kind of people sitting at a table, and there's there's nothing happening. And l- listen to the sound. So it's just crowd noise. When there were there were people up there speaking just before this, but even then you could barely hear what the hell they were saying. <laughs> they, they can't even put this like close to the the speaker. You have to have it like way back in a table in the back. I mean. It does kind of, It does look like a cell phone video placed on a table. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There, <laughs> there were there apparently. Okay, so there are 175 people watching it on Twitch, and there were last I looked five people watching it on YouTube. Here, the chat room just said hi, Dan Druff. <laughs> so I guess most of the people in the chat room are listening to this show. Oh yeah, a couple guys were looking at it. They're like, oh, I'm going to troll it until I get banned. And I, you know, I, my thought was they gave so such little effort to this broadcast. I bet you no one's even monitoring that chat. Well, I like I like how it's 175 now. It's 172 people watching. Like it's so funny because Alex Dreyfus always likes to pretend like the GPL and the GPI are, are such big time uh, events that these are things that everyone cares about. But then every time they broadcast anything, it has like a hundred something people watching. Well, look at it. Who the fuck would watch this? I mean, except for the the lols, you know. Yeah, like I really think this is something that they just manufacture that it's supposed to be important they get the media on board with saying it's important and people just don't really question it and in reality like no one's paying attention like nobody cares now it's down to oh hold on we're up to 188 probably thanks to this show we probably just they probably just got 16 more viewers from this show well i mean you know it's clearly just kind of people in the industry giving each other hand jobs you know yeah i think we have jay stat there we have some person named uh Vernon D. Bax, who, who knows us, uh, we have uh, the Greek. Uh, I am Greek in there. <laughs> so most of the most of the chat room is our chat room. There's, so, if you were nominated, you would go there, though. Seeing this, I don't know. I may have to skip it. Depends. Who's, depends. Uh, if the free food was good enough, maybe I'd show up. <laughs> Real talk says. Finally, a broadcast with worse production quality than PFA radio. <laughs> That's what I was actually thinking. <laughs> I was I was actually thinking that when I was I, I didn't say it, but when I saw this, I'm like, oh, thank God, they're even worse than we are. I mean, real talk. That's uh, tough but fair. You yeah. Know? I mean, jeez. Yeah. At least at least I don't just put down the 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 microphone and just let you guys listen to crowd noise. At least at least I try to broadcast some content. 
So if you were invited, do you go though, right? Maybe. I, I'd have to I'd have to find out more details. If if they served like a real dinner that was decent, I'd probably just show up to, to eat the free food. But uh Is that Melanie Wisner? Is it let me see. Oh, I think it is Melanie Wisner. Is, is that it, her behind you see that? See this is why we need a better camera. Oh, that can't be her. Can it? It looks like her hair, it, though. It kind of does look her. like her. Well, it, it, I think it might be. We gotta see someone standing next to her because she's very short. But this girl kind of looks short. We need. It, it kind of looked like her briefly. We need like a, a guy to stand next to her so we can see. Like if the guy towers over her, it's probably her. He's like when I stand there next to her, she's like way shorter than me. But I think it's a guy like sitting down. I think it is her. I, I wish they had a better, a better camera here. I don't know, man. The Wisner got an invite to this, and you didn't. Well, let's see. She's. Not, I don't see her listed here. I'm seeing the people listed that are. Gonna be, let me let me see. I, I can't think. What, what would she be nominated for? You know, best uh, best exploitation. Well, of maybe love she's of, not nominated. Maybe she's someone date, or she got yeah. invited for some other reason. She'd be nominated for the for the category of best exploitation of a poker site that's cheating people. <laughs> We have Michael the Grinder Mizrahi. We have Melanie Wisner. We have Eric Lynch. And the winner they, they, is... There are too many to list. <laughs> the winner is... Melanie Wisner! Who sold her... Who, who bought up money on the site for 75 cents on the dollar after they were cheating people, after she promoted it constantly on her Twitter, and then bought up dollars for 75 cents on the site when people lost faith in it, and then cashed out at full value because she had priority cash-outs. Congratulations, Melanie. Yeah, the reason I thought it was her at first is uh, she has a, a very particular mannerism in, in the way she, like, uh, brush, swipes her hair back all the time. And this chick is doing the exact same thing. I, I saw her, you know, when she used to broadcast on Live at the Bike. She used to do that stuff all the time. I bet that is her. I mean, it looks kind of like her, but she doesn't seem short enough, though, even though the camera angle. Yeah, I, I, that's the one thing that's, that's throwing me here. She's not short enough. So, someone's asking in chat, where's Brian the Icon Mike on? I like how our, our, I like, <laughs> I like how our, our, our chat room just totally took this over. That's, that's how sad the GPI is, that our, our chat room, which most of our listenership is actually not even live. So like our, our, our live listenership, which is not even large, has shown up and taken over their chat room. <laughs> Okay. Someone's saying there should be a motorboat award, too. I, well, you know, Meisner can't win that. We know who should win that one. She could be motorboated, though. No, but even if there's a, an award, like, who you want to motorboat, like, we, we know who has to oh, win. Oh, right, right, right. right. Well, she, she can't win anything out of motorboating. We already have a winner she for that one. She could be the, the runner-up. Yeah, she could be the runner-up for... for the... She could be, like, the dinghy boat. <laughs> you know, maybe I, I would like to see Nolan Dalla and Melanie Weisner together when they're both drunk. I, I maybe Nolan Dollar can do a sequel. How far are you from where this is being filmed? I don't. I don't know where it's being filmed. Let me see. It is. Did they say where it's being filmed? See, I don't see where it's being filmed. It's got to be somewhere in L.A., right? It probably is, but it's probably one of these things where they just rent a room somewhere. Like it, uh, this could be somewhere that's not very glamorous. I would. It's too bad we don't have Brandon. I would pay him to go crash <laughs> it. it. It's funny because. Yeah, I bet you could easily get into this thing. Like, well, there's there's no one watching who comes in. So I bet if you just know where it is, you can just show up. Oh, I'm sure. You just walk in. Yeah. Ha- have you a ever big open door back? Have you ever been tempted to crash some kind of party like this? I'm not saying like a wedding, but something yeah, that's too obvious. But some kind of party or conference or something you see in a hotel you happen to be at, and provided you're dressed for it, have you ever been tempted to just 
walk in there and pretend like you belong? Tempted. I've done it. Oh, you've done it. Okay. Oh, and, yeah. And, and have you have you pretended to be someone different than you are or uh, you know, lied about why you're there or you just been there with, with a group? Well, I've done it a few times. And a lot of it is just based on, you know, if the hors d'oeuvres or the buffet looks good. <laughs> Go in there and scam some food, have a drink or two, and then just uh, make your way out. Because it's a, it's a social environment, you know? And people aren't going to be real hard-assed about it. They're yeah, they're like, not. You're supposed to be here, you know, whatever. Yeah, like you, you yeah. feel like people would be. You feel like people are going to see you don't belong, but the truth is they have no oh. idea. And even if they did, it's not, you know what I mean? It's, a, it's an informal thing. Yeah, I mean, even is, if there's some kind of doubt in their mind, they're not going to go up to you. This is even why wedding crashing works, because there's so many people typically at a wedding that not everybody knows that just everybody who sees you is going to assume that the other side invited you. So Yeah, apparently it's in uh, Beverly Hills. Uh, hmm. That's what Beer and Poker is saying. Well, yeah, I should have done like a road show this time, just gone down there and shown up there with a laptop and walked around. Or maybe I, maybe I could have walked around with a cell phone broadcasting. It would be hilarious if you just like start, walked up to that little iPhone that's on the table and started like peering into it. <laughs> tap it, tap it to see, is this thing on? I wish I was closer. <laughs> I wish I could just come up to it. <laughs> What if you just start doing obscene things to that? Like you just start like you know, start mooning the camera, or you know, even worse than mooning the camera, you know, moon your it for dick the front. cam. Your yeah, dick cam might dick come cam. out. That's what I'm saying. We could. Uh, <laughs> you just put, what if you just like jerked off on the camera? <laughs> I don't think you're going oh, so, to get oh, like, some, some guy just walked in front of some some bald guy just walked in front. Who is that guy? Here he's walking right in front of the camera. Hey, hey, you, come back here. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm talking to you. This is funny. Call him Druff. What, what, okay. What, there's what a are number. They, oh, there's I a don't know number? what that is. But who's going to answer? Like, it doesn't look like... I don't know. 310-278-5444. Okay, we'll call it. I don't, I don't know what it is, but... I kind of want to reach it in some way. I, I'm going to say, hey, you know, I left my cell phone on the table. Can you guys grab it and put it in the lost and found for me? Bonsoir, guest services. How may I assist you? Uh, hello, can I Nigel Fabersham here? Um, I, I am associated with the, the Global Poker Index Awards. Uh, you know, the, 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 it's going on right now. Are you aware of that? Yes, sir. All right. So um, I did something that was uh, rather foolish. Um, so I was in there, and I was, um, I was eating, and I was drinking, and I was being merry. And I was at the table, and, and I left my cell phone on the table, I, you know, I, I had to. I had to leave for a moment. All right, I had to. Okay. I got called away. So, uh, were you uh, at the bar, the restaurant, or no, no, in one I'll, of our rooms? I'll tell you where I am. All right, I, I, I was, um, I was sitting at a table, and um, it, it's kind of facing the screen. You know, it's, it's facing directly, directly towards the wall where there's a screen there, and it, it's yes. kind of sitting on the table. And it's facing that way, and I, I, I left it there. My, yeah. So my question was, uh, you were at. It's one of our Beverly ballroom. There, there are so many ballrooms. Well, it's, it's, were... it's the one way where they have the um, the Global Poker Index going on right now. And I was there just before, and I just I, uh-huh. I left for a moment. I, I got I got an urgent phone call, all right? And I had Beverly. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and I okay. ste- I stepped out. So, so what so- I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on hold. I'll get in touch with our lost and found. That's our security. Well, no, 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 no. I, I was told it's still there. See, so someone told me this is what happened. All right, I, I, someone sent me a text message, and they said. Uh, Mr. Fabersham, uh, we, we saw a phone with uh, with the um, the British flag on the back, and um, they they said 
we think this might be your phone. Do you have it with you? And, and fortunately, they texted me on my second phone, so I was able to get the message. So uh, I said, oh, bollocks, I left my phone back there. So I said, can you pick it up for me? So they said, they said, um, well, we would do this, but uh, unfortunately, we, we've left as well. So I said, oh, do you know anyone who could go get it for me? They said they don't know who's there or how to reach them. So they said they suggest. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get in touch with but, the but, and but, but, of security. But no, I just, so just... he can go upstairs and he can look for it. But please hold, sir, okay? All right, because all right. he'll be able to go upstairs and take a look for all you, right, okay? All right, go, go, go ahead. Thank you. I want to get that phone taken. If you get them to pick up that phone. <laughs> At first, I thought the lady had an English accent. I'm like, oh, you're fucked. She's going to know. I hope it's a phone and not some kind of just cheap camera. Is, uh, you got Chainsaw's number, right? Yeah, he listens to the show now. Well, if there's free food, he's probably there. Yeah. No, he says it's at over, so he's not there. He's probably in, uh, he's probably in, in Las Vegas. Experience luxury with a Experience... Uh, yeah, hello, yes, yes. I am trying, yes, I am trying, I'm transferring your call to our security officer. All right, go, go ahead. Him and maybe he can go upstairs and check, okay? All right, t- tell you how pip-pip. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to transfer your call right now, okay? All right, all right, go ahead. I think we get Melly and Weisner involved That's in this. That's for Weisner. I'm going to get her involved in this. Sophie, tell security. Uh, hello, Colonel Nigel Fabersham here. Um, I, I was uh, at the Global Poga Intex Award ceremony in one of the uh, the ballrooms there, and um, I left my phone on, on the table, and uh, it's facing, it's kind of on the, on the corner, kind of facing the screen that's in front of the room. But I, I left it okay. there. I, I was told that it's still there, but the person that told me told me there he left, so they can't get it for me. Um, w- would you be able to? When go- was this, sir? Uh, this just happened a few minutes ago. Um, it's probably okay. still there. Um, if you if you could and go, who, ha- who has the phone? And uh, to my knowledge, no one. I believe it's still sitting on the table. So if you could go in, if you could grab it off the table, it's sitting by itself. And uh, there's a woman named uh, Melanie Wisner there. She she had alerted me to it, and then she I've not been able to reach her again. So if you could ask her about Colonel Nigel Fabersham's phone, she can point you to it. Right. Okay. Um, and you think these people are still here? Oh, yes, yes, they're, they're, they're for sure, because I, I was able to go onto the web broadcast, and I see they're broadcasting at the moment, and there's people there. But I, I, I feel like I've been shouting at the screen, hello, my phone is there, can you someone pick it up for me? But they, you know, they cannot hear me because it's, it's a screen, you know, it's not something I can speak with them. Okay, so. all right, um, and, and um, okay, so it's a, a, a gray iPhone, you said? Well, it, it has the, the, British, the British flag on the back. And, okay, um, British it, flag, it, and, and, um, and I, uh, I, it's in the corner of the room? It's sort of in the corner on the table and facing the screen. And uh, um, if, if, if there's a Melanie Wisner there, she'll, she'll be able to direct you to it because she had uh, messaged me about it. Okay. All right. So, uh, if, okay. If you, what's your phone number, sir? Uh, yes. Um, my phone number is uh, is uh, the, the phone. Well, my, unfortunately, my phone is over there. Okay. But, but the second phone, yeah. I, uh, the phone number you can call me back is 775-372-8355 uh, if we were to find it. Okay, let me go ahead and look for it, sir, and I'll give you a call back oh, shortly. All right, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Poor fucker. I kind of feel a little bit bad. He's totally wasting this guy. Well, I know, but he's not doing anything anyway. He's still, he's still getting paid. He's still getting paid. That's the point. Like they, uh, Now I've got to watch on this video for him to come in there. Melanie Wisner, do you have a, do you have a phone? I swear to God, if he picks the... I, 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 <laughs> It probably is a small camera, but it would be fucking hilarious. 
If he goes in there and picks it up, or he interrupts, tapping on it. interrupts the awards. Excuse me, is there a Melanie Weiser here? There's a Colonel Fabersham who lost a phone. You know what this reminds me of, Jeff? Do you remember the old show Mystery Science Theater 3000? Yes. This is kind of like that. You know? They get yeah. this boring fucking broadcast going on, and you and I are just sitting in the back in silhouette, <laughs> just heckling the shit out of them. <laughs> okay. Let's see what's going on. Bobby Baldwin. Uh, my boss Gary for believing in me to do this. My boss Gary. Uh, my team Paul Campbell, uh, Elaine, Matt, uh, Mike could be here tonight. Um, my mom, and dad. Who is and, this? Uh, the one person I really wouldn't be. I don't know, about, but this might be the right the there. most important Please. moment of his life. <laughs> um, seriously, though, if uh, you know, like. Uh, Adele, if I could break this award in half and give it half of this award to Tony Burns, that guy is a fucking rock star. That's as a fucking rock star. He's a fucking rock star. You're, you're, you know, your speech is about to be interrupted, my friend. Who the hell is Tony Burns? I don't know. Maybe it's uh, Mr. Burns and the Simpsons. Rob, this uh, needs Brandon to just run in naked and streak through the crowd. <laughs> Brandon, if you're listening, get up there to Beverly Hills somehow. Okay, please welcome now the owner. The owner of what? The owner. Just checking. Just a second. Does anybody have a phone? The most World Series poker bracelets in the world. Oh, no. Oh. Phil Helmuth. Oh, no. Helmuth. Well, how is he the owner? Well, they said the owner, and then they said Phil Helmuth. The owner of the most. Oh, okay. Although there are many achievements we could talk about in the careers of the next four nominees, this trophy goes to the American or Canadian player judged to have had the best or Canadian. single tournament performance on the worldwide live circuit during the 2016 season. And the nominees are... This camera couldn't be in a worse position. It's, it's like exactly across the room from where the, the stage is. This is like the World Series of Poker. It's like they're trying to fail. But, but yeah, wh- like why, why position the camera as far as possible from the stage? That's what they've done. It actually is as far as possible from the stage. Druff, it would be better if they didn't even broadcast. Yeah. Because this just makes it look bad. It makes it look rinky-dink. Did they really pre-record this? Mike Sexton. They did. Oh, it's not going on now? No, no, no. They're pre-recording the, the nominees, I think. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. Mike Sexton. <laughs> I love the fact that it's on SportsCenter right now. That's awesome and great for our game. And the winner is... Oh, it's on SportsCenter? They said something about that. Ari Engel. Oh, my God. He listens to the show. Ari, congratulations. I'm actually happy for him here. Now I don't, now I don't want the phone taken away. Wow, a, a poker fraud alert listener wins. He listens to every show. Can't even make fun of this. I can't even make fun of this. We can't see him, but, you know, it's, uh, well, no, that's him, right? To, uh, this, He's a little uh, dot in the corner, but, yeah, I guess that's him. Well, so. 
So is this actually on SportsCenter? They probably mentioned it briefly. There's no way this this horrible uh, quality broadcast is on SportsCenter. It's really nice to uh, get this award. Um, Mention Poker Fraud Alert. Do it. Absolutely really nice uh, event that they're That'd be awesome. Got to um, blow up his phone, bro. Thank you for the honor from the jury and uh, from everyone here. Just want to thank Poker Fraud Alert. They allowed me to get where I am today. Friends for all the support. And uh, that's it. Thanks a lot. No. Poker Fraud Alert, Ari. For, don't forget where you came from. Don't forget where you came from. Here he is, Mr. American Poker Awards. Now it's time for the Lifetime Achievement Award. I was very lucky last year. I was able to give a Lifetime Achievement Award to my friend and the former colleague, Mike Sexton. Isn't this the award that they give to people that never actually won it? Yes, yeah, that's... Like, oh, we better give it to this guy or this girl because they're about to die. ...someone who has, in their own quiet way, been a key part in revolutionizing our industry. Their own quiet way, that means they've done nothing. ...can be often controversial characters, but in all truth, I have never, ever heard anyone say a bad word about this person. That couldn't be me, then. I know, I want to hear you say a bad word about whoever it is. Although I've known this person and have worked with them for eight years, I feel a bit unprepared to properly speak to his achievements, as they go far beyond what I know. That part's not surprising. He's one of the people... Oh, my God, she is swallowing the whole dick. So this is quite daunting for me to make this speech, but bear with me, as I'm going to try a veteran poker player. He moved to Las Vegas in 1985 and supported his wife and two kids by playing poker for 20 years. That's uh, someone pretty old then. He first entered the world of poker television in 2004. Hmm, sex? It probably is. Ornstein. And since that moment, he and his carefully curated team have been responsible for some of the most iconic moments in poker television. Yep, it's got to be sex. After dark. High stakes poker, NBC heads up the super. No, it's going to be a producer. Right? No, it's not. For one yeah. drop, and in recent years, the World Series of Poker as well. He is one it's, of those people Mel responsible or? for creating the image of our game that has been shown to the world through the medium of television. Oh, uh, Mori, yeah, Mori Iskandari. Iskandari. He is right? constantly yeah. trying to find new ways. Now I got to find something bad to say about him. To the table, to the table, and to keep them there. One of the reasons that he creates such quality programs is that he gives a lot of... I can't believe they just drew us in here. Like, we're rebroadcasting it now. Like, this is just... Uh... take ownership of their own areas. He cares about poker players, and because he is one, he knows what's important mm-hmm. to them. Finding the balance between making a TV show and realizing that poker They need his help to make this TV show. I bet Maury... I'm be honest. I know a bunch of people that have worked with Maury Druff. They don't have a bad word to say about him either. <laughs> I think Maury should help them uh, position the camera here. I think Maury would be embarrassed if he saw this broadcast. It, it must be that this is like an afterthought, and they've got to have another feed that they're giving to SportsCenter. <laughs> Can you imagine this being a sports center? No, there's no way. they they got to be taking a feed from one of the projectors. I want to know where the security guard is. He hasn't even come into the room yet. In the meantime, they could be stealing Colonel Faversham's phone. He's outside having a smoke somewhere. That's what he does. He inspires people to work harder and better than they ever have before. In all the years that I've worked with him, hearing what his colleagues, poker players, and his employees say about him... That's all deepened my respect and admiration for this man. When you get his stamp of approval, it means something, because his esteem means something. And although he is definitely not in any way finished, and is 
sadly not here to receive the award. Oh, come on. Come on. They, they, they suck him off so much and he's not even there? That's come on. I mean, I, I guess people like him, but if the guy's not here, you don't have to make like a 10-minute speech just saying over and over and over what a great guy he is. Just it seems like the majority of people are not there. They're all standing oh, up. That. They're all standing up, but but he's not there to receive it. It's, it's like a ghost is accepting the. Who's accepting it then? Is there anyone accepting it in his place? I would have come there accepting it in his place. I would have done it. Maury is too big for this crappy award show. He did not show up tonight. You know, Druff, as much as we're making fun of it, we're watching it. Okay, okay. No more, no more, no more, no more. Okay. All righty. All righty. It, it drew me in, and I just I escaped its clutches. Maybe it's compelling TV. I, I just escaped its clutches. <laughs> I, I just can't believe that camera anchor. Like, why not, why not rest that cell phone or little camera, like, directly facing the table? Where they're doing this? Why? Why have it all the way across the room in the corner? I don't get it. This can't be the broadcast that they're feeding to anything. You know what I mean? No, I mean it's not. It's an afterthought. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it, let's stream it. But still, you could put this somewhere better. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to say, <laughs> let's, see, let's put it fairly close to the stage so we can see everybody. No, no, no. I have an idea. Let's put it all the way in the corner of the room where the waiter will walk by sometimes in front of it, and and where nobody will be visible, and. You, you, every person accepting the award looks like a little dot, and the resolution's terrible. But that, that's fine. I think this is a good spot for it. It looks like the production value of – I can barely see it, but the production value of the the videos they're showing on the big screens actually looks decent. Well, and, and they've record, they pre-recorded some things that you know that they're playing, like sound yep. effects, like these music and, and these nominee things. They attempted to do some things professionally. Yeah, this looks like an afterthought for sure. All right. Let, let's talk about uh, Jack. I'll let you know if anyone wanders by to take the phone. <laughs> okay. So let, let's let's talk about uh, Jacqueline Moscow and uh, this Fernando guy. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to actually get a message Jacqueline Moscow that we're going to about to talk to about her. I, I, I like when we see. She, I'm going to tell you she she was considering coming on tonight. And then Larry, Larry Laffer said the the broadcast looks like a bar mitzvah. <laughs> I actually kind of thought of that. It does kind of look like a bar mitzvah. He's right. He's right. Where is the moil? Okay. So so Jacqueline Moscow, there was a chance she was going to come on tonight. She actually said she she was considering it and might do it, and then said, "Oh, I, I don't feel well tonight. I, I, I can't do it." And I was kind of disappointing about it. I was kind of disappointed by it because it'd be the first time she'd be on the show. And I was hoping that this would be her debut, and we'd talk about motorboating, we'd talk about the current situation, and it'd be great, it'd be something I could promote. But no, she says she's just like not feeling well, she'll be on sometime soon, but not tonight. And then I said, okay, well, if I can't get her, at least I'll get the non-motorboated person in this story, which is uh, Fernando Rosas. This is about the open face story with Jason Mercier. Mm-hmm. So I contacted him, and he's like, "No, I, I can't. I'd like to come on, also, but I can't. It, it hasn't fully played out yet. I, I don't want to say anything until uh, you know th- there's more reaction from Jason, and then I get uh, some kind of resolution. Or if we don't get one, then then I'll come on. But right now, it's too early. So I'm like, okay, okay. So so we're gonna have to do it without them. But I'll, I'll tell you about this story here, and I don't really know what to say. You can give your opinion here." Uh, maybe you can convince me one way or the other because I'm kind of on the fence about this one. 
as it seems like with all the Jacqueline Moscow stories, you never know which way to really believe. So this one didn't directly involve her, but she got involved because the person it did involve directly was a good friend of hers. And it, she played open face Chinese at his, as did the, this friend. So th- this is what happened. Uh, first of all, for those of you that don't remember, Jacqueline Moscow dropped a bomb in late May of last year, shortly before the World Series, that Nolan Dalla, who is a World Series employee, had motorboated her, motorboated her breast without permission at an after party for Poker Night in America. And, you know, earlier that year. And that, uh, or I guess late 2015. Well, she told the story. Incidentally, Drift, is a motorboat, does that imply breasts? I, I think. In other words, is that like? Oh, is it a given that if you motorboat someone, it's always well, yeah, but you know, wait, that you're doing. Uh, just in case right? people didn't know what that term meant, I wanted to. Clarify. No, 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 I'm asking. I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I, I think I think it does imply breasts, but I just wanted to throw in the. So you could never motorboat someone's butt cheeks or something. I, I don't right? think so. I, I I've only heard of it having to do with breasts. So, so, but I threw that in for the redundancy, just for people who may not know what it means. But anyway, she was making that accusation along with some other things involving the other staff of Poker Night in America in May, and it it created a a very big controversy at the time. And before that, she wasn't that well-known. She was really known only in the Florida poker circles, but was not known beyond that. And this really shot her into poker infamy as as the motorboated chick. And there's a lot of different opinions on it. At first, I was very skeptical of it. As time passed, I, I started to believe more and more of her story. I, I still believe that she tried for too much as far as what she wanted for uh, payment from the company for what happened there. And that that's why they weren't able to come to terms. And then there's all the problems back and forth. But as far as what she claimed occurred, while well, I was originally skeptical of it, now if I had to guess, I would say it probably did happen fairly close to the way she described it, which I did not originally believe when I first heard the story. So, at the time, I kind of wanted Jacqueline Moscow's story not to be true, because all these social justice warrior types took up for her, like, see, this is a, this is proof, women in poker are abused, women in poker are victimized, they, they all jumped on that train, making her the, the victim du jour. And I erroneously believed these were friends of hers, so I, I kind of cast her in that mold. And, in fact, somebody who was talking to me about Jacqueline yesterday said, you know, I don't know much about her, but I don't really trust her. She just seems like this uh, fanatical feminist uh, SJW type. I said, well, actually, she's not. So I I found out later that she didn't really know these people who jumped to her defense. They just picked her as as a victim they wanted to get behind. She was kind of the victim of the week for them. And, And she didn't shoo them away because they were they were backing her they were on her side she's like oh great you know someone's supporting me great you know, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna turn that down but these were not her friends and she doesn't she's not even really one of them so my, my opinion of her improved uh somewhat since this first happened back in may i don't know her that well uh, we have a uh you know we have a cordial relationship uh we so the she doesn't ha- hold anything against me for initially doubting her before and arguing with her on Lyman's show, and we'll talk about Lyman later, but all, all that's in the past now. So she really would come on this show, but tonight, for whatever reason, she just wasn't feeling up to it. But here's what's going on with her right now. She's a big open-faced Chinese player, but she plays on an app. She doesn't play much live. 
And I guess that's where she makes a lot of her money is through Open Face. And uh, there's another guy who you know, there's a guy who does this named uh, Fernando Rosas, who's not very well known in poker, and he also makes a lot of money playing on that Open Face app. Now, the Open Face app is not a gambling app; it's just a free app you can use on on I assume the iPhone and maybe the Android, and you you play people and then settle with them later. So there's there's no the app doesn't arbitrate the money. There's no way to deposit or cash out. You just play, and then whoever's up whatever number of points, you have that person pay you afterwards offline. So you have to trust the person you're playing with. You're not going to just play with some random you don't know, or they, or they just won't pay you if they lose. So they were doing this, and I guess they were both doing pretty well in open face, Jacqueline and and Fernando. Fernando, since he was not very well known was uh, getting action from a lot of the better-known pros who just think that you know, this guy they've never heard of before, he probably, he probably isn't very good. And then he was beating them. So here, here's how this whole story came out. I knew about the story before, but I was told not to say anything for reasons I won't get into. But it, it, nothing sinister. Just I was told, don't say anything about the story yet. We're telling you in confidence. We're just letting you know this. But uh, don't say anything yet. So I didn't. But when this came out, I knew exactly what this was about before I even read anything. So there's a, a parody Twitter account named Mean Sean Deeb. It's at Mean Sean Deeb. It's not actually run by Sean Deeb. I don't know who actually runs it, but it's Sean Deeb is aware of it. He doesn't really seem to mind it, but it's not him. So anything tweeted from Mean Sean Deeb is, is not him. It's someone pretending to be him as like a parody of him being extra mean. You know you hit the big time when someone makes a spoof Twitter account of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Mean Sean Deeb tweeted yesterday at Jacqueline Moscow, you could be a really good nurse or babysitter, maybe a great hairstylist or kindergarten teacher. Keep your head up, kid. So then Jacqueline Moscow tweeted back, you love Sean Deeb so much. Want to play open face Chinese? I have some free time in between studying how to babysit and trying to look pretty. So she's challenging this whoever's behind the Mean Sean Deeb account to play her in open face. So then the real Sean Deeb got involved. He saw this, and he, he responded to her, Good thing you're so bad at the, last, at the last thing that the first thing won't happen, and we won't, we won't have to deal with you eventually. And then he also, so they went back and forth after that, and, and, and shortly after that he tweeted to her, Keep cheating in open-faced Chinese, you'll go far in poker. Mm. So he's saying that. Uh, so, th- so it all started from that. It, if it, now, the last thing he was referring to is trying to look pretty. So he's, he's, he was actually being mean, <laughs> saying that she's trying to look pretty, but she's bad at it, and that she she won't uh, she won't. I guess you know between studying how to babysit. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to say there, but eventually he said, "Keep cheating in open face Chinese or go far in poker." So then people said, "Huh, what's that about?" So it was about this story that I'm about to tell you, which I had been told before. And as soon as I saw something about Sean Deeb accusing her of cheating in open face Chinese, I knew exactly what it was about, and so did Jacqueline, and so did Fernando, her friend. So Fernando Rosas, who had been long considering. Making it's a, Fernando. Fernando. He was long considering making a post that Jason Mercier 
has been spreading rumors about him being a cheater and open-faced Chinese. But Fernando was afraid to do it up until now, up until his hand was forced by Sean Deeb by accusing Jacqueline of doing it. And the reason accusing Jacqueline matters is because it, uh, those two are associated. Those two are, are close friends and both play open-faced Chinese. So, so basically, he had to come out and do it at this point. But before this, he was afraid to do it because he was afraid that if he makes a post that Jason Mercier feels he's cheating, even if he thinks he's doing it to clear his name, he was afraid there would be people who never heard these rumors that are going to go, oh, okay, well, Fernando's a cheater. I won't play him. So he's afraid he's going to bring attention to it and make people suspicious of him. It's better just not to say anything and let the, let the people who, who think badly of him think badly, but he doesn't want to bring the masses attention to it. But once Sean Deeb did it, then Fernando said, hey, it might as well. So five and a half hours after the Sean Deeb tweet, Fernando made the following post. Again, something that he's been considering for months to make, but hadn't done so until this happened. My name is Fernando Rosas. <laughs> His name is Relax Your Soul on the on the Pineapple app, which is the app that they're using to play Chinese. Oh, for me, Chinese. And I've been playing Open Face Chinese obsessively for almost a year and a half. Around November 2015, I started playing Natasha Mercier, also known as Natasha Barbour before she got married, on the app. She accepted because a player whom I was down about 1,000 a points to referred her to me. Natasha ended up losing over 1,900 points to me on the app. Now, I don't know how much they are playing per point, but that's, that sounds like it's pretty substantial. Probably not a penny a point. Yeah, probably not a penny a point. So, uh, at the 2016 PCA, which was in January of 2016. I met Natasha in person, and we played live OFC. This was the very first time playing the game live as opposed to on the app. When playing live, there's some very distinct adjustments one has to make when they've only played on the app. For example, being able to identify optimal fantasy land sets quickly without without a sort button, counting the points in the hand, the app does this automatically, uh, memorizing discards on the app, there's no need to memorize since you can see them there, and being able to distinguish suits clearly, the app has a four-color deck. Now, before I go on here, if you don't know Open Face Chinese well, don't worry, that's not that important for this story. It's just uh, He's just mentioning differences between what the app does for you and what you have to do for yourself playing live, and he'd never played it live before, so he's explaining why it was unfamiliar to him. The first time I played Natasha live, she did not know that I'd never played the game live before. I looked like a, comp- a complete beginner during our session, since I was playing extremely slow due to the new things I had to consider. Additionally, we were playing a mixture of high-low and, and BDP, which was a game I had never played before, and, and she beat me during our, our short live session. I later learned at the PCA she had told a well-known player that I was probably cheating on the app via a bot. So basically, Natasha felt that since he seemed so clueless live, and mm. since he dominated her so much on the app, that the only explanation for this must be that he uses a bot when he's on the app. And since he can't use the bot in person, that's why he sucks so bad in person. Some months later, Natasha and I played in Vegas again, and I remember clearly she asked if she could see my app games. I showed her my games, which were mostly in the positive, and the information coupled with the fact that I played like a beginner perpetuated her suspicion that I was using a bot on the app. So, so he's saying here that she wanted to see how he was doing against everybody else, and he seemed to be you know, doing pretty damn well against everybody else. So she's like, look, when I play him live, he sucks, and yet he's killing everyone on the app. He's got to be using a bot. During the World Series of Poker, at one point, this is the World Series of Poker 16, uh, at one point Jason, that Jason Mercier, now her husband, was asking for 5.5 odds to win the third bracelet. So I asked him if he would do a 1,500-point OFC race if I were to give him action on the bracelet bet. He declined. Weeks later, I offered to do a race to 1,000 points, 
and proposed that if he were to lose the race, I would play him in any poker game heads up after agreeing on the parameters. Again, he declined and said in writing that he would never play me on the app, but would play me live. So this is already making him suspicious that no matter what sweet terms he gives to Jason to play him on the app, Jason's declining, 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 but says, hey, I'll play you live, though. So that already makes him think that Jason was suspicious of him and his app play. And, of course, Jason is married to Natasha. I, I think he got married a little, you know, after that, but they were, of course, dating then and close to getting married. As of now, one open-faced Chinese player has confirmed to me that Jason told him directly that I was using a bot. Another player who I'm playing has complained to me about the rumors and finds the situation a tough spot now that I'm up a significant number of points. From Mercier's perspective, and with all the information he has, I genuinely understand why he and Natasha arrived at this conclusion. When people ask him what he thinks about me, I do believe he's being sincere by stating that he thinks I'm cheating, and I also believe he does not have any intention of defaming me, but rather has the intention of protecting people who he thinks can be cheated. Unfortunately, this kills almost all action, since most OFC players know Jason, and the rumor has spread to the point where I find it very difficult to find new action. As an OFC player who is not well known, my method of getting action was, was, is by offering to play... And, and post to who is considering a, uh, I consider reputable players in the app. After the WSOP, two well-known players agreed to play me, but then later on declined. There's a strong prob- probability it was due to the bot rumor, as they have direct connections to Jason. After the World Series, I put out several live streams of me playing OFC on Twitch. In one of the streams, a close friend, Jacqueline Moscow, appeared playing against me. Shortly after her appearance, Natasha qu- quit playing her on the app. Jacqueline and I are both high-volume OFC players, and we spent a considerable amount of time discussing and studying the game. Once it was known that we were friends, the bot rumor affected her directly. As she has been looking for action, multiple players have agreed to play her, and then subsequently rescinded. Furthermore, these rumors have evolved to the point where public accusations of her cheating have been made. Of course, referring to Sean D. If Jason or anyone else has evidence of the bot, I would be glad to see it. So that was his first post. He, he created this post on his own on 2 Plus 2 at shortly after midnight Pacific time last night. Or you know, 22 hours ago from when we're broadcasting here. So this is all very new. So so basically, what he's saying here is he's not mad at at Jason for what he's doing. He's he thinks Jason believes he's doing the right thing. He thinks Jason believes that he is warning his friends about a cheater. But he thinks that Jason is incorrect, right? You know, he's not thinks he's he's saying he knows Jason's incorrect because he's not cheating and is trying to urge Jason to stop this, and is trying to explain his situation. He's trying to explain why he was not good live, because he wasn't used to it. There's a lot of things you have to adjust. There's a lot of things you have to learn to play live that you don't need to learn on the app. The app does a lot for you, and that's why he appeared clueless, he's saying, and is not a cheater. He's just good at the app, and is not very good live, and wants Jason to stop saying this, and wants everyone to understand what's going on here. So that, that's what he's trying to say. And he's also saying that because Jacqueline is a friend of his, and I guess, I don't know why the two of them are playing each other. I don't quite get that, why on one of the streams they were playing each other, he and Jacqueline. They, from what I know, the two of them like to play people they feel they have an advantage against. So, but I know both of them believe the other is good, so I, I don't know why they would play each other. But, but nevertheless. Uh, to, to get people to watch the stream? Yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that's, that's a good point. Maybe... I don't know if you're making this point, but if if there is any botting going on, if he's playing Jacqueline, who's his friend, and saying, look, I'm not cheating, well, then they could say, well, yeah, you're not cheating her. <laughs> but uh, right. maybe that is what he's trying to say here. He he wasn't clear what he meant by a close friend appeared playing against me. And then he, maybe that is what he's saying, that 
that people thought that was a setup. But he, he didn't make that clear. So, this reminds me somewhat of a controversy that occurred on Full Tilt in 2009. Also with a female I knew. See, the problem with bodying accusations is that they're difficult to prove and disprove. If you accuse someone of using a bot, you can't really prove it uh, unless you have some very strong evidence. But many, many times it's just a theory. Even if it's a strong theory, it's, it's hard to prove. And if you're accused of using a bot, it's hard to disprove. It's, it, you know, short of having people come over and watch you, or, or maybe have a, a, compu- a camera on your computer the whole time, but uh, aside from that... It's hard to disprove. And even if you do that, maybe you were using a bot in the past and just aren't anymore. So it's a hard thing to prove and disprove. So these botting accusations can be difficult on both ends, which is why everybody is in such a tough spot with it, with Jason Mercier and with Fernando. Jason Mercier you know, felt... Report, Fernando! Fernando felt from the report... You know, Jason thought from the report she got, he got from his girlfriend, Natasha that Fernando probably was a cheater, and while he didn't want to be making unfounded accusations, he felt he's got to protect his friends. So I understand why he did it. I, I would have done the same thing if I were Jason. But I also understand Fernando being pissed if he wasn't actually cheating. So it's a tough one. So in 2009, some of you who played on Full Tilt may, have, may remember a player who would sit in the Limit Hold'em games, usually at 100-200, heads up, named Silly Sal. Silly Sal used a that, that white kitten as as the avatar. Silly Sal was a female. It's a female named Larry. Can you believe that? What? Her name was really Larry with one R. L-A-R-Y. No. Larry Sp- Kennedy. You can Google her and you can look at her. She's not even bad looking. She, she's older, but she's uh, she looks good for her age. She's not bad looking. So it's like a in transition. No, type? no. I, I actually met her in person. She was, uh, you know, nothing was ever chopped off. No, no. She was definitely female. Very, you know, very feminine. Very female. It definitely wasn't was never a tranny or anything. Did you do a time. package check? No, I should have. But uh, she, well, I but, mean, honestly, you don't know for sure. She, she was surprised that I knew her age, though. She she had a big thing that you know the guys didn't realize how old she was. I, I think when I met her in person, it was like in '09, and she was like 48 then or 49, something like that. So she she did look a lot younger than that. But I said something like, "And she was 49." She was shocked. But yeah, you know, I had done some research on her because of this whole thing that she was accused of. I was trying to so not because you were stalking her. No, 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 no. So so I had played her in the past on various sites and. I had played her because she had a tilt problem. When she wasn't tilting, she was she was good. But if you could get her to tilt, then she would tilt off a lot of money because she just uh, you know she'd start playing crazy. But the thing is, you wouldn't get that much out of her. But she she did have the tilt control where she'd leave the table abruptly if she was tilting. Now, what would be frustrating would be like I'd sit play with her heads up. She'd get a good start against me. Then I'd win a few. I, then I'd start to do better against her and start to catch up. Then she'd tilt a little bit, and, and, and then she'd just leave the table and sit at a different one. If I come and sit, try to continue the match, she won't do it, which kind of pisses me off. It's kind of like a hit and run, you know? Like, uh, it's one thing to just leave. It's another thing to leave and sit at another table and say, yeah, I'll well, play anyone but you when, when you're winning. It's a dump and run, though. Well, but she wasn't dumping. She was, like, ahead of me first, and I was trying oh, to catch okay. up. And then, and then she'd just bolt and then sit at another table. But like, uh, So, anyway, we, we had our issues about that. But uh, in would, fact, would you consider her uh, a spot in the game? Well, you know, only if she, I get her tilting. If she wasn't tilting, she wasn't a spot. But I was okay. trying to like get her to, like that's what I was hoping. But then she wouldn't stay t- stay very long when she'd tilt. But we we even had an issue. Where so you're she, mad that 
you're mad that your plan didn't work. Right? Yeah. So she she <laughs> okay. reported me. I kept sitting with her when she did that, though, and she reported me to Full Tilt. And oddly enough, Full Tilt's solution to this was to take away my chat. Mm. Like, how is that ever the solution to this? Thing? They didn't say stop sitting with her. They just took away my chat. And, but I, I wasn't even, like, talking trash in chat. That was the weird thing. So anyway... That was, you didn't say anything bad to her? No. she was. In fact, she was going off on me. I wasn't really fighting back with her. They just took away my chat. I, they just wanted to punish me in some way. So you anyway. Call her a fish or No, no, I didn't. I, no, I did, I'm telling you, I was shocked. At the, and the Full Tilt couldn't even explain why I took away my chat. So, in fact, my point to them was, if you're going to take away mine, take away hers, because she was the one you know, using obscenities to me and really going off on me. I, was, I wasn't doing anything in chat. But if you're, if you're going to say I did something, she definitely was worse. Well, let's just say that the money that you paid Full Tilt in rake, did not go to their customer support. Yeah, <laughs> it went. It went to Howard and Ray and right. all so, the other shitheads. And they they were notorious for having bad customer support at the time. The poker yeah. charts were known to be good. They were known to be bad. So anyway, um, so she and I didn't like each other. And the reason I'm setting this up is because Larry and I were not friends. But yet I was one of the few people who was willing to listen to her and partially on her side when she got. What's it, Larry? What? L a r i what? L a r l a r y. Kennedy is her last name. You get to, and you do Larry Kennedy poker. She eventually sued Full Tilt, by the way. Oh yeah, right. she she does exist. Yeah. So so she. Why is Gus Hansen coming up when I search? For I, her? I I don't know. But the, Did he he must have tagged her. But she she it's possible. But she she got eventually all her money confiscated by Full Tilt, and all the money of her boyfriend got confiscated. Her boyfriend played on there was like Grego seven seven seven. Well. She went to 2 plus 2 and said that she was unfairly accused of being a bot by Full Tilt and had all her money confiscated and all of her boyfriend's money confiscated, and she wanted the public to be on her side. Now, at first, the public was on her side because Full Tilt sent a rep out there who, who was not very convincing at all. He, he kept contradicting himself. They kept changing their story. It really looked to me like Full Tilt falsely accused her, and it seemed like, like Crazy Mike had, had accused her to them, and they... they kind of just took his word for it. They believed like he was an expert of botting because he, he called himself like the bot hunter. hunter. So uh, they, it seemed like they kind of just believed Crazy Mike who hated her for different reasons and, 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 and took her account away. And then they created stats after the fact, which didn't seem to add up together. So people were realizing this on, full till, on, on 2 Plus 2 where I was able to post at the time and I was saying, I was calling them out. I'm saying, look, me and her don't get along, but this doesn't look right to me. I'm not going to keep quiet about this just because I don't really like her very much. I'm, I'm going to be honest. You guys look pretty bad here. I think you, you made the wrong decision. So at this point, of course, she warmed up to me and started trying to talk to me. Oh, I'm sorry for what happened before. Like you know, So she, at this point, she wanted to warm up to me. But the public turned on her. Just as it seemed like Full Tilt may have to reconsider this, the public turned on her when, it came, when someone said, Hey, you know what? This is a Grego guy. I've always thought that these were both you. Weren't you multi-accounting? And she tried mm-hmm. to say no. And it turned out she really was, and she denied it very poorly. So it became clear she was lying about having multi-accounted. So, yeah, she, she never sat with Grego. There was, you know, there, she would sit at Grego to get additional action heads up for people who wouldn't play her anymore. So that turned everyone against her once they found out she was, once they figured out she was Grego and that she wasn't coming clean about it. So they just said, well, she's lying about the Grego thing. She's got to be lying about the botting thing. But she's I, a bad liar about it? Yeah, but I didn't believe, I, but I still believed that while she did multi-account, which she admitted to me, by the way. But uh, while she did multi-account, I didn't believe she was botting. Now, there was also someone found some information on Grego that he did have an IT background and could have had the ability to do this for her, that he could have set up bots for her. But 
She was playing heads up going back years prior to that. Ah, but could he could he set up a call to listen line? No, no. That's the question. That would have been a failure. It would not have worked out. <laughs> or maybe he would have had one line, but not the, not the massive number of phone lines we have into it. But but Grego, but people still believe that they were botting. But there were some things that didn't make sense. Full Tilt's explanation for why she was a bot didn't seem to add up. It seemed like they were just shooting in the dark, hoping they hit something, and. From my play with her, remember, I played a lot with her. I was like, wait a minute, why did she tilt if she's losing? How is she tilting if she's on a bot? And he said, okay, well, maybe maybe she would take over for the bot if the, if the bot took some bad beats, and then and then that would happen, and she'd catch herself and leave. But okay. I also noticed that sh- her play style did not match that of bots at the time. For example, bots in Limit Hold'em love to call down Ace and King High too much because uh, that's just a, a feature of bots that they do a lot of calling. They're, 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 bots are kind of poor at figuring out when to make a tight fold, so that they, they, they've developed a different strategy which involves more calling than the typical human would do. And there's stations, which it, do, it may not sound that bad if you're a no-limit player, but that's just death in limit hold'em if you don't know how to make those laydowns. Yeah, but the thing is, the way they're built, it also becomes hard to bluff them. Is the problem they don't have fear? Ah. So that, that's 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 what the, it's the trade off, and that's the same with the bot I played at uh, at Caesars, which was which actually was pretty was very good. It had this problem too, but then it made up for it, and it was hard to bluff. So, so that's that's you're, you're play one of those bots, and you're just yelling at it like you suck. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you just suck but, at poker. No, I, I had someone sitting with me once, and I was like talking to the bot the whole time. They're like, "You're treating it like it's a real person." <laughs> so, so anyway, she, uh, I, I was, con- I was not 100 percent convinced, but I was semi convinced that she was not using the bot. Now there were still some questions about her. How did she learn to play limit hold'em pretty well? Heads up. No one knew of her in L.A. card rooms. She had lived in L.A. for a long time. No one knew of her in any games online. Some, she just appeared out of nowhere playing high stakes, limit hold'em, heads up, and was good at it. So that, that I have to admit that's uh, tough to answer. She, she gave me some answers which didn't seem to make that much sense. And there, were, there were some things that made me wonder maybe she really was. Maybe Grego really did build this bot for her years ago, and she's been using this for a long time, and uh, Full Tilt finally caught her. Maybe she was using it. And they didn't really catch her, but they. But by, you know, taking Crazy Mike's word, Crazy Mike happened to hit on the right thing there. Maybe you know, maybe it was one of these things where he took a guess and was right, and Full Tilt didn't have the data to back it up. But but it turned out that they actually were correct. I don't know, but I I still believed from my play with her that she probably was not using a bot, and she met with me to talk about this whole thing with me. Uh, and, um, and then she said she's suing Full Tilt, and uh, the funny thing is she warned me at the time that Full Tilt was very shady, and that. Uh, Mm. Yeah, she didn't mention that they're stealing the money, which I don't think they were yet. But she made a lot of statements about them, which turned out to be kind of true. Her, her loss. Well they, well, they probably were stealing the money at that point. They just had enough of the cash flow that it didn't matter. Yeah, maybe. Her, her lawsuit, by the way, got dismissed for jurisdictional issues, from what I remember. But mm. anyway, getting back to the thing with Fernando. Fernando. And, and Jacqueline here. If you could develop. And it probably wouldn't be too, you know, too difficult. It's not, it's not unbelievable someone could develop an app that, or a bot that could play open face Chinese perfectly. There's a lot of calculations that need to be made on the fly in open face Chinese that a bot could do very well. If someone were to design that, and then make it work with this app, 
even if it requires some human assistance, even if the bot you you have to I mean, if the bot can't read the screen or operate on the smartphone, if you can. Babe. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you accusing me? Are you are you, are you a big uh, open face winner on the app? Well, no. You said if you could build. How do you know I'm not talking to the listener? I could be talking oh. to Jacqueline Moscow. Well, I could be I mean, talking I to. Do have an IT background? I could be talking to Fernando. Is this a setup, Druff? <laughs> Look, if you want something, if you want to own up to something, if you if you want to if you want to admit where that money's coming from that you've been giving away on the site, you can. <laughs> no comment. But. <laughs> But look, it would make sense that someone could make a lot of money. And, and so if you think about Fernando, he appeared out of nowhere. He was really good. People played him because he appeared out of nowhere. They didn't know who he was. He, he beat most of them down. And then when he played live, he was no good. Mm. So that uh, I can understand how that could mean circumstantially that he was using a bot. Because it would be very lucrative to create one and play people who are high-stakes poker players. You could win some real nice money from these guys, or in this case, girls. Now, Drew, for what it's worth, I, I saw a number of guys that I knew were really good online players that kind of you know did the, uh, the walk of shame to the live poker rooms after Black Friday. And I, I will say that there were some just laughably... <laughs> That, like they they really had no clue what they were doing. Well, yes, in a lot of circumstances. Yes, that, that's and that's true, and I saw that too. I've talked about it on the main event 2010, where yeah. uh, the, the the final hand where I got crippled was thanks to a live uh, an online Swedish player who had never played live before. I, re- I later saw that in I didn't know at the time, but I, I saw later saw this in a profile of him. That was his very first live tournament, the main event of that year, and that he gave off so many obvious tells. Right. That, uh, that that allowed me you to start make, to doubt it. You're like it couldn't be this obvious. Yeah, that allowed me to make the call with queens when he four bet, knowing that because his tell bit obviously he didn't have kings or aces. So at that point, I, I felt given everything, given he could have jacks, ten or ace, king, it was worth doing. So uh, you lost that hand. I you? lost the hand because he had ace king. Yes, but but that's not the point. The, the point is here that it's it's easy to well, believe. Then it was a bad call. It's easy to believe. <laughs> I'm kidding. Go ahead. It's, it's easy to believe that. This could happen. So I, I so I understand Fernando's side of this is if he really is just a new player who's unknown, who who put the time and effort into studying open face, became good at it, and was able to challenge a lot of people who played him because they didn't believe he would be good because he wasn't a known player, and he beat them. But he but he hadn't played live, so when he played live, he, because of all these things the app does for him automatically, that he now had to do himself and had to do all these things at the same time. I understand how confusing that would be. I, I can buy that just from what I've seen of really, really smart, good players, and just some of the shit that I saw them do live was just incredible. Yeah, so so it's believable, incredible, right? So it's believable, but at the same time, nobody really knows this guy except for Jacqueline Moscow. I don't know how she even knows him, but you know, nobody really knows him, and so so I can't say, oh yeah, well, it's because he has a good explanation, that means he wasn't botting. No, he could have been, but he also could not have been. It's very hard to see. Though I will say that. His explanation makes sense, right? But at the same time, uh, now, now there's one thing though that that I have to say is on his side. There's one thing I have to say, which does point to him being innocent, and that would be if you're owning everyone on the o- OFC app because you're running a bot, not because you're that good, and you've got this gravy train 
of all this Poker Pro money rolling in. Are you dumb enough to go play them live at this point without the bot to help you? And and uh, and lose to them? And, and even, even if you think you can maybe beat them without the bot's help, why, why even take the chance? Why, why, why ruin it? Like, obviously, if you're using a bot and it's kicking ass, obviously when you're not using it, you're, you're not going to be as good. So why, why go play these people live? Now, maybe he thought he was still good enough, and if he refused to play live, then maybe uh, it would look bad. But it doesn't sound like it was a challenge to him. It just kind of sounds like they agreed to play live, and he thought it would be easier than it actually was. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, is if there was some extenuating circumstance why they wanted to play live. He's not saying this. So let me let me go to the. Uh, he made a follow up post today, and he actually I, I have his phone number, but he he didn't want to come on today either. He said maybe he'll come next week, but he said he told, he, he messaged me when he made another post on two plus two. Um, he says there seems to be a general lack of understanding of the open face Chinese landscape. He posted this about three and a half hours ago. The dynamics and how getting action works. Unlike uh, online OFC, unlike all other online poker, is completely different because it's played on a free non-rake app called Pineapple. Money is not deposited there. As a result, most games are played with people you trust. I started playing OFC in August 2015 became obsessed with it. Since nobody knew me, I started challenging well-known players on the app I could find on the top hand section of the app. So you just look at whoever played the most hands there. And offered to seems like a horrible idea. <laughs> and yeah. uh, offered to uh, you're right. That doesn't exactly speak in his defense. And, no. and offered to post before playing. Post meaning that he'd uh, put the money. He up. put the money up first with some, either a third party or them or whatever. Uh, by aggressively seeking action, by offering people who would play me a ten percent free roll for finding me new players. I eventually started playing Natasha on the app. I have to admit that doesn't sound very good either. <laughs> He's giving bonuses now to find new victims. Uh, I, I, I've never played Jace in a single hand of OFC, nor has he seen me play more than 10 hands in a live setting. I can thus assume that any opinions Jason has about my player coming from Natasha, that I believe. Uh, I completely understand Natasha's viewpoint in terms of her thinking that I cheated. One player confirmed to me that Jason had told him that I was using a bot. As stated before, players had accepted and then declined to play me, and there is... A strong reason to believe that due to the bot rumor being spread among the OFC community, I have no problem with them thinking that I'm cheating, and I don't condone their behavior of trying to protect. Pe- and I don't condone their behavior of trying to protect people who they think can be cheated. I think he's trying to say he does condone it. I think what he, I think he mis- miswrote that. Maybe you mean he meant condemn. Yeah, that's probably you're probably right. Probably yeah. I don't condemn. I don't condone. Yeah. <laughs> the problem lies in the resulting consequences of them spreading the rumor. In OFC, it's difficult to go to an online site and play like you can for other forms of poker. As a result, people thinking I use a bot kills a great deal of my potential action in the only poker game I play nowadays. Also, as it happened, it puts a player who is down to be a significant number of points in a really tough spot. How can you settle versus someone who people have told you is cheating? So he's saying that there's someone that owes right. you money and doesn't want to pay now. Uh, yeah, you're giving everyone that ever lost to you an excuse to just not pay. Yeah. Moreover, it unfairly jeopardizes Jacqueline since she is being called a cheater and has been accused of using a bot by more than one person who quit playing her. Lastly, it can seem like I am making unfounded accusations that I provide no evidence of my statements, such as the names of the players who told me Jason had told them of the bot. I've made the mistake in the past of mentioning someone by name without asking, and these people who I t- tend to mention as well-known players do not want their names posted. I had known about the rumor for about five months, and since I'm not a big fan of drama, I did not post anything. That's actually not true. He just didn't want to bring, he didn't want to bring attention to the uh, 
to the accusations for those that didn't know, which is understandable. Like, if you're, if you're being falsely accused of something, you don't want to come out and say, hey, this person's accusing me of this. Well, yeah, but then now you've just made everybody aware of that. So I, I, I can, if he's innocent, I could still see why he wouldn't want to post this. Then people started declining to play me after having accepted. Then a player who was down a significant number tells me about the bot rumor. Finally, Jacqueline publicly accused a cheater with the straw that broke the camel's back. Someone suggested as a solution that I should play Jason live. The variance in pineapple is about 18 points per hand, and edges tend to run about 0 to 0.5 per hand uh, between good players. Therefore, to get satisfactory significant results in a game that would require thousands of hands... Uh, for example, suppose I have an edge of 0.2 a hand versus Jason. I would still lose 13.3% of the time after playing a total of 16,500 hands. Uh, that is 10,000 normal hands and 6,500 extensional fantasy land hands. From, from what I know, regular OFC has been solved, but pineapple OFC has not been solved. The complexity or the size of the game of regular OFC is, is 2 to the, t- uh, to the 10 to the power of 40. But pineapple is way more complex as its size is 3.8 uh, times 10 to the power of 60. Which isn't, that's not a sounds, sounds like someone that's done a lot of research. Yeah. So those aren't like, the, that's not an order of magnitude difference. But if, it, if a right. game can be solved at, 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 at 2 times 10 to the power of 40, it, it wouldn't be that much more difficult to solve something at 3.8 well, times I, 10 I to the power of 60. Well, I think the argument he's kind of tacitly trying to make is that, you know, there's no bot that has solved. Pineapple. Yeah, and that so might be a, true. You know, in in this day and age of the no limit uh, players getting smashed heads up, it's a hard argument to make. Yeah, that is, especially in a you game know? like OFC. There, I, I think yeah. it'd be much easier to make the bot than something like no no limit hold'em. It would be even in pineapple. So, yep. so, so this statement of his here, I, I understand everything he's saying here, but for, first of all. I, I think he should, at this point, while I agree a heads-up match is not going to s- solve it, and he's afraid that if he plays and just runs bad, even if, you know, he's saying, look, if I played 16,500 hands, which would take an eternity playing live, even then there'd be a 13% chance I'd lose. So, you, you know, and, and as if he has an edge over Jason. If Jason is even with him, then it could really go either way. I mean, he's kind of right, because if he wins, they can just, you know, Jason or whoever can just say, well... You know, there's a lot of variance in OFC. You know, he got lucky. And if he loses, then everyone's going to say, see? You know, he was clearly cheating with a bot. He doesn't know how to play. Well, I, I have a good solution. Why, why doesn't he play and have some third party sitting there watching? Or one or more third parties that doesn't want to be one person. And and the third party can see if it seems like he knows what he's doing. Uh, even, I even, mean, maybe. Or he can at least offer that. Like, I, I Doesn't every player... Th- just about every poker player think every other poker player sucks. So. Well, yeah, but I, you can <laughs> if you're a good open faced Chinese player, you can watch someone play it, yeah. and you can say either this guy knows what he's doing or, or he doesn't. He's clueless, and so yeah, it's probably what, true. Once I, he, I don't know enough. Once about he gets the game. see the results don't matter that much. It, it should matter, if, uh, especially in OFC where it's not. Uh, if you're making the correct plays and laying, yeah, okay, I got it's a little different than other forms of poker where where you know if if the, if the other player keeps having your number, you can start getting afraid to raise them or, or things like that, or it starts folding. Against them more often. You there are deterministic ways that you should be laying out the cards. Yes, right? yes. Yeah. So, so that's so. It should either be clear you know what you're doing with OFC, or or, or you don't. Uh, if if someone good is watching, who's very familiar with the game, right. and I think that's and forget about the results. Forget about who happens to run better. So, 
that's that, that's what I would suggest here. And, and if he refuses to do that, then I have to say it's a little suspicious. If he is willing to do this, see, I'll, I'll, like, so I can I can see both sides of this. I can see, and by the way, even if he is using a bot, if that doesn't necessarily mean Jacqueline was. It, it is possible also that that if Fernando was using the bot, Fernando was using a bot. <laughs> that Fernando using a bot. That Jacqueline Jacqueline was innocent. It's possible that. It's not her fault. But yeah, I, I mean, it, I mean, I get it because they know each other, and it makes sense that if he's doing it, he might have given the the bot to her or whatever. But still, that's kind of I don't think you can just assume that just because they know each other, right? Yeah. Okay. I I, I, I have to interrupt this topic. We we gotta. Uh-oh. We got a voicemail here. Uh oh. It's got here. I'll just I'll just. Read Is it. it the guard? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to read it. It's, it's a transcription here. Oh, no. Uh, from the... Uh... Oh, where is this here? Hold on, maybe I can play it. Let's see if I can play it here. It's got to be the security guy, right? I'm trying to bring this up. So, I mean, here we go. Hey, listen, here, listen. I think I can get this. Play it. Why is this so soft? Hang on a second. I make this louder. It's really soft. I'm trying to trying to do the ghetto way of playing this here. Ugh, come on. I've never played it off the cell phone like this. Nah, it's not working. Okay, let me try one more thing. Okay, I'm just going to read you. Yes, hello. This message uh, is is uh, for the man who called about a lost cell phone. We were unable to locate Melanie in the party. Huh. Uh, do not want the, the organizers do not want us to make an announcement, so the phone will either have to be turned into us by one of the, the one of the at the party. You have to get in touch with one of your friends at the party and have them locate the phone for you. We're definitely locate, willing to receive the phone, but only after it's been turned into us at this point. It, it is not. I've walked. I've walked around the room. I, I guess we missed it. He's saying put it maybe, on speaker. Maybe Melanie is not there. I was I, not I, able to I see a. F- swear that was her. Yeah, I thought so too. I was not able to see a phone with, with a uh, with a Jack Union print. Thank you, sir. Goodbye. I can't. What the put fuck is a Jack Union? He's referring to the British flag. Well, Union, I know it's Union called Union the Jack. Union yeah, Jack. Yeah, but it's not a fucking Jack. I know. Union. I know. Jack Union print. <laughs> so that's that's what he said, and uh, I, I have trouble playing it for some reason. Let's see. Can I? Nah. See, it's. Looks like Bitcoin's lost around ten percent of its value in the last half hour. Wow! Well, it ran up to like 11, almost twelve hundred. It just can't get to twelve hundred. It gets close to twelve hundred and then it crashes. Well, Beer and Poker says it was at twelve fifteen. Oh, I guess it broke it. And okay. then it's down back down to eleven hundred. Oh, great. Okay, so uh, so this this is what Death Donkey said. Um, he said something kind of similar to what I just said, and I hadn't read this yet. Death Donkey is a uh, so, I know who he is. Yeah, he's he's been around a long time. He, I used yeah. to play with that guy. Yeah, he's he's uh, played a lot of living holding. Fucking good. Yeah, he's he's good. He's in, he's, he's this guy. He's got kind of like a, a Jufro looking hairstyle. He's got I like used to play thing. horse with him. Yeah. So this is what Death Donkey said. Death Donkey said one nice thing to me one time. He was uh, after I was on the I, I was doing the broadcasting of the ESPN uh, three hundred and sixty coverage of the two thousand nine. 10K limit hold'em final table. Yeah, I played at the Bellagio shortly after that, and he said, 
he was glad to hear me on there. It was nice to hear for once someone who knows what they're talking about doing the commentating. I said, oh, that was nice. Nice. Um, anyway, especially from him. You see, he's, he, say, he said this, Fernando, playing him live has nothing to do with proving whether or not you beat him. If I thought I was one of the best players on earth, I would happily take on the normal amount of variance I take on the app to prove a point. Who cares if you win or lose? By refusing to play not on the app, you look guilty and foolish. I think it's very unlikely you're cheating, and very likely Natasha overrated herself and can't accept her loss. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you how it looks. I can, I can believe that too, don't you? Yeah, me too. Uh, my good friend was accused of similar cheating, and I was extremely confident he was innocent. Thunder Keller, and he would have played anyone any time to prove his side. That, that's interesting. He's mentioning that because this was the first round of open face Chinese accusation cheatings on the app, which wasn't about a bot. It was about uh, being able to cheat by seeing people's cards and it was on a different app but the a rumor went around barry greenstein was was uh saying he's not going to say who it is but there's someone who you need to watch out for that thinks he's one of the best open face chinese players in the world but that uh this guy seems to always know what's coming and he did he wouldn't say who it was but then it, it turned out it was revealed it, the, the rumor was spread that it was sean deep isn't that interesting here isn't that interesting how we come full circle? Now he's saying so, that Jeff so that Sean doesn't call up. We know it wasn't you, Sean. <laughs> so, we know it was a mistake. No big deal. Yeah. Also. So so then I mentioned that on this show, Sean Deeb heard about it, called up and yelled at me. I apologized to him, but since then he's hated me. I didn't really mean anything maliciously. I just was repeating what I heard. I kept even qualifying it that I, I don't know if this is a true rumor, but this is just what's being said. Well, it turned out that Barry... Yeah, at the time, he was so mad at me saying that I was listening to rumors. Well, it turned out Barry, and he's insisting Barry wouldn't have said this about him, that he was working with Barry to identify the cheater. That's not true. Well, BS. Barry really did go around telling people that Sean was doing that. Barry told this to Melissa Burr. And, and later, Sean said this on a podcast last year, complained about how Barry had been going to, uh, you know, told Melissa Burr that, that, uh, that he was cheating and then Melissa wouldn't pay him. So I, I was proven right. Not that, not that he was a cheater, but that Barry was saying he was a cheater. Now, later it came out, though. That indeed the one who was really being suspected that you know I guess Barry said this at first but but Barry then took it back and later said no actually it wasn't uh, the one I'm really worried about is is uh, Thunder Keller Sean his name is uh, Thomas Keller he goes by Thunder uh, I didn't know he's even still around Thunder Keller was a you know he was a very good limit hold'em player and he was winning a whole lot of money in Arizona and and even uh, online. In the early mid two thousands, he played as Bigglesworth on Poker Stars, and then he developed a really really bad drug problem. I think he was called Thunder Keller because he was really big. He's he kind of like big and fat, right? But I saw him in like oh six or oh seven, and he was thin. <laughs> so he, well, lost... he got he got gastric bypass surgery. Yeah, so he got gastric bypass, and then what? Uh, Someone who's close to Thunder told me he replaced one addiction, food, for another, being drugs, and got addicted to drugs, and he kind of fell. Is out. it meth? I, I don't know which drug, but he. he Let's say, check the the picture I just put in here. Oh, let me see. So this is him thin, but he's got like the kind of you see those marks on his face. Yeah, let me go here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that looks like meth addict. Yeah, it easily could have been. But yeah, this is him thin, right? So so anyway, he kind of fell out of poker. You see him occasionally. Now, his brother, Sean, he has a, twin, a fraternal twin brother named Sean Keller. 
And Sean Keller, he still plays, and I see him every World Series. And Sean Keller is still kind of heavy. He was never as, as fat as Thomas was, but uh, uh, Sean was, was known as Chicken Little. And Sean was, was infamous at the time for the worst losing streak ever in poker. He lost 500000 on ultimate bet, not even to cheaters. He lost it to the, these Norwegian guys who I actually knew. Wow. Uh, and they were kind of like taking turns playing him all in the same house. And he played like an epic like 30-hour session and lost 500k to them in Limit Hold'em. He must have been tilting his face off. Yeah, so anyway, uh, so so Death Donkey is saying that Thunder Keller was not cheating. He was falsely accused. So it's, it's you know, it turned out it was proven that cheating was possible on that app, but it was never proven that any high-profile player was cheating, including Thunder Keller. It was never disproven, but it, but it, Death Donkey's insisting that uh, Thunder Keller didn't really cheat. But that that was all related to the... Accusations which first fell on the shoulders of Sean Deeb. So it's funny that Sean Deeb was so mad that he was being falsely accused of cheating, but then accuses someone of cheating of, of, of an OFC app. Like, you'd think of all people to be sensitive to this, Sean would say, hey, you know, uh, Sean Deeb, that is. You think, you think he'd say, hey, you know, I got accused of this years ago and I was innocent. Maybe Jacqueline's innocent. I shouldn't say this. Even Maybe if I think it's. Pop- well, then, you know, that bolsters the. The case that he must have a, a pretty good idea or pretty good assurance. Of. Well, I think I, I don't think he knows any any more than we do. I think just no? Jason. Right. I think Jason probably just told him, and uh, and he just right. was outraged by the story. But well, look, I I I think Death Donkey has a pretty good take on this. I still think that Fernando probably Fernando, sorry, he was probably not cheating. But I have to say that his last post was not very good. His first post was very reasonable. The second, the last post with the whole thing with the variance and all this. Uh, just play the guy. If you're playing for high stakes anyway on the app, play him for the same limits live. Ask anyone to come sit and observe the game. You'll say, look, anyone can observe this, and regardless of who wins or loses, you will see that I know what I'm doing, right. and I play the same style as I do on the app, and that uh, uh, so you'll be able to see that I'm not having a bot play for me. And that, that should So, be I mean, just a real-world analogy. You know, if you're... Let's say, Druff, that you decided... I'm done with this whole poker thing. I'm going to go back into the computer industry. You know, maybe you're inspired by Dog's Head and, you know, think you can <laughs> go make millions doing, you know, whatever. Um, one of the things that you would have to do is take a, a competency test. You know, you would do, they would give you some problems in programming. You'd have to figure them out or whatever. And even if you didn't get everything right, people would have a good sense of whether you knew what you were doing or not. Right, and it's the same kind of thing um, with open face Chinese. Uh, if it really is as deterministic as it sounds like it is, you know. Yeah, that, that's what I would think, and that's yeah. uh, so, so. I don't understand why he doesn't just. You know, there's someone on the two plus two thread saying, well, "Why does he have to go play live to anyone who demands that he, you know accuses him of cheating?" Well, it's not that he, he he's being accused of cheating by an influential player who is the husband of someone who lost a lot to him. And, and I mean, yeah, again, to, just to keep with that analogy, that would be like saying, well, why do I have to prove that I know JavaScript? Just hire me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it's perfectly reasonable for you to sit down and, and, uh, and someone be able to make a determination. Yeah, of- whenever there's a reasonable accusation against you, even if it's not true, you should go out of your way to disprove it. And I've always said right. that about scammers and liars. And I, I it's even extended back when I was in chat rooms and there'd be some girl that would show up with a really hot picture. And I'd say, I don't believe that's you. Let's let's see a custom picture. You know, do such and such. Write such and such on a paper and take a picture of it right now. Oh, I don't have. To, I have nothing to prove to you. But here, here's a hundred other pictures I have. No, I, I don't want the hundred other pictures. I want I want a picture taken right now with, with you know, hold up a paper with today's date. 
So wait a minute. You would do all that back then, but you would not even do a package check on Larry? <laughs> so she would say, so, so the girl's like, I have nothing to prove. I don't have to, I don't have to show you anything. Why, why should I have to do anything for you? I don't even know you. And I, so it, it was always the same thing. And anyone who took that attitude, like 95% of the time or more, it was because right. they were lying. It's because right. they couldn't do it. Not, not because they were refusing to. They couldn't because they weren't the person in that picture. So I'm not saying that Fernando is guilty here. I'm saying that if he's not guilty, that he needs to come forward. He needs to say, Take hey. the test. Even if you lose, you're right, Druff. Someone will be able to be like, yeah, he lost, but you know his plays were pretty reasonable. Yeah, He, need, he needs to go to Jason and say, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jason, this is Fernando. Fernando here. You're, you're accusing me of, of cheating heads up? What the fuck, man? Come on over. We play heads up. I destroy you. I destroy you. If I don't destroy you, people will see that I am so good. I should have destroyed you if it was not for the bad luck. So that is my suggestion to Fernando is to agree to play live and have someone watch it and have people just determine whether you know what the hell you're doing. And You just tilted your way out of the chat room, by the way. I, I did. I actually knocked myself out and tried to get back in. Okay, so, so, and and uh, honestly, Jacqueline, the same thing. I know she's just kind of been caught up on this, caught up in this as because of her association with Fernando, but still, now that people won't give her action, she should give the same offer. And kind of action we talking about, Drew? Well, it, it can be dual. She could say, "I'll play you, and if you beat me, you get <laughs> no. to motorboat me at least once, and if I enjoy it, maybe more than that." Uh, chances of her coming on just went down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, when I, when she was thinking of coming on tonight, I, I said, you know, I want to talk about this, so if you want, we'll stay away from the no motor budding. So she's like, oh, no, I don't care. You can talk about that. Like, oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> now we really got to have her on. Now now for sure she's going to come on here. Oh, man. So so that's that, that's what happened. And uh, I, I thought we were going to have a segment with both Fernando and Jacqueline on, and we got neither. So that's how it goes on this show. I can picture a younger Druff talking to some girl. Saying, you know, if you want, we we don't even have to put it on film. We can put the camera away. And and the girl says, oh, no, 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 that's okay. And and you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Very psyched. Uh, okay. Let's, let's see. Is this a poker award still going on? No, no, it's off. I just looked. It's, it's gone. It's on, offline. The show's over. The show is over. It's pretty sad, though, that this big event that the people in the chat room were really from our site. <laughs> he helped them out, man. He boosted their numbers. It finished with 114 people watching. Well, I can't say that. Maybe they're still watching. Well, you know what it actually says? It says 114 people are still watching. Mm. So, like, does that mean that 114 of those 180-something people just left it on in the background like I did and just weren't watching and just are still there? Oh, no, no, no. Or their bots. No, no, it, do- it doesn't because they just refreshed it. Okay, so there really was 114 before it went offline. Also, some left? Yeah, they, by the end, they were down to 114 viewers. Gotcha. So they, this was not. 
um, you know, they, they, they are associated with poker stars. I said poker stars at the bottom, and it shows. I see the, the faces they have there. They have, I see uh, Matt Savage and Dan Negreanu. And, uh, Were any of them there? Jack Effel, I don't know. <laughs> Daniel Negreanu won this award, but he can't be here tonight. Jack Effel can't be here tonight. Matt Savage can't be here tonight. We, we do have Ari Angle, though. We, we got him and his yarmulke over here. That's, that's all that matters. Representing Poker Fraud Alerts, one of their few remaining professional poker player listeners. Ari Angle, everybody. Okay, let's, let's I'll talk about Lyman. If the Hansen kid wants to call in, he can. All right, let me... Uh... Shoot yeah, because effect. of the damn GPI, this slowed me down. Like I, I should have been like way further. Like we're only like halfway through the agenda. I, I want it to be like mostly done by this point. This pisses me off. I, uh, Alex Dreyfus, this is your fault. If you if you just had a better quality camera, I wouldn't have bothered with all this. If if I just turned it on and it looked great, and I would say, okay, well, they're what number should I have him call if he's able to? Uh, seven seven five. Three seven two eight three five five Z main number. He can also call the Mount Charleston line. You know, just just because there might it might be buried. Hold on, under I'm, I'm a little slow. I'm I'm kind of a little ways into my rum here. Okay, but seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. That's seven seven five fraud fifty five. And okay. he can call the Mount Charleston line if he wants to. But it may be buried under an avalanche, but it'll still work. And what is that number? Seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight. All right, seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight. Yes. Okay, so Lyman, which is not his real name, he calls himself Abe Lyman, but his real name is Abe, but his last name is not Lyman. I'll, I'll be nice and not say his actual last name, but Lyman was a commentator for quite some time on Live at the Bike. He also had his own internet webcast called Poker Sesh which was associated with Live at the Bike. In fact, you'd call the Live at the Bike Skype to get a hold of it's him on. Just, just to be accurate from a historical, historical perspective, Druff, that show started on Crush Live Poker. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. It did. So I, for some reason, I thought Lyman had created Poker Sesh. I guess well, that. I mean, he did from the perspective that it was his show, oh, but okay. that, the, the whole poker. show... The first original broadcast of that show, and then many broadcasts after that, were on Crush Live Poker. Okay, so Lyman is—he's a—he uh, has this wild, crazy hair. He's very loud. He has this raspy voice. He—he's very outspoken and obnoxious. And I think the Hanson kid's calling in. Let me throw him on here. Hanson kid, you there? Yeah. Okay, good. I'm here. Good. I'm glad to have you. So I going to be able to hear a call walk? Yes, yes. Not for too much longer, I think. Drop, I, you know, I told you, I, I caught the beginning part of the show, and Uh-oh. I said to you, I had to actually go over to a paid service to audio conference with my call-in show that Skype just stopped working in the last three months. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. With PCs and Mac. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, it shouldn't I, be unexpected. I, I got it going tonight. Like I finally got it working. Like, everything works. You can hear the sound effects. Every, every, I, I don't want to jinx it, but right now we're good. Wait, wait, wait about Lyman. He, Are you he, playing, Bart? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, good. We, we have his full attention. No. So, so Lyman, no. he, he had a lot of supporters and a lot of detractors. Uh, things people liked about him. Uh, he seemed to have some good insight into the 
live poker world, uh, the old school live poker scene. Uh, he seemed to have some good views, even having to do with poker strategy. Uh, so, so he had some good and interesting things to say. Others even liked the fact that he was blunt, the fact that he did just speak his mind, the fact that he wasn't politically correct and he wasn't afraid to say things that could offend people. So some, pe- some people liked that. Others, though, didn't like him. They found his voice to be annoying. It's this raspy voice. Hey, this is Lyman! And then he also... A lot of people just didn't like the attitude he brought to everything. He, he seemed uh, too narcissistic. It seemed to be more about him than, than, than Live at the Bike. It seemed that... Uh, he, you know, he ha- he seemed to have a drinking problem, and that would affect the way he would act sometimes. And and some people just found him to be obnoxious and difficult to listen to, especially with a voice that a lot of people found to be a turnoff. So it, it was a mixture. Some people hated him and, and and didn't want to hear anything with him or watch anything with him and couldn't stand hearing or watching him for more than five minutes. Others actually came because of him. So. Uh, can I get? Can I give some historic? Can I just give a? This is part of the reason why I called because everyone's going to have their own view about Live of the Bike, which he's been there for the last two years. But especially while Colorado is on the line, I want to give you a timeline that led up to him going to Live of the Bike because I think it, it gives some interesting backstory. And people have asked me what happened between him and Crush Live Poker because, as Colwatt said, he went from Crush Live Poker to Live at the Bike. That's the timeline. Yeah, and, and, now, Crush, before, and Crush Live Poker, just, just to let everybody know, this is, this is your site here, right? Yeah, this is, this is my site. Now, before Crush Live Poker, I did podcasts for Deuces Craft. That's where I had come from before Crush Live Poker. And I had him on the show. I had read his 2 plus 2 thread. I asked him to come on the Deuce Plays show. This was back in, like, 2009, because we were playing 510 together at Commerce. And probably over a few years, he came on that show maybe five or six times, something like that. When we started Crush Live Poker in 2014, uh, Kawat and I decided that it would be nice to bring additional content onto the podcast, onto this, onto the website instead of just me and videos. And we basically decided to um, hire him as uh, a host of what we call the Lyman Show, and he used to kind of call it Poker Sesh, and just kind of a non-strategy-based um, podcast. So he was hired in 2014, and he was given a deal that was actually a pretty good deal. He was actually given percentage of uh, gross sales um, for a month, and each month he was paid X amount percentage of gross sales. Um, and it was mutual. It was a good, it was kind of a, it was probably a small loss leader for us, but it was a subscription podcast, so we figured that we got, you know, a fair amount of uh, subscriber sign-ups from his show, and it worked out well. Now, at that time, between 2014 and 2015, over the, the next two years, I became very, very close personal friends with him and his wife to the point where I would go over to his house almost every single week to help him set up the podcast and to have, you know, to have dinner with him. He was a very, very close um, friend of mine. Uh, we had no rocky relationship whatsoever for two years. 
in the middle of the first year that he was hosting um, the podcast for me, he got hired at the bike to be the PLO host. So he got a percentage of the drop. And he started that game from nothing. He actually built up a game at the bike and uh, did pretty well with it, where, you know, he was actually getting a regular game and he was pretty happy with it. Well, Live at the Bike and I sort of split ways because Live at the Bike was always resentful, but Crush Light Poker was making money because we used Live at the Bike footage and, you know, they thought that, it, you know, that's just another story. But flip forward about two years later on when Lyman's still doing my podcast, um, Cal Watt, myself, Lyman and Lyman's wife, we go on vacation to the Dominican Republic. This is in... I want to say March of 2015, something like that. We have a great that, time. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that we had was a great good, time. That we was a good a, trip, man. Yeah, we went on a cigar, you know, call up got these connections with uh, Fuente family, so we went on cigars in the northern part of the country, went on tobacco tours, and then we went to Punta Cana, which is the traditional resort on the east part. We drove across the island. So we were on vacation with him and his wife for about 12 days, okay? The week after... When we came back, he basically told me that he wanted a week off. And I was like, okay, fine. Then the next week, I was like, are you doing the show? He's like, I don't know. Sort of, you know, we need to talk. I'm trying to recollect this the best that I can. To make a long story short, he had concerns because Live at the Bike had approached him. And Live at the Bike wanted him to work for Live at the Bike to do a podcast for them. And I actually told call up this that Gabe was having these concerns, and I said, you know, we might lose him because I think do, he feels like... Talk about the, do you want to talk about the uh, the motivation that the people at the bike might have had for doing that, or you want to leave that out? Well, I just want to just leave that on the side. Okay. It doesn't really even make okay. It's just about logic. The, 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 you know, I said, we might lose him because I think that he feels like he should do the podcast over at Live of the Bike because it's going to help him save his hosting gig. Like, he was making a lot of money from that percentage of the drop that he was getting hosting the PLO gig. Yeah, and, that's where, you know, that's we where he made most... crazy amount of money. Yeah, we were paying that's where he amount make, of money. That's where he makes most of his money, or he did make most of his money, was the hosting gig, not playing... I mean, I'm yeah, sure he was a winning player, too, but still, you know. Yeah, so I said to him, I said, hey, can you do both? I totally understand that you want to secure this gig. Can you do both? He said, I don't want to do both. I'm going to have to think about it. So... I went in and I spoke with him at the bike and um, he said, you know, I want 25. This is what he said in, in, in no, no bad terms. He said, you know, this is what it will take for me to stay with crush life poker. He said, I want 25% ownership in the company. I said, Abe, I can't even come close to doing that. And I ran some numbers in my head. I was like, you know, I was expecting like if we lost him, Maybe our subscribership would, would go down by like 5%, maybe 10% at the absolute worst. I wasn't going to give him 25% of the profits of the company. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, think he, I think I was actually paying him 6% of the gross revenue um, every single month to do his podcast. So I said, Abe, you know, we can't do that. If there's no hard feelings. If you go to the bike, I understand why. And then, you know, you would do that because of the hosting. So that was that. And I thought that we were good. And, and incidentally... Just as a, you know, kind of happy outcome kind of thing. After Lyman did end up leaving uh, CLP, the subscribership, like, the, well, it didn't, it didn't even register on the... Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Let me do this in order. 
So, so I said, so I said, you know, I thought we were all good. Okay. Now, if people remember this and they follow the story, right around that time, all of a sudden, Lyman out of nowhere starts tweeting shit about me personally and about Crush Live Poker. This is after Cal Watt and I had just come back to come back from vacation and I had just had that talk with him at the bike. This is like a couple days later on. He's like, why would anybody sign up for that shitty site? Nothing happened in between. So I texted him. I'm saying, why are you talking all this shit on Twitter? And he's like, oh, I'm just having like a, you know, I'm just having a little bit of fun, you know, with this. And in between that time, what happened that started this was that somebody tweeted him Druff when all this stuff was going on, when he started talking this shit. And someone said, is Bart going to take your podcast down from the site? Right after that, he got that tweet, he texted me and he said, are you going to take my podcast down from your site? And Kyle Watson backed me up on this. And I said to him, why would I take the podcast down from the site? Like, you know, people love your content. Like, I'm not going to take it down from the site. He's like, you know, we had a deal. You have to take the podcast down from the site because we had a deal. And I said, Abe, you were paid for the content that you put up there. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. So he, then he starts talking a bunch of shit on Twitter and one more. So I said, we should talk. We should talk. So I go in there a second time. He returns the equipment to me. And to make a long story short, he basically says, if you don't take my podcast down from the site, I'm going to talk endless shit about Crush Live Poker and you on Twitter. Wow. And I said, are you out of your mind? I said, I paid you for these episodes. You know, if you're an actor and you go and do a movie or don't go into a commercial and you're paid, you don't have the right to tell the person that's commissioning you the whatever you did to take the content down. And I said to him, I said, do you think that I'm going to be your friend anymore? You're like kind of blackmailing me into taking the content down for your sites in exchange that you don't talk shit about me and how shitty Crush Live Poker is. And I remember, Kyle Watt, remember I called you, I said, I'm going to have this meeting, Kyle Watt, right? And then I called you immediately afterwards to report exactly what happened, right? You can confirm this, right? Yep. I remember. Well, let, let, me, yeah. let me let me stop you for right. a second here. I'll, I'll hear the rest of the story in a second. But someone in the chat room saying, "Well, you know, he, he should have taken it down unless he pays residuals." This isn't the same as as, as being on, on a TV show that gets in reruns on on Nick at Night or something. When you're paid to produce content for a website, and then yeah, you're paid. That's it. You produce the content. The content belongs to the website at that point. You, you can't expect the website to take it down. Because you, they've paid you to make it. It's not. It's something you voluntarily well, did. And yeah, you're, you're right, Drew. And, and that and, was one of the in, that was one of the inconsistencies with the story, though, was with it in in people that you know followed the story. He was tweeting out these all these things that oh, Bart's keeping my content on you know behind a paywall. You know, tell him to release my baby. And I actually spoke with an IP lawyer about this. We didn't really have a written contract, and the IP lawyer basically came back and said. If there's no contract written so that he's not expressly, like, you know, stated as an independent contractor, then technically both parties own the content. He can do whatever he wants with the content, but you certainly have a right to display the content. And we said that in a statement right away. I said, Abe, I'm not even claiming ownership. You can take the stuff that you've done and do whatever you want with it. Right. But I am not taking down the podcast from the site 
that we paid you for, okay? Now, people think, Drop, because Abe and I were such close friends, that there's more to this story. There has to be more to this story. Kawat and Bard just went on vacation with Abe and his wife the week before. There's got to be some more to this because it doesn't add up. That's the entire story. And that just kind of goes to show you how he's a kind of a calculating sociopath and Calwatt and I probably made a miscalculation to be his friend in real life because usually I think that I can suss out somebody's character pretty well. But to just turn a, you know, just to basically just turn the page on someone and just like treat them like you were really never their friend and then just basically blackmail them like and, and claim some really, really egregious shit and, t- and say some very, very bad things about me and the company personally, you can see, you know, the type of character that he is. Now, to go on to what Calwalk said, I was expecting 5 to 10% subscription loss when he left, okay? The real percentage was zero drop. <laughs> we might have lost five people, not 5%, like five people, okay? So there, zero so, no, point yeah, I mean, zero. he either, I think he has such a big ego that he overvalues himself, obviously, that he thought that he was worth 25%, you know, of the company. Uh, and I don't know if he's just has that, you know, where he believes it himself or he was just trying to basically calculate something and get something out of it and really doesn't have any friends with anyone. So he didn't really care that he would pull such kind of like a shyster type of move. Not a shyster type, I mean, just like a really poor, you know, play in terms of business and personally. He just didn't care. You know what I mean? So I have not spoken with him or made eye contact with him since I left that second time at the bar. Never. Never. I've seen him at Commerce. I look the other way. Haven't never said a word to him about, you know, he talked shit for a year and a half, and then, I don't know, three or four months ago, he suddenly kind of stopped talking shit. Like, I saw one of his shows, and he was like, oh, yeah, Bart and I are, oh, we're cool. We're all good. Huh. Interesting. I, I never spoke to him. I haven't spoken to him since that time. So, I wanted to give you that timeline. Like I said, no, that's, that's interesting. I, I didn't know the whole backstory. Yeah. I, I, knew there were, I knew you two had worked together. I knew there was some incident. I knew that you two didn't get along anymore. I did not th- know the whole story. This was interesting for me to hear because this wasn't one of the cases where I knew the whole thing you wanted the listener to hear. I'd never heard all this before. So, this, yeah. w- this was an interesting backstory. So, some of you guys are probably still wondering. Why are we talking about all this? Why the, you know, the story that Bart just told is from 2014, 2015. Why are we talking about all this? Well, Lyman, I, now I've been on his show before. Uh, I want to also preface this. I, I've been on his show before, and it, it is so hard to have any debate with him because all he does is shout over you. He shouts and shouts, and he'll just repeat the same thing over and over. I, I once tried to even I, – I once tried to – the last time I went on his show was about the Supernova Elite thing. Uh, I think that was the last time. Well, I went on when, when the Supernova Elite controversy was happening, when they were changing the terms Poker Stars, and I and I came right out and I said I agree, Poker Stars are doing the wrong thing. I agree with the players on that one, but then I was trying to explain why these winning player grinders 
are not useful to poker stars anymore. They're just not. And I tried to explain why, and he just wasn't getting it. And he was intentionally not getting it. He was shouting over me whenever I tried to make a point. And he was he was saying foolish things like, you know, I told him, look, some of these these fish, they'll deposit, you know, they'll deposit, you know, $5,000 on there. Uh, sit at a, sit at a heads up table with one of these uh, pros who's who's or sit at a table heads up with a pro who crushes them in a few hands. And not only is the fish broke and doesn't want it to redeposit because the five thousand is gone so quickly, they poker stars actually loses money on the whole thing because they actually paid more in deposit fees than they than they raked from this guy. So they need the, the they need each player to last longer with their money, and therefore. This doesn't help poker stars when a fish puts money on and loses it in a few hands. So he says, "What? Are you crazy, Todd? Are you crazy? What the fuck are you saying? You you, you think someone could lose five thousand in a few hands? That that doesn't happen. That never happens." I was like, "I was like, it does happen. It's happened to me before. I'm not even a fish. It's happened to me at the high stakes games. You can you can lose debatable. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can lose five thousand dollars in a high stakes game really fast, even a, a medium high stakes game. And I was trying to yeah. So he was even denying that was true. He was denying that if that happens, that poker stars loses money on the deposit fees. He's he was he just shouts and shouts over you. And then if if you start to make headway against him, where he can't answer you anymore, he feels like he's out of points. Then he hangs up on you, and then. Claims that he's you know he's sick of you and you can call back in fifteen minutes and then he never takes your call the rest of the time. Are, are you going to go back on his show, Drew? Uh, there's no show to go back on. That was my I'm I'm okay, lobbing I'll, you a I'll, fucking I'll, softball. I'll, I'll, we already mentioned this. <laughs> okay. So so anyway, uh, so, so I stopped even attempting to go on there because I, I don't ex- like if I go on other shows, which doesn't happen that often. But if I go on other shows, I don't expect the host to like me or dis- or, or agree with me or even be nice to me. But they they have to give me a chance to speak. They can't shout over me. He reminded me of some of the drunk calls we get here, where the person just keeps shouting and shouting and shouting over me. I'm not going to say any names, but they shout and shout over me. They won't let me get in a word edgewise. And then I have to hang up on that person. But Lyman, he, he was impossible to reason with. And, I, I, and then the chat room for his show was the absolute nut low. The, the chat room was horrible. Like You think of the way an AOL chat looked like in like 1998, one that was primarily populated by like teenagers. That's the way his chat room looked. Like, you look at the Poker Fraudler chat room. It's not perfect. We we have a few idiots in there sometimes, but for the most part, the chat room uh, gives pretty insightful comments. They give us good information. It's it's uh, it's a good chat room. This thing is a super fast scrolling chat room. People just typing the dumbest inane crap. And well, that's Twitch, man. I mean, that's yeah. Just I, but, like it was the the worst chat room. Like the people in the chat room are the nut low. The the audience he seems to have. Seems, for the most part, pretty clueless. It seems like he appeals a lot to you know, a lot of these younger, not very sophisticated, uh, often not very smart uh, fans of poker. Never, Ooh. never go after the fan base. Always go <laughs> after the guy. You're, you're <laughs> well, making a rookie mistake. Yeah, I, I don't think I want that fan base. So, so he he keeps shouting. Like they they don't they like all that shouting and craziness. So anyway, that was, but I didn't hate Lyman. I, I didn't have, he didn't do anything to me. He, he was, you know, was kind of disrespectful to me on the show, but I, I didn't hate him. He didn't harm me in any way. Uh, and, and so, you know, he'd make, he'd criticize me. He'd criticize the show sometimes. And then I would do the same back to him. I would, I would, you know, we, we would, uh, taunt each other even on Twitter sometimes. And on Twitter, he became obsessed, obsessed with Donald Trump. And obsessed with hating him, not with with liking him. And he he spent hours and hours every day tweeting about Trump, bashing him over and over and over again. And in fact, he made 
some bets uh, uh, on Hillary that he was sure were a lock. Ended up losing those. Con- supposedly convinced some well-to-do people at the bike to bet on Hillary that it was a lock, and those people lost a lot of money. So, uh, and then after the election was over, he, he just kept tweeting and tweeting and tweeting about Trump. I, I once even made the mistake of trying to debate with him on Twitter about things involving Hillary. He was just, he was, it was like trying to debate him on his show. He just would not accept anything you, you well, bring Jeff, up. How, how come you don't debate him on Twitter anymore? <laughs> why did he, so he got deleted from Twitter. Why, why did he get banned from Twitter? Well, I mean, I, it, it's assumed that he was so, and that's the other thing too. Like, I mean, listen, like I, I, I drink my fair amount. And when I went over there, we, you know, we would drink a fair amount, but I, I feel like he might've gone off. I don't know this, but I feel like he might've gone off the deep end maybe over the last six months to 12 years. I mean, see, six to 12, 12 years. Years. Maybe you're right. About 12 years, actually. <laughs> and, and he, he, he's just like, he did really some, some, you know, he would get into these arguments with, with, people outside of poker about Trump. And I guess it was like kind of borderline harassment could be interpreted as a way that he was threatening people or degrading them against Twitter's terms and policies of like really bad, like name calling. And I think that just either one or two or however many takes handful of people reported him to Twitter. And I think that, you know, but how do you get banned from Twitter? You usually don't. They, they reported him to Twitter, and I feel like some of these social media companies are now more sensitive to this. No, but, tw- but Twitter isn't. Twitter, tw- the funny thing with Twitter is unless you're like a celebrity, you're not going to either – a celebrity can either get someone banned or in some cases get banned. If there's like a high-profile person uh, and there's some controversy, they get banned. A regular person from Twitter very rarely gets banned. That's what Cal Watt's saying. That's what's so funny about this. Yeah, you could be well, posting yeah, like midget, midget underage octopus porn and not get banned from Twitter. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's it's insane. Like, I can't even imagine. It probably is that there were a, a lot of reports against him from different people at the same time, and they probably killed his account. But uh, he I, was, I don't know what happened. I'm just talking about in general. Twitter is not the easiest place to. Yes, get I know. I agree. Especially if you're not either like harassing a celebrity or a celebrity yourself that's harassing others, that you just don't get banned from there. So, but but anyway, he was. He was so hung up on this whole Trump thing. It, it really was like like consuming him. And not just because of the money he bet it right, lost. So Jay Stead is saying Lyman told Dan Ross of Hold'em Poker to die on Twitter. I mean, a lot of people say things like that. How do you get banned just for that? I, mean, that's, I don't know. That's I mean, so that's, that's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Is I, yeah, I see all sorts of shit. Yeah, on Twitter, like you know, die in a grease fire and all this. I've stuff. actually in a few cases reported. I don't like reporting people much online, but a few cases of some real stalker types. I've actually reported much worse than that to Twitter, and I get, thank you for your report. We've reviewed it, and we've determined this user did not violate our terms of service. I went, well, what the hell? Of course they did. Like I, that's what I'm saying. And again, I don't know what happened. I'm just saying, in general, getting banned from Twitter, it's not easy. You got to work at that. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah. So, so he was. So you can't debate him on Twitter anymore. Yeah, I, I can't even debate him on Twitter. But he was he was really, really stuck on the whole Trump thing. He lost money. He got other people to lose money over it. He, he, this was all he thought about, it seemed like, all day and all night. And the funny thing, this was kind of a case where someone hates what they see in themselves that they don't like, subconsciously. Because a lot of the things that people have criticized about Trump apply to Lyman. That uh, you know that that 
yeah, he doesn't he doesn't give you direct answers to questions. He just uh, uh, he, he's just loud and brash and doesn't care who he offends. He just he says the foolish things a lot of the time. I gotta be I gotta be fair to Lyman though. A, d- a big difference between the two. Lyman doesn't have a fake tan. Okay, <laughs> and Lyman has a full head of hair. Okay. <laughs> They, they also have. They also have. They both have crazy hair, though. Whether it's uh, a toupee or not, <laughs> yeah. so, you know, they, they both have the crazy hair. They're both. Uh, uh, they're both loud and they're, they're obnoxious and highly opinionated. To where, and, and they just, uh, uh, you know, constantly attack anyone who disagrees with them. It's, it's it's very similar. Like the criticisms of Trump. I I, I and I tweeted that to him. That uh, I I think that he hates Trump with such a passion because he sees things in Trump that. He subconsciously doesn't like about himself, but yeah, that's just me playing amateur psychologist. We should get the. We have a, a listener who goes by the shrink. I should have him analyze this. I think he really is a psychologist. But but anyway, uh, going to the present situation, I I was I was always kind of amazed by watching Poker Sesh, which I didn't watch very often. Usually, I watched it if it had to do with you know, like I was going to come on there. But I was surprised at the tone it had. Because to me, it struck me as like what you'd expect to be the tone of an individually owned webcast, where, where the broadcaster doesn't have to give a crap of who he pisses off. That if he wants free, free spirited, yeah, free spirited, free speech. Just I, I'm going to say what I want. I don't care how I get angry. It didn't seem like the webcast of one that should be representing a large company like like the bike or large casino like the bike. It just didn't seem like it was a, a match here. I was thinking, how can he say these things and how can he uh, act like this? And be representing them, and and you know I, I'll say you know we say offensive things on this show sometimes. We don't have the same style as Lyman, but we will say offensive things or insult people sometimes or make jokes. Well, about you got to be you got to be real careful not to offend any of the multitude multitude of sponsors. Right? Yeah, yeah, they get me the four K <laughs> a month. But that's exactly it. Like uh, if I was if this was a live at the bike production or a production of some other company that is trying to appeal to the mainstream that is that isn't trying to get a niche audience that wants to see this but like the mainstream many of whom may be offended by it i would have to act more mainstream and and watch what i say in fact that broadcast i talked about where i was on espn 360 in 2009 i wasn't being paid for it but i when i was on there there were a lot of times something would come to mind that i'd want to say but i go no this will be kind of too offensive i i I can't say something like this on espn i've got to be I've got to remember that I that I'm kind of a guest in, in their house and, and representing them, so I, I can't I can't say such and such. I, I wouldn't say it. So, like, I would even keep that in mind. And if I associated this show with a large casino, I would have to worry about that. I would constantly be on my mind. Oh, I can't say this. I might piss off this person. I can't say this. I might piss off this group of people. That's one thing that's nice about not having making any money from this show is that. I don't have to worry about offending any sponsors or people, and and uh, and furthermore, I'm not representing anyone but myself and and uh, and of course and the co-host. Well, and, and honestly, Drew, that's one of the reasons I enjoy the show. There, there's not a lot of dick sucking that is going on. You know? Yeah, there, there, and there but is, let me. You you have something in common with Lyman, though. Did you know that? Uh, I'm a Jew. I'm in my 40s. Well, <laughs> I didn't even think of those. You do have those two things in common, um, but you both are also banned. From two plus two. Oh, that's right. He's banned from two plus two, also. Yeah. So, the strangely, Mason in the current controversy said that if he gets a timeout, he could actually be useful to the poker community, which was like 
surprisingly nice. Why did he get banned from two plus two? I never got that story either. I, I have no idea. Jeez. Uh, so he, yeah, he gets banned. He, he was a pretty prolific poster on two plus two. And again, there was there was mixed feelings about him. Some people liked his posts a lot. Some people didn't like them. But oh, polarizing. Yeah, very polarizing. But what I'll say about his show, what was so weird about his show is I just felt it was a weird fit with Life of the Bike. He did not. It definitely was not a professional atmosphere in the show. And when I say professional, I don't mean like with technical failures. That that's that's a different story. I can't criticize that. We have plenty of that on this show, including tonight. But <laughs> but but from the type of uh, dialogue he would have with the shouting, with the, with the cursing, with the, with the insults, it just didn't seem like he's representing a company. It seemed like he's representing himself. And I used to think to myself watching this. How long are they going to put up with this? And I didn't know at the time that he owned part of Live at the Bike, so that, I guess, made them put up with him longer. But I, I kept thinking, when are they going to fire him? When is there going to be finally an incident that occurs that that, that gets him fired? And so, Well, Druff, I mean, the, the thing you have to understand about that is, um, you know, whether he's controversial or not, they could say that his show is kind of at arm's length. Uh, because he, he was doing it from his house. It was called Poker Sesh. Yes, it was on the, the Live at the Bike channel. Um, but the bottom line is, if he brought in people that were watching it, I think they probably didn't care a whole lot. Well, yeah. Well, the, so there's a, it's right. So there's the positive and the negative. There's, is, he, is he bringing in people? Is he making people want to come to the bike or, or, or watch Live at the Bike because of him? Or you know, is he bringing in more people or driving away more people? So... Uh, but I, I still thought that eventually something's going to happen that's going to be too embarrassing and too difficult for them to want to deal with and that he'll be yeah. gone. And, and that's, that finally has occurred. So that's why we're talking about it tonight. So Doug Polk, who's uh, really been – he seems to constantly be in the news having to do with poker in the last few months. And part of this is because he's putting himself much more out there because he's running this upswing poker training site. And I think he even has Seriously Serious working for him full time. But uh, yeah, he's trying to run this, his own training site there, and he's he's doing videos, and he's really well. To- probably not full time. I think I think seriously, serious uh, runs a contracting business, and and Polk is one of his clients. Okay, maybe. But but anyway, uh, Polk has has really put himself out there a whole lot now because he's really trying to get even Ruff, more. Uh, just so you know, the Hanson kid had to go. He had a booty call. Okay, that's a good reason. Yeah, is that really what happened? Yeah. <laughs> It's not even kidding. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. I just like, you know, it's like, well, so who's, who's doing it right? Well, you got the booty call, and you and I are just fucking talking to each that's other. That's true. That's true. But, but, uh, so what happened? Like, the girl just messaged him. He's like, up, oh, gotta go. <laughs> Something I, like that. I mean, it must I'm have been, gonna, it, I'm not going to get into it, but that is. It, it must have been the girl a, messaging him because this is kind of a weird time for him, him to message her. I would think if he would message her, it would be after the Lyman stuff was over. And and uh, but but here it seems like he probably got the message from her and it's like okay well I could sit here and talk trash about Lyman or I could have sex okay I'll go with the sex so okay that's fine he, 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 you know, <laughs> just he, let, just just letting you know okay well, he, he got his story out that's good that's good I'm, I'm glad I hope he has a good time tonight <laughs> me too <laughs> so 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 okay uh, at least I got the reason he could have said he had to go and I wouldn't have questioned it I would have just figured uh, it's late and he has to go. Well, this is kind of more entertaining. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, and, you know, if you're going to get ditched for something, yeah, no, that's you know, fine. As a, as a bro code kind of thing, you're like, yeah, okay, that's no, cool. it's that's. You know I mean, I mean? If it was reversed, I'd hang up on his show too. 
Well, you know, like he could be like, "Ah, oh, I gotta go. Someone's breaking into my apartment," and he'd be like, "No, nah, that's not a good reason, right?" Yeah, I gotta go because I got a booty call. Oh, okay, I got you. I understand, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's fine. I, I understand. Yeah. So anyway, Doug Polk uh, somehow he and Lyman got got to talking, and uh, and and there was some discussion of a 10k heads up freeze out between them. And where where this started to become a problem was uh, so so first I guess what Doug Polk was appearing on live at the bike a few times and was late is that what happened to start this whole thing off something I, I'm not, something like that that's not important to the story but the the big part of the story where where it all blew up was where Lyman people were suspecting that Lyman was getting a little cold feet about the match because Doug Polk's known to be such a good player so Lyman then added an additional demand to have this heads-up match occur. And that is before the heads-up match that Doug Polk has to appear on the Poker Sesh show. And that, that's all that was told to Polk, is, is you got to come on Poker Sesh. So Polk didn't really want to do it, but it's like, okay, fine, whatever, who cares? Maybe it'll be some extra exposure. It's not that bad. You know, fine. Polk was never told, according to him, and I believe him, he was never told, be here exactly when the show starts at 7. He wasn't told that. He was just told, you know, call in. And in fact, Polk knew somebody else who had been on the show recently that called in like an hour into it, and, and Lyman was fine with it. So it was just it was just the agreement, according to Polk, that he just has to be on Poker Sesh that week, and then, and then they'll have their heads-up match. The problem was that Polk did not call in. By the way, Ari just <laughs> signed up. He must be listening now. Congratulations, Ari. I assume you're listening now. Ari, congratulations we, on winning the award, sir. He just mentioned something in chat. He said, thanks. What's yeah, up? Yeah, we, we saw you. We actually saw you accepting it. Not, not a very clear shot of you. The, the camera was very, very far away. It was like a mile away from you, but we saw you. Congrats there. But anyway, uh, getting back to Lyman uh, and Polk. Polk, he just has to call in, you know, shoot the shit with Lyman. Then they'll play their 10K heads up match, and that's that. Well, Polk called in, I guess, at 7.20 instead of 7 o'clock. Now, now keep in mind, uh, Polk insists that he was never told he has to be there at 7 sharp. Just just call in, the show starts at 7, call in. He wasn't told call in right when the show starts. In fact, I would think you'd want to wait until the host gets all the intro stuff out of the way. For me, that would be about an hour and a half. I don't know how long Lyman takes, but Lyman flipped out. He absolutely flipped out in a tirade that lasted an hour and 20 minutes. And you can watch it yourself if you go to YouTube and just type in Lyman tirade. And even worse, um, he had a hard time getting back through. You know, he had a hard time getting through. He wasn't, his calls weren't being answered. And Lyman really turned off a lot of people with this taking an hour 20 minutes in this tirade. And it's really weird. You know, this is a video. It's a webcast. So it's not like this show where it's all audio. You see Lyman. He's wearing a golf hat. And he's got like a, a fake background behind him of some some golf course. I don't under, quite understand that. He is a golfer, Lyman. But I don't understand why, why the whole golf get up here. But this, I'm going to play you parts of this. I'm obviously not going to play the hour 20. But th- this is him ranting about it. And he, he the reason... Lyman is ranting as he feels he was, quote, big-timed by Doug Polk, that Doug Polk thought he was too important to call in at a 7-sharp, and that Lyman, who sees himself as the fish against Doug Polk, which is kind of ridiculous, being that, that uh, 
Lyman is a professional poker player himself. No, he. I think Lyman is right in that regard. He is. He is the fish against well, well, Paul. Against Paul, he's, heads probably, up. he's probably an underdog. But I'm saying that he's not. He's not like a mega fish that uh, has got to be lured to the game. But he's he's saying he was big time by Doug Polk. Look, I, I, well, okay. I, I don't want to get too much into it. But how much heads up do you think Lyman actually plays? You know, I mean, mostly he is, and I'm not degrading his ability to play poker. He's he's a very good poker player, but. He, mostly he plays ring games, you know, he hosts the game, so he does that to get the game started. And if the game is full, you know, then you can wander up the bar and have a drink and, you know, call it a day. I don't think he's playing a whole lot of heads up. So if I were him, I would consider myself a fish against Paul Well, he is, yeah, he, he, was the, he was the, I would believe he's the underdog, yes. Anyway, his point is that he he's the fish here and that Polk, by showing up late... To this podcast, not to the match, but to but to the to this uh, right. the webcast was big timing him and and right. uh, and and was seeing himself as more important than Lyman. He was also mad that seriously serious, I guess, was in the chat the whole time from the beginning. So he's thinking, yeah, how seriously serious in from from the very start, and Paul doesn't show up until twenty minutes later. So right. this sent him on a long rant about it, and you you would think even if he's insulted by this, upon hearing that. That, that Polk misunderstood and thought he could call in any time, that would be the end of it, but that's not what happened. So l- listen to the part of this. Listen to this. That's why I can host a game. That's why I can get lots and lots of people to play poker with. It's because I respect their time. I respect their energy. I respect their passion for the game. I don't fucking try to big-time people who are going to put their money on the line in a known losing situation. Me I playing against Doug great. Polk is a fucking losing situation. But it's worth yeah, it for I, the channel. I, it's worth it for the fucking channel. To have him on this poker sesh and have 700... Yeah, Eldar says I'm not smart enough to stage. Maybe true. To have him on this channel for two hours, to have him on poker sesh answering questions, then to have him play me, then to have me come and play him heads up, we'll get thousands and thousands, hundreds of thousands of views. If we play heads up and I get felted, it'll get... 200,000 views on, on the YouTube channels, on between Live of the Bike YouTube and his YouTube. If, if he shows up and I felt him, it'll get 300,000 views between Live of the Bike and fucking YouTube. It was a good business decision. But the business decision is based on mutual fucking respect. Well, it's fuck not him, based man. on fucking trying to big time well, other people. No, fuck him. Fuck him right in the fucking ass. That's right. Who's this caller? <laughs> I don't know who that is. I thought that was funny. I, I want to. I want to get her on this show. I come right in the ass. Hey, right the speaking of getting ass. people on the show, do you have seriously Sirius's number? Somewhere, but I don't have it right now. Oh, okay, but, but here now here's the. So I'm going to skip forward. I'm going to skip forward to about 26 more minutes in this whole thing. He just repeats over and over and has a few people calling in uh, about this, basically backing him. But mainly the same ran over and over. Here, here's more. 26 minutes later. I probably yeah. would have lost $10,000. I don't fucking care. I had already agreed to it. I had already written the money off. I thought it was good for the channel. Yeah. But it's not good for the channel to have me... This is 26 minutes later. Does this sound like it's like... This sounds like it's 20 seconds later. It's the same... It's good for the channel! It's good for the channel! I, I was a dog here. I, I was a fish. Me look like I'm fucking sitting around waiting to lose money. Because that's not what professional fucking gamblers do. Professional gamblers make good deals, and then you go through with your fucking deal. Plus, instead of uh, listening to the best No Limit Hold'em 
human, they have to listen to you all the that's whole right. show. So that's, that's right. That's right. It's like mm-hmm. when I deal with like say Armenian Gary. Whatever he fucking says is just right. If he says to show up at a certain time, I show up at a certain time. If he says, Abe, we need to start the PLO game at 8 a.m. today, I'll fucking start it because it's like, okay, I know that you're good for the game. I know that you're a fun guy. I know that you tell lots of fucking funny stories, and I know that you're going to fucking just blast off if you get in the right mood. I'm not going to big time him and be like, uh, I'll be there at 9. Sit around and wait for me. Have a donut, bro. <laughs> This is this is half an hour of this so far, and it goes on for another fifty minutes. Not fifteen, another fifty minutes after this. And the the comparisons he's making are not even accurate. He's talking about if if a fish wants to play in the game, wants to play a game with you, and says, "I want to be there at eight a.m. and play." You show up and play at eight with a fish. You don't tell the fish, "I'll get here an hour later." Then you just sit and wait for me. I agree with that. I agree. If you do that, the fish is not going to want to play with you again. In fact, probably will leave before you get there. But this is not the poker game. This, this is appearing on his show where there is a confusion. First of all, he's doing the show whether Polk's coming on or not. He, he does the poker session whether Doug Polk, uh, even if Doug Polk died that day, he'd do the show. It's not, it wasn't a, sh- it wasn't a Doug Polk show. It was a the poker sesh with guest Doug Polk. And if there was some miscommunication about the time, which it appears there is, that should be it. But he's making such a big deal about this, and he rants for an hour and 20 minutes about this. If, when we have golf matches, Zach, have I ever been fucking late to anything? I'm fucking there, dude. I'm ready to play. I'm at the fucking driving range before most people are out of bed. you got to treat. <laughs> yeah. But you see, but this is the sure. reason why. Okay, now I'm going to skip forward just a random point. Let's go, uh, let's go another 10 minutes ahead. Another 10 minutes. I bet it'll sound the exact same. He fucking pays instantly if he loses. He fucking knows how to take care of shit when he wins. That's the way you fucking do it. Uh, He's smoking a cigar here. That's what the hey, ah is about. Yeah, whatever. Now that we're in big time mode, maybe uh, whatever. Who knows? Maybe we are playing heads up. Tell Doug that we're playing. That we we probably will play heads up. I'm gonna show up an hour late, maybe. Depends. Depends on how I feel. But he's drinking while doing this. You're hearing like ice clinking in the glass. So he's drinking while he's doing this. He's definitely drunk. Smoking a cigar too. And some people theorized that this tirade was somewhat artificial because he was the fish in the game and, and against Polk and that this was a, an excuse that he's able to act ultra insulted by this. And then use that as an excuse not to play him. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what some people are theorizing. But either way, can you imagine an hour 20 going off on the same thing over and over and over again? This this isn't taking a complex topic and, and discussing it for an hour 20. This is very simple. Hey, Drew, you know how it is. got to fill the dead air with something. <laughs> so, he doesn't have Polk on. He's got to talk about something. <laughs> so, so, I'm going to skip ahead again to another eight minutes. But the actual poker game is everything that goes on around it. It's knowing people. Right. It's it's enjoying people's right. company. It's treating people with respect. It's showing up on right. time. It's being reliable Definitely. to gamble with. That's why casinos are open yes. 24 hours. Yes. It's, it's so... Who are these askers? Yes. 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 That's Zach, that's Zach Freeman. He's a um, actually a really good player. 
and uh, he's a coach at Run It Once, I think. Really? It was, it was actually a, a, <laughs> that wasn't just some ass kisser on the, really? Yeah, that's Zach oh, Freeman. Surprise. That's who, it, that's who it is. To me, it just sounded like another one of these clueless fanboys. I guess I guess in the short sample, anyone can sound like that. Oh, oh. Zach knows what he's doing. It's so true, and and, and just you know the, the joke. Oh wait a minute, that's not Zach. Generation. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> no, 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 that's not Zach. I'm sorry, guys. Zach was on that show talking to Lyman about similar things, but I don't think that's Zach. Okay, I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. Game, but uh, you know, for them to not saying all, but right. but a lot of the, the young people who play play very well, and right. they kind of you know. Cut their own chain, so to speak. They. I'm, I'm tired of this guy. Let's move on here. Okay, so here's here's another uh, eight minutes. In. A little podcast for me and my friends. This is a little podcast for me and my friends. But don't treat us like shit. Nine oh nine. You're on poker sesh. Overtime. Dude, you're fucking. You're tilting me, dude. I've been calling your ass the whole fucking show, and you'll be ignoring my calls like I'm fucking no. Doug Poker. No, Zoe! I'm a fucking frohawk. I'm not a lesbian. I'm not that motherfucker. <laughs> I wasn't ignoring your calls. I got so many fucking... By the way, the lesbian reference, people were making fun of Doug Polk that he has a lesbian hairdo. Which I guess he kind of does. I'll give them that. They, they call it a fohawk, kind of like a mohawk. There are lesbians with that hairdo, so I'll give them that. Anyway, this went, this went on and on. Uh, skip to the hour seven mark out of an hour 20. I'll play heads up for 10K and treat you like royalty. Hey, that sounds like more fun, but I'm not interested. I don't, I'm fucking, what do I know about heads up fucking poker? I don't know anything about heads up poker. I don't want to play. But I agreed to play if I'm treated with a little fucking respect. But if you treat me like shit, then you can go fuck off. I don't need this. Next week's show will be from fucking Hawaii. That's where I will be. I will be in fucking Hawaii. <laughs> you will see Hawaii behind me, but it will not be my wall. It will be the real fucking Hawaii. I don't give a fuck about a stupid fucking heads up match. This was a business deal. A business deal. And you don't fuck with people on fucking business deals. You don't try to make my show look that's, like that's a That's ironic, bro. Yeah, that is ironic. No, I mean, it really is. <laughs> that is ironic. <laughs> I'm behind, I mean... <laughs> oh, boy. So, I, here, I just got uh, some texts about this. Let me let me uh, read some texts from people. So, uh, this is... Talk about an overreaction. I mean, it, can you imagine ranting an hour 20 about this situation, about someone calling in 20 minutes late? Who who you pressured to be on the show in the first place? It wasn't even like it wasn't even like Polk desperately wanted to be on, and, and Lyman accommodated him. And he showed up late. He want he he demanded that Polk come on as a condition for playing the match. There was some miscommunication, and then he goes on for for eighty minutes hey, about Trump, it. Next next time you do radio, and you're late, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I, that's what I was afraid of. I'm gonna, like, I want to be like you're big time in me. Th- this is this is <laughs> setting a bad precedent for me. That all the times I'm late, all the audience is gonna go. I'm just sitting around. I'm just sitting around. In your chat room. You don't tell us you're going to be late. You show up 8.05. You say the show 7.45. What the fuck? We're your audience. Show us some respect. So from the 5.05, says the funniest part of the Lyman ranch was the guy who coordinated everything, Ryan Feldman, kept calling Lyman all stressed out, begging him to answer Polk's call. 
So yeah, we're skipping around here, but yeah, I heard about that, that he wasn't answering Polk's call. And in fact, Polk made a video of himself attempting to call in and showing that it just was not answering. So I don't know if Lyman intentionally wasn't answering or if he was so wrapped up in ranting like this that he didn't even notice that Polk was trying to call back in. Well, there were some other calls that were taken. I, mean, I don't know what yeah, happened. But. that's true. That yeah. is true. So so that's... So anyway, what, what was the result of this? Let's, let's get to the very end. I'm going to get to the last like, minute here. Then, well, then we'll, we'll comment on this. doesn't mean checking and raising and range merging and fucking three-bet frequency. Being a professional means having a certain respect for the fucking game, dude. It means having a respect... Yeah. For the fucking gamble and having respect for the gamblers. That's what it's about. Yeah. And Drop, drop. If I could say something I, I, real quick. I, I, yeah. I, I actually agree with everything that he's saying. Like, in general, I think that everything that he is saying is correct in terms of um, that is how you need to treat the, the recreational players that come there. And you do need to treat the the fish with, with respect and, and all that kind of good stuff. Um and that's the thing about it is that, you know, in a vacuum, I agree with everything that he's saying. But in this particular circumstance, I don't think that it makes sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, 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 again, I, like I, I actually agree with that too. I don't think the statements he's making about being a professional poker player and how you treat fish, I don't think any of that's wrong. Just like you don't. I, I just, I can't see how that applies here. This is not. This is not even about the match. It's not like. It's not even like Polk said we're going to do the match at seven o'clock. Lyman shows up and Polk shows up at seven twenty, and says, "Ah, what's what's the big deal? I showed up twenty minutes late." Still, it's not a big deal. It's twenty minutes, but but that's not even what he's complaining about. He's complaining that he pressured Polk to come onto this show. wasn't clear probably about that he has to call in right when it begins, and then when Polk tried to call in at seven twenty, that there's some kind of uh, major uh, insult to him. Even this isn't the match itself. This is his his poker set show that he's doing anyway. So I don't get it. I, I just don't get the complaint. But by the way, this is a question maybe you can answer, Calwood, from the 512. <laughs> Did the Hanson kid fuck any hookers in the Dominican Republic? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> so when you went to the Dominican Republic, was your wife with you? No, my wife was not with me. Oh, okay. And and what a, did Hanson, did he have a woman with him or is it just... Uh... No, it so was it, uh, me, me and Bart and then also... Um, Abe and his wife I see. went down there. Yeah, and no, I mean the um, so the, the way that whole trip kind of came about is you know again you know there was kind of a mutual friendship thing going on, and I don't want to get too deep into some of this stuff, but I knew um, a lot of the guys that were at the Fuente Company, right? And they put on this uh, kind of like a charity event thing for all of their people. Uh, once a year down in the Dominican Republic, and it's actually really cool uh, because you get to tour the uh, cigar factories, you get to uh, see the schools that they've built with uh, the donations and all that kind of fun stuff, and it's a really fun, good trip down in the Dominican. And I said, hey, you know, I know Abe, I know you like cigars, and, and I Bart, I know you're, you know, kind of starting to get into that. What if we went here? And they're all like, cool, that sounds like a good idea. So that's how the whole kind of trip got started to begin with. But yeah, it was just, uh, you know, me, Bart, and uh, Abe and his wife. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, so I, I, I want to give my commentary. I've already explained what, how I feel about the 
situation with Polk. And uh, but then I, I let me tell you the after effect of this. Uh, this episode of Poker Sesh disappeared from the Live at the Bike archives. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why it was hard to come by. I guess someone must have recorded it here who put this up on YouTube, what I was playing. And that's why what I'm playing here is an hour and 20-minute clip of it that kind of starts and ends abruptly. Well, you know where that probably came from? When you stream on Twitch, the videos are automatically archived, and someone was probably smart enough to go in there and just suck it down. Yeah, that's, that's probably what occurred. So so someone, uh, I think even... F- who, who, someone messaged them at Live at the Bike and said, how do we get access to this? What happened? And they said that there was a rare technical error that has uh, prevented uh, it from archiving. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> very rare. I say that, really? A very rare technical error, yeah. That's complete garbage. So that, that's, that's what happened. And they... they so this wasn't available, and they had to count on people who, who would grab this in some way. And the, this is the longest clip that I was able to find. In fact, it's too long. But uh, And there, there's a whole lot more behind all of this stuff. <laughs> like, you'd be amazed. Like, live at the bike, they could do a behind-the-scenes so Oh, long. yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So that was going to say here. I, I don't think... So, so what happened after this was that Lyman then did a... Uh, a broadcast a few days ago where he was on Twitch announcing his retirement, that he's, he's retiring from everything, from Live at the Bike, from Poker Sesh. He's not going to be doing his own show on his own. It's just he's going to be done. In fact, he's even saying in a Reddit post that he's done with poker. He's just kind of done with everything. He's just retiring from everything. Now, he did own a piece of Live at the Bike, and in the Reddit posts, he was talking yeah he was speaking positively of live at the bike these are great people it's it's a great thing it's a you know it's nothing bad so it, it's it you know that he even mentioned some kind of deal was made so i i'm pretty sure even though i have no evidence of this that they bought him out that they came to him and said look we can't have you on after this this is probably the straw that broke the camel's back as, as you were saying in the background as you were saying there's a lot of behind the scenes crap that went on there that uh, a lot of people for years aware. yeah so this was probably the final straw with him, and I, I think a lot of. Uh, by the way, a lot of people were watching, who were fans of Doug Polk. Doug Polk has a lot of fans, a lot of followers, especially with his new uh, training site. So he had a bigger audience than ever because they were watching for Doug. So right. you can imagine that these people who are coming here to watch for Doug to hear him ranting all this time, and then to find out afterwards that Doug was trying frantically to call in, and his call wasn't being accepted. And and, uh, and he just trashes Doug for an hour twenty about big timing him. Mm. That they, they they probably decided this is it. We we just can't we can't have this anymore. At this point, they must have decided that whatever positive he's bringing to the table there, there are people that like him. There are people that watch Live at the Bike because of him. There's people who who really enjoy the Poker Sesh show that were disappointed it's gone. The people on Two Plus Two, some were saying that they're going to unsubscribe from Live at the Bike because of this, but there were plenty of others saying we're glad this happened. Good riddance. Uh, we are, yeah, he, he was annoying. I couldn't stand to watch it. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of people were also happy that he was gone. So it, it was very polarizing. And this really was the final straw. This really was the, the because they must've gotten a lot of complaints from people who liked Doug Polk, who were there watching to see Doug Polk come on to just watch Lyman trash him. 
and I think that upset a lot of people. And and again, it came off as very unprofessional. And to do this for the length of time he did, it's not like he just ranted for five minutes and moved on. To to rant for an hour twenty about it. Again, that still seems bizarre because I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I I have not followed or listened to his uh, poker sesh on Live at the Bike in a long time. Um, but it's not like anything that happened there was out of character for what was on those shows. It's just, it's surprising to me that this would be some kind of a trigger. You know yeah, what I mean? Which it is what, it's what makes me think there's a little bit more to the story. Yeah, well, and so, so, uh, so the... Others in charge of Live at the Bike went to Lyman and essentially told him, You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> so, uh, Donald Trump. I, th- I think they, they needed Donald Trump to be there to fire him. That, that would have made it all perfect if, if Donald Trump, who he obsessed over for all his uh, years, could be the one to fire him. But they, they did. They, they fired him through a buyout. They, they must have come to him. And I don't have information on this is just i pieced it together you know it seems likely this is what occurred they came to him and said you just embarrassed us uh we 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 have to separate we 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 can't continue this way anymore we want to buy you out uh otherwise we're going to have to just forcefully separate and go through you know a process you're not going to like you know they they probably came to him and said that either way he's not going to be on again so they can you know they can do this in 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 a nice cordial way and, and end it on friendly terms or, or they'll have to force him off, and then you know he won't get as, as as lucrative of a package to leave. Yeah. So I mean, all I'm going to say about this is that, um, and you know, Bart told at least part of the story about what happened when Lyman uh, didn't get what he felt was a good deal uh, out of uh, Crush Light Poker. So I think we can take a look at what happened after that. And then look at the very nice things that he's saying about Live at the Bike. Um, and we can at least figure out that whatever it is, uh, Abe thinks it's a good, a good deal. You know what I mean? Because otherwise, I'm sure it would be a scorched earth policy type of thing. Well, but I, th- I thought that maybe that they knew he would do something like this. And they, they told him that one of the terms to get whatever they're offering him is that he has to promise in oh, writing. Is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He has to promise in oh, writing not to say anything. Right, but and but what I'm saying is that if he was not happy with the deal that he was then getting out of that in return for not saying anything, then he wouldn't do it. Yeah, and he yeah. would just say "fuck you," and he would just say whatever he wanted to say. This is yeah. his statement uh, three days ago. We made a very generous and mutually acceptable retirement deal. This is what he said on Reddit. I'm very happy for Live at the Bike and wish them nothing but the best. I hope they grow and grow off to the golf course for me. So that's uh, you know, surprisingly positive here from Lyman. So obviously he was, yeah, as you say, probably happy with what they gave him. And that's what I'm. And that's all I'm saying yeah. is I've seen what happens when he doesn't like the outcome of something. So I can presume that he is happy with the outcome of this based on what he's saying. You know. Yeah, and then then so here's someone who bashed him on Reddit and said, "Thank God your annoying cackle and constant yelling is is like getting mouthfucked by a Nazi." So, oh, so he, he he wrote back. Hmm. Strangely specific re- reference to a sensation I'm not familiar with. I'll take your word. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Please subscribe to Live at the Bike. 
Now, why do you think he's promoting Live with the Bike so much, Druff? Uh, in that in that Reddit article that you're the Reddit sorry the Reddit thread that you read. Yeah, he says it several a, times. A bunch of times he's saying, "Please, I want Live at the Bike to succeed. Yeah, yeah, he, I want right, right. great people. I want them to do well. Please subscribe." And usually, usually in response to people who are who are bashing him too. So, like, yeah. here, good riddance. Live at the Bike is starting to become actually legitimate and cool. No room for an asshat like that guy. And he responds, "Please sub and help grow Live at the Bike." Right. So, if he was bought out, do you think he would be saying that? Um. Well, if this is if he was of, bought out, why would he care how well they do or don't do? Well, this this may he may have to. This you may under, be part you of understand agreement. what I'm saying? Well, yeah, they, maybe he wasn't really bought out. They maybe just going to the background. But I, I don't know though. Like like I, I know what you're trying to say that maybe he's just going in the background. He wasn't actually built, bought out. But uh, and it's possible that, that, it, that he was told you can keep your part, but you've got to tell everyone you were bought out. So so people stop complaining about you. But and then you can stay in the background of it and make money. But uh, I think it's also possible that they told him that, that he, he he even maybe just doing this as, almost like an act of defiance. Like they say, if, you know, if you make any public statements about this, not only can you criticize us, but uh, you know, we want we don't want you to even imply that people should unsubscribe. So maybe he's going over the top by saying, "Please subscribe." Almost like, you know, if he does it so much, people will know it's not sincere. So, he, also, this is an interesting response he gave to someone. Someone said, this is someone who's positive to him. He says, sorry to hear you're leaving. This is to Lyman. I won't be resubscribing since I only watched Poker Sesh. Hope you can do the Twitch thing again on your own if you feel like in the future. Cheers. So he says back, the Poker Sesh audience is the gold standard. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I hope that's sarcastic. It probably isn't, sadly. Uh, maybe they'll, maybe there will be a, a topic ch- that that will bring us all together again someday. Incontinence. Meanwhile, I'm enjoying retirement. Got to get my to my water yoga class. <laughs> so he's this Reddit. He's going overboard to repeatedly say, "I'm retired," and please subscribe. But who knows? This could even be like his passive-aggressive way of uh, mocking the agreement he made, where you can't tell people not to subscribe. Um, I, I remember one time there was this guy. This is in a chat room many years ago, like two decades ago. But there was this guy who had who had given out a bunch of my personal info, including my work info and stuff, and I, I was really pissed, as you could imagine. And I had nothing on him. So finally, a long time later, I was able to get some info on this guy, and I started posting it. Well, of course, once the shoe was on the other foot, he was uh, he was trying very hard to get all the chat mods in, in the places we chatted to ban, you know, prevent me from posting it or to ban me. And this wasn't like a chat room that scrolls. This wasn't like a forum or anything. So, so I posted his phone number and said, uh, "I said, hey, everybody, uh, you know." You know, here's his number. You know, feel free to call whenever you like. You know, 3 a.m. Not too late. Everything. You know, th- anytime's good to call him. So, so he goes. See, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. See, he's trying to encourage me to be harassed. And then, so the mod of the chat says, "You know what? I-, I have to agree. You, you can't, you can't be saying things like this." And so, but then he went overboard and he made the mod piss. He's like, "That's all you're going to do? You know what? I think you're. This is a conspiracy. I think you're trying to. You know, you two are in cahoots to try to give out my info. I, you know, he's. A, you know, I bet uh, he's paying you. Like he, you know, he went off and really pissed off the mod." So I could I could see this was happening. 
So then I said, no, 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 you, you know, you're, everybody, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have done this. Okay. Nobody ever call phone number, and I say the phone number out, uh, at 3 a.m. That would be very bad to do. You might wake someone uh. up. Please don't ever call this phone number you know, in the middle of the night. Please don't ever call 100 times in a row. That would be, that would be a really nasty thing to do, and only a jerk would do something like that. Like I, I kept writing things like that, and then he's like, see? He's like, what? The, the mod's saying, what? He told them not to do it. You know, the, of course, the mod knew what I was doing, but was uh, so pissed right. at him, he let it go on. But th- this almost sounds like it, where, where people say, I, I'm unsubscribing. This is crap. Please subscribe to Live of the Bike. You know, don't 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 unsubscribe because of me. Please do it. I want to see them grow. I want to see them succeed without me. So, you know, if you just say it once, then it could sound like you're supportive. If you, if you overdo it, it can actually come off the opposite message. That might be what he's going for, or it could be what you suggested that it wasn't a real buyout and it was just a step into the background. Uh, but it, it, it's it's funny. It's very mixed on on Reddit and on Two Plus Two. There are some people who said they've canceled the subscription. There's others saying that they're very happy he's gone, and that it was uh, that the show was very unprofessional with him there. And I, I, I can see it both ways. I can see where uh, you know, where people who like the, the type of banter he does and all the yelling and all the craziness. I can see how those people would find a live at the bike without him to be boring and I could see other ones who feel that he's annoying and he's uh, distracting and that's not why they watch and that, it, that he's difficult to listen to difficult to watch and I can understand that perspective as well in fact when I've tried to watch him I, I really can't get through it I really I find it too annoying even if it's not about me or, or anything like that I'll tell you what I mean if you look at a lot of the um you know, so-called YouTube stars or Instagram stars or whatever, all of the ones that are really successful are over the top. You know, they're like huge personalities and they're they're polarizing to some extent or another because they get people talking about them, you know? And that's kind of, it kind of reminds me of, um, you ever see the movie Private Parts about Howard Stern? Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm not not equating the two, but it is kind of a, a similar situation where, uh, you know, one of the their bosses, one of the bosses was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you said that. You can't say this. You can't say this." And then they they would have they there was a report that they did, like a demographic report of the people that say that they like uh, that they love Howard. Listen for an hour. The people that say that they hate Howard. Listen. For five hours or something like that. Well, that's probably that. true. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it, I, I've right. seen it with this show. I've seen some of the yeah. people, some of the biggest trolls I've had on this show, and some of the, like I've had Twitter, tr- Twitter trolls and text trolls and people who just seem to absolutely hate me and hate everything I say, and yet not only do they listen, but they listen every week and they listen live every week. And the few times they miss it live, they're right on it the next day and make sure to catch the entire thing before you know a few hours have passed after after the show's over like the, these the most some of the most dedicated listeners are are ones who dislike me and who dislike the show but but I think well, why do they spend so many hours listening it's not like you want to hear something for 20 minutes that's uh entertaining cuz you uh you actually hate the host but to, <laughs> how can someone listen to me for 6 hours if they don't like me but there, there's some that do there are some regular listeners to this show and i'm sure if you're one of them you you know who you are that actually dislike me and, and listen for that reason. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I think your uh, your point about maybe he wasn't bought out, that could be very true. I'm, I'm not going to say that's wrong. It's uh, 
Uh, he does. Well, you know, we, we're never going to know for sure what happens behind closed doors, right? All I'm saying is that, you know, wh- this is a guy that when he didn't like a deal he got, he basically burned every bridge and just, you know, did whatever, uh, you know, he thought that he could do to, to try and get his way. So we can be at least reasonably assured that he is pretty happy with the the way that he got. And I just don't see him wanting to do wanting to promote people to sign up for live at the bike yeah well, uh, if one, he was bought out and no longer has any interest there's in one other thing i just thought of which would support that and that is if he's bought out uh why isn't he going and doing something else now you could say yeah maybe he has a non-compete clause and something but this kind of seems like that he's not only uh quitting he's quitting everything having to do with poker He's not going to do any kind of podcast that would compete with Live at the Bike. So mm-hmm. that's also interesting where you think if they, if they bought him out, he'd say, okay, well, I want to, I still want to go and do my own thing or work for someone else. And uh, Well, in, interesting situation, and this is all you know public knowledge, so I'm not dropping anything that you know people can't know. But so as Bart mentioned, you know, uh, Lyman hosted that game at the bike. Uh, which was a, a lucrative deal for him. He got a cut of the the drop, and he did very well for himself. You know, all he had to do was start the game, and good for him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't mind doing that either. <laughs> Sounds like a fantastic gig. Um, but they that deal ended, um, and he uh, actually ended up moving over to uh, the commerce. Yeah, I heard people have been seeing him at commerce. Yeah, and it, you know, I don't know if he's hosting a game there. I think he is. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that that's where he's playing now. He's not playing at the bike anymore because he doesn't, you know, work there anymore. So you have a interesting situation where he owns a piece of live at the bike and goes back there to do that, but he doesn't represent that casino anymore from the point of view of he's no longer hosting a game there. Right? So, I mean, that's kind of a, an interesting situation, too, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, how, how does he end up, and, and how long does that really last, that your office, so to speak, where you go to play poker is no longer the place that you own a piece of a show uh, that works, the, you know, at, at, that is at the other casino. Yeah, that's right? funny. And then, and again, this is, you know, everybody knows that this happened. The uh, One of the people that started Live at the Bike uh, was also the poker room manager at the bike. Um, and she was fired from the bike, you know, X number of months ago. Um, so you, you have a situation where, you know, the two owners of the bike no longer are employed or work there, but they have a show that broadcasts there. Uh, and it's just really bizarre. <laughs> I mean, it's just a really strange situation. Yeah, and and I heard uh, and Tuckman apparently tweeted something about how yeah something positive about Lyman's firing, which I thought was interesting. Well, I'm not. Let's just put it this way: um, Dave is a really good guy, and he's a really loyal friend uh, to anyone he's friends with, and that includes Bart. Yeah. So let's just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> he definitely he definitely wasn't crying about that. And actually, uh, he favorited a, a tweet from Lou Father, a very loyal listener to this show. He, he tweeted at Tuck on Sports, which is Tuckman's uh, t- 
Twitter. Tuck, yep. I heard a position opened up at Live of the Bike. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then other interesting things to look at. Do you know, you used to go on Live of the Bike. You know Lizette? Uh, Do you know who that is? I, I'm not sure. She's an Asian woman who used, used to be the person that kind of uh, was the person that you would call in order to get a seat at Live at the Bike. I don't bike. think that's who I spoke of, to. I think I did it through Twitter or something. Well, I mean, okay. Well, then you didn't have the in, okay? <laughs> but she she even had her own phone that she used to arrange all this stuff and whatever. She managed the thing. Um, she left Live at the Bike. Uh, and then you noticed, uh, you know, Nicole, uh, Nicole, right? One of the broadcasters yeah, that was yeah, on there? Yeah. So she left as well. So, I mean, there are a lot of people leaving. So there's a lot of upheaval. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but there was a lot of upheaval. Interesting. Well, yes, we'll see. So all, all I really think about with Live at the Bike is that's a place where I ate a whole lot of, a whole lot of food. A whole lot of food. From the 907... Um, and Gamblebot says more Nicole, less Lyman. I I met Nicole. I you know like I I have had watched their broadcast for a long time, and I always enjoyed her uh, her commentary and her demeanor. And I met her, and she was super nice. So I mean, I agree with uh, with uh, Gamblebot's chaffed penis that uh, you know having Nicole on more would be awesome. I don't know if it's going to happen because I know she's got a. Uh, a family and other stuff going on, but it would be cool to see her on there more. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So we, we will see what happens. I, I think just Lyman's going to fall in the background, and uh, it's going to be hard to really even hear much from him because he doesn't have Twitter, he doesn't have 2 plus 2, and he doesn't have uh, Live the Bike anymore. So I don't know where we will even hear from him. Well, I think it sounds like he's okay with it. Yeah, it sounds like he's just going to fall in the background. But it may be weird for him when you're so used for years and years and years to have these outlets to state your opinions online, especially someone as outspoken as him, to to go silent completely. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It seems he's like on, he was on 2 plus 2, he's banned from there, he's on yeah. Twitter, he's banned from there, he's not on Live at the Bike anymore. I think... Um, I, I think if he really gave a shit about it, he would find some kind of an outlet. Uh, it sounds like he did, really doesn't care. Sounds like he well, wants to go the, off golfing, and he's good with it for the moment. Yeah. For the moment, it's easier to make that True. decision when you, you're, you know, it's only a few days have passed. But we'll see. True. True. We will see. Okay, so I want to get to this uh, online poker payment processor and, and telemarketing scammer Jeremy Johnson, who we talked about before here. He, if you've played online poker. Back uh, before Black Friday, Jeremy Johnson probably processed some of your payments. He also was very involved in that sudden first bank, which was in the center of the Black Friday bus. Jeremy Johnson also worked with Chad Ellie, a, another payment processor we had on the show, and Chad Ellie alleged that Jeremy Johnson ripped him off. Now, what's definitely true is Jeremy Johnson was a telemarketing scammer as well. In fact, that was his, his bigger business in the payment processing. He was accused by the government of... A $750 million telemarketing scam where it, w- it was pretty simple. You'd sign up for various services and uh, then try to cancel, and he would not let you cancel and just keep billing your credit card. That's a, I don't know how he thought he'd get away with this, but the way he, he felt he was going to get away with this is that he had two different Utah attorneys general, one after the other, in his pocket, where he just lavished uh, a lot of attention, gifts, uh, and, and favors to them upon them with a vast money he was making from all his scamming. 
and the Utah Attorneys General were influenced and uh, protected him. Jeremy Johnson is also known for revealing, and he, he recorded himself revealing this, and that's what got the investigation going, that he put a million dollars, and actually it turned out to be more than a million dollars. Uh, it just came out that the amount that he put in was... One million dollars. Times two, that he put two million dollars in an account for Harry Reid to bribe him to change his stance on legalizing online poker, and that $2 million came from Full Tilt at the time. And uh, there's been a lot of obstruction in investigating Harry Reid for this, but it seems to me from everything I've read that this really happened. So Jeremy Johnson had his hand in a lot of different things, and there are attempts in Utah to prosecute the attorneys general that were close with him and were doing Mm. him favors. So... One of them, John Swallow, who we mentioned earlier, uh, he's on trial currently. And uh, Jeremy Johnson now has been jailed for contempt of court for his refusal to testify against Swallow. But not for the reason you think. You may think, oh, well, even if he's a scammer, at least he's loyal. At least he's loyal to the guy who helped protect him in Utah. No. Jeremy Johnson's not loyal to anyone. Jeremy Johnson... According to his defense attorney, Mary Corporon, says that uh, he will not testify because even though Utah granted him immunity for testifying against uh, Swallow, meaning anything he testifies that won't be used against him later in uh, criminal proceedings against him, that the U.S. federal government would not give him immunity. So he's afraid that if he says anything in court about his dealings with John Swallow, then the, the uh, federal government can come and prosecute him for what he's admitting to, so he's not going to do it. However, uh, he still has been compelled to testify. The, this is related to, uh, you know, again, the, the corruption of John Swallow. The, the company that Jeremy Johnson ran, the, scamming, the telemarketing scam company, was called iWorks. And uh, he's claiming this is his Fifth Amendment rights against self-incrimination by not testifying here. Uh, Judge Elizabeth Holly Mill, or Ruby Mills has attempted to force him to testify, and since he's not, is actually you know, has hit him with uh, contempt. So, um, what, what's interesting is that they they've never prosecuted him for the payment processing. For the Black Friday thing, they never went after him, even though he was uh, the one behind a lot of the processing of deposits and cash outs through that Sunfirst Bank in Utah that was the center of that uh, Black Friday bust. And the reason it said that he did not get prosecuted for that is that just before the Black Friday bust, they filed that case related to iWorks and decided that was the bigger fish to fry, and they... they, uh, Decided just to kind of steer clear of the whole thing with the, with the payment processing. It complicates matters too much. So the thing is here that uh, it's very, very key for the prosecution that Johnson testifies. And uh, both Swallow and uh, the former 
attorney general before Swallow. There's, you know, neither of them is the attorney general anymore, but Mark Shirtliff were both charged with multiple felonies. And it was for bribery, which, uh, you know, Johnson, you know, Johnson basically bribed both of them in various ways to avoid any kind of uh, scrutiny or prosecution for what he was doing there in Utah with his, with his iWork scam. So there's, you know, they're still trying to get him to do this. Uh, his attorney is still claiming that if he testifies against Swallow, that that uh, it will incriminate himself, that he has a Fifth Amendment right to, to not do that. So I don't, I don't know where this is going to go, but at the moment he's been jailed for contempt. I would love to see them going after Reed and having him testify in that one. And I, I, I think that you know, if they give him immunity, he'll be happy to testify against Reed. And uh, I would love to see Reed go down for this because even if you like online pokers, uh, you know, if you even if you wanted to see that get legalized back then, Harry Reed received a one or two million dollar bribe for changing his position, and that's that's not why you're electing officials is to take bribes from anyone. Even if even if it's bribes from a company that you support and you want to see the law change, you, you know, bribery is not the uh, not the right answer. So Reed should he should go to jail for it, truthfully. And hopefully, now that there's not a, a Democratic Attorney General protecting him, hopefully that uh, that can happen. Anyway, that's uh, where is Trader Ruski? You know, he never. It's a good point. That's a good question, Trader Ruski. If you're still listening, Colin, are you falling asleep? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Get here, Trader Ruski. Please. That's you, 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 you can drop. You can drop off if you need to. So I'll, I'll give him a couple minutes. See if he calls up. Okay, Trader Ruski. I, it's kind of my fault. I, I said he's welcome to come on the show, and then I just never connected him. Now, in my defense, he never called either. But uh, uh, I have a feeling he probably fell asleep already too. So I'll, I, I have to finish this myself. Because I, I, I need to finish this and do some things and, and get on the road and uh, go to a secret location and uh, do all this and then get up early. So I'm not going. I'm going to get very little sleep tonight. So we'll see where this goes. Uh, um, my kids are off school all week. Oh. So I'm screwed. So they're going to wake you up early tomorrow morning. They're going to wake you up early? Oh, yeah. Yeah, see, that's that's the good thing when Ben's in school. Is I just, you know, I do have to get up to drop him off, but then after that, I, I go back to sleep. Well, normally that's the case, but yeah. they're off all week. Uh, that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So an embarrassing registration mix-up occurred. At the Super High Roller Bowl, this is a, a poker tournament of a $300,000 buy-in. And this is going, this is a new event, and it was to take place at the Aria. It was put together by Poker Central and Poker Productions. Isn't that cute? Poker Productions. Very clever. Very clever. It's, so, it's almost as original as all of the... Poker logos that I see. Yeah, so this is the, this is the, the details from the press release. It's going to take place May twenty eighth, May twenty eighth, to thirty first at the Aria, right before the World Series. First place winner receives an estimated five million dollars. The Aria will begin accepting deposits on Thursday, February second. Buy in is three hundred thousand dollars, but the deposits are thirty thousand dollars and non refundable. So in order to reserve your seat, you have to put up thirty k, and if you decide not to play, they just keep they just keep it. There is no rake, however. I guess the only rake they'll get is if people back out after paying the 30k. Yeah, that's a sick, sick amount of money. Yeah, as a penalty. Yeah, and uh, and it, it is an open event. You do not need to be invited, but there is a cap for of 50 players, and of those 50 players, only 35 are open. The other 15 are reserved by the aria who wants to, you know for whoever they feel like inviting. 
So, uh, this is the problem. This is the problem. That they did not manage the open registration well, those 35 seats, and they did not stop it. Because what would, ha- what would happen is people would register and then not give the deposit yet. And people say, oh, I'll get the deposit to you soon. So they don't want to turn them away. And at the same time, they weren't confident all these people were going to give the deposit because if they didn't, then uh, they, they, there's no penalty for these people. They, you know, they, they really couldn't suffer any consequence for it. Yeah, see Richard Dreyfus, He's got my deposit. <laughs> so so 30, 35 players registered, and they decided they're going to keep letting some register because they, you know, they still hadn't gotten a lot of deposits. They can't count on these people actually to give them. They, they could have solved this by just saying you can't register until you give the deposit, and if, you know they shouldn't have let people do this partial registration, but they did. Right. So what happened is, well, that, you know what that tells me, or that I would assume, given that it's a casino industry. I mean, it could be anything. But if they're willing to kind of like bend those rules, I think they were worried they weren't going to get enough people if they didn't do that. Yeah, that's what I think was happening. So, yeah. so they allowed fifty-four people to register. Of those to those thirty-five open spots, and uh, as you can imagine, that created a problem. So, what happened was uh, these these fifty-four people actually paid up. All of them did. So the, the deposits. So then they wow. had a, then they had a problem. So that th- they uh, so so they didn't know what to do. They, they capped it at fifty. Now they had to take all fifty-four. And then what about the reserve people? <laughs> Who the fuck runs these things? Yeah, like, isn't, isn't how? This dumb? Oh, so 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 they uh, so the first thing they tried to do is they said, okay, we're going to hold a lottery. We're going to hold a lottery. Thirty-five of the fifty-four will get drawn, and they'll get to play. The other uh, nineteen will get their money back. So the thirty-five people who were whose names were drawn were Christian Kristner, Antonio Esfandiari, Igor, Kur- Igor Kurganov, Matt Berkey, Connor Drenan, Stefan uh, Santamayer, Jake Schindler, Pratius Padiga, Rainer Kemp, Sean Winter, John Juanda, Dominic Nietzsche, uh, Nietzsche, Christoph Vogelsang, Stefan uh, Shalabel, Andrew Robel, Brian Rast, Bryn Kenny. Uh, Fedor Holtz, David Peters, Jason Les, Ben Tolerine, Tom Marchese, Eric Seidel, Sam Saverell, Scott Seaver, Ankush, Madavia, David Einhorn, Nick, Nick Petrangelo, Haralabos Volgaris, Isaac Haxton, Andrew Lichtenberger, Doug Polk, Ben Sulsky, Byron Kaverman, and Corey Aldemir. What? No Lyman? <laughs> so, unfortunately. So you say, oh, that sounds like a pretty good lineup. A lot of good pros in there. Right. But here's the 19 rejects. The ones that did not get to play. Adrian Matios, Talal Shakareshi, Stefan Chidwick, Max Silver, Jason Kuhn, Sergio Edo, Jonathan Jaffe, Daniel Negranu, mm. Zach Hyman, Justin Bonomo, Daniel Coleman, John Eric Schwippert, Dan Smith, Darren Elias, Max Aldergott, Bill Klein, D- Dan Shack, and Jason Mercier. So they lost out on a number of big names there, most notably Negranu. And uh, obviously, uh, Dan Shack couldn't have been very happy either. So, uh, so, so maybe the Aria could have been persuaded to give some of these reserve seats to guys like uh, n- you know one of these fifteen reserve seats to Negranu or Mercier or Coleman or Shack. But the problem was, there, there still would have been too many people left out. So they decided again they're going to change the rules. They decided, you know what? All fifty-four actually get to play. 
So the funny thing is, they did this lottery at first. They're probably hoping that, like, of the maybe they'll luck out and get nineteen uh, like semi nobodies there, and they can they can turn them away. Once Negranu and and, and and Jason Mercy and other ones they want to see play, and Dan Shack, once they they lost out on the lottery, then they didn't want to do it anymore. So they backed that whole thing out, and they said, you know what? Actually, all fifty four are going to play, but the hard cap for the event is now fifty six. <laughs> So, so wait a minute. What, what happened to all the reserve seats? They were they were, they were reserving seats for non professional players. That uh, you know, like whales there that were they were going to let buy in. Well, maybe the whales just realized that they were dead money. <laughs> so so now they only have two seats available for these whales, and so they created the worst tournament in poker history. Yes, and then and so now they're saying that that's exactly what they did. That. There's some unnamed celebrity that wants to play this, so they're going to give that to one of the other seats. There's also rumors that the other seat may go to Phil Helmuth. Oh, God. So this is, a, this, this is not going to be an easy tournament. There's $300,000 put up to play against these uh, top players. Seriously, I mean, I, I realize that every poker player thinks they have an edge over the other poker players, but these are all, for the most part, pretty good pro yeah i wouldn't want to be in this tournament so i mean what the fuck is the point <laughs> you know they, they might as well just you know put all their credit cards in the middle and play credit card roulette yeah, yeah that's crazy so that's that's what's going on there and i wonder how many people are back it's like three hundred thousand dollars still a lot that's that's a- well i'm sure they're all backed yeah. or you know if they're not they should be you yeah. know what i mean um even the guys that ostensibly have the money to enter into that they if they're smart they would still be backed you know yeah because the the variance is just outrageous i don't even understand like beer beer and poker saying lol at capping this in the first place i don't get that either like a like why the hard cap why if there's a lot, a lot of extra interest does it really matter if they have 60 something players instead of 50 or 56 like it's i can understand if they don't want this to be a giant event but how is it going to be with 300k but but with 300k entrance but fine if they want to keep it as a smaller tournament but if there's a little run over like this just just leave well, the, leave they, the maybe spots up. they they want to keep it exclusive and they also want it to be something that is appealing to these 15 seats these 15 whales that they were hoping to get to come in that don't want to play a tournament that's going to last, you know, three or four days. Yeah, I understand that. I just, but but now they're now they've kicked those whales out anyway. Now they're only letting. Uh, now they're not giving the seals to, seats to the whales, so it's strange. Well, I'm saying that's why the cap might have been in there to begin with. Yeah, and, and China Maniac saying they say that they want it to be a prestigious event at a hard cap of 36 or whatever. So maybe right. maybe that's about the prestige. But I don't know. So they 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 had to have the big mistake here. If they wanted to make a hard cap of 50 and let 35 people register openly, then just make a hard rule. Bring the 30K when you sign up, or we just don't, we'll say sorry, come back when you have the 30K. Yep. Very simple. Well, I'm, yeah, and I, I agree with China Maniac. I think that keeping it a prestigious event is definitely part of it. But, I mean, all these pros are not idiots either, even if they have a big ego. They want to have those whales in there. I mean, that's what makes it a profitable tournament yeah. for them to play. That's the other thing. And, they throw the tournament by, by having well, no, right. these and, whales. And so the reason why they were likely doing that is they they probably talked to, you know, some of these whale types, and they're like, yeah, you know, I could fly in for a day or two, but that's it. You know, so they probably tried to structure the tournament around them yeah. to try and get them in there. 
Um, but then fuck that up too. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I like the lottery they had where they didn't like the results of it, so they backed that out as well. Well, they're still having a lottery because they're all you know reasonably equally skilled. So yeah. the tournament is just a fucking lottery. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's no dead money. There's no spots really. Yeah, I mean, it's a, lot, a lottery for the lottery. Right. So it's a lottery. I mean, you know, good luck. And, and the ironic thing is, you, you know, what you're talking about before about people having pieces, I, I wouldn't be shocked if a decent number of the people in that tournament had pieces of each other. Yeah, probably. So they really are just kind of like, you know, pushing money around yeah. for no reason. Well, at least there's no they, rake. <laughs> they'll get the attention. Yeah. You know? So there's, uh, let me go to the next topic here. These, I had a ridiculous thing occur. I, I've been to so many hotels, and, and with Caesars, it's like going to a different hotel every time because there's a new element of fail which occurs on every visit. But I got to tap out, Drew. Okay, you want? You want? I'm sorry, man. It's 4 a.m. Okay, and the, I, no, I know what time the kids are going to be jumping okay, on me tomorrow. Okay, no problem. G- good night. Get your three hours of sleep. And uh, Trader Ruski, how could you betray me? Where are you? You betrayed me. I've, I've, I'm the one who's got to go alone at this. <laughs> okay. Wait a minute. We just got. Don't you big time me, Trader Ruski? <laughs> Trader Risky, how dare you big time me? Never big time the fish. All right. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here tonight, and as always, and we will uh, talk to you next week. All right, man. Bye. All right, bye. That's Cal Watt. Uh, once again, can't quite make it to the end of the show, but we forgive that since it's three-hour time difference, and these kids is getting up early. Don't have much more to the show, though. Anyway, I. I th- I always think I've seen it all when it comes to screw-ups with hotels. And then they always prove me wrong. There's always new things that happen that show me how wrong I really was. That there there really is... There's really an infinite number of failures that can occur with hotel reservations. With Caesars, I've gotten to be an expert with the whole process. And I'm not going to go through the whole process now. I'm too tired. I'm too... You don't want to hear it anyway. But but let's just say I, I know very well how to reserve the exact room I want, how to make sure it gets locked in and not given to anybody else. The whole process, I, I know what to do that most people don't know from experience, from many years of experience going there. So I did this. And I got there. And I needed a king bed. And I got there, and they told me there's two queens. Now, I wasn't. if I'm by myself, I don't care about that because uh, I can sleep in a queen bed by myself. It's no problem. But I wasn't by myself, and I needed the king bed. They had told me on the phone they were giving me a king bed. They had locked the room in as if they were giving me a king bed, but they didn't give me a king bed. It was two queens. Now, I was all willing to accept that just someone saw the wrong thing, hit the wrong button, whatever it is. That, that's happened to me many times. I, that's not unusual. I've had it many times where I get a different bedding type than they promised me. That is a very common hotel mistake. In fact, sometimes it's not a mistake. Sometimes they give away your room, and that's why you don't get the bedding type you wanted. Sometimes they won't even guarantee the bedding type, but that is not what happened. What happened here was that they told me it was a king, and right when I hung up, they saw that it was not. They saw it was two queens. So rather than fixing the problem, the representative from Caesars noted on my reservation, told guests that it was a king erroneously. In reality, it's two queens. 
Are you kidding me? Why not just fix it? Why, why note my account we told him the wrong thing? Why, why put that? If you've caught the mistake, fix the mistake. Or if for some reason you can't fix it, call me up and say, hey, sorry, we told you the wrong thing. They noted my account that they told me the wrong thing. And they didn't do anything further. Didn't try to do anything further. Just just to let you guys know, we, we, we told them the wrong thing. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when they told me. In fact, the front desk rep at Caesars was shocked by this and said she's never seen this before. <laughs> That's That it was really peculiar that they'd note that and not make an effort to fix it. And keep in mind, there were hours in between, like four hours in between when this happened and when I got there. So there's plenty of time to fix it. So I, I had to spend... 45 minutes in the in the check-in room to get this whole thing worked out because it was not easy. It was a very busy weekend. It was the, the holiday weekend, and uh, to find the king bed for me was, was very tough without moving me into a crap room. So you never know. Caesars always finds new ways to surprise and excite me. Finally, another Caesars topic, and then honestly, we got to shut the show down. Still been over five hours. Still been over five hours. So... You can't complain this is a short show. Five hours and we got our last topic, so a little bit more. I really don't feel like getting on the road, by the way. I kind of feel tired, but I have to. I have to. Unless I want to get up really, really early. I guess I could do that, too. I guess I could go to sleep right after the show and get up, like, super early and drive in the crack of dawn. But I know I'm going to have a hard time waking up. I know it. But yeah, I might do that, though. I might just do that. I'm just not in the move to drive right now. See, I've, I've got to be somewhere in the morning. And I, I can either... It, it doesn't matter. It's not going to cost me any more money. I, I can either go to sleep there very close to where I need to be and drive right now, or I can drive very early in the morning, like 5 a.m. type thing. One of those two. Ugh. I'm probably gonna get less sleep than Calwatt. That's the sad thing. Like I was, I was, I was laughing at him about his kids waking up, and I picture his kids running in his room and jumping in his bed or shaking him and waking him up when he's exhausted from this show. It's gonna be worse for me. I'm gonna be waking up before my kid, and uh, hours before my kid. I'm still doing this damn show at 1:04 in the morning. Hope you guys appreciate this, Lyman. He. He quits when they're not paying him anymore. All these, all these broadcasters quit when they're not getting paid anymore. I, I, I'm the fool who's done this for five years for free. What a joke. Okay, so let me tell you about the Founders card. And this is not a new thing. I've, I've, I've heard about this for years. People keep approaching me privately and saying, what about the Founders card? Shouldn't I get uh, the Founders card? The Founders card is a card that uh, you can sign up for. I don't even think it's a credit card. I think it's like a mem- like a club you're joining. But the point is, if, uh, the big perk here is that through certain sites, you can Google it if you want. I don't want to advertise for anybody, but through certain sites, you can get the Founders card for three ninety five instead of seven ninety five, which is supposedly the regular price. But I, I've seen three ninety five for a long time, so I, th- I think that's not as much of a special as I'd like to pretend. Uh, 
but uh, yeah, I guess they claim normally it's it's almost nine hundred dollars. It's seven ninety five plus ninety five, but here you can get three, it's just three ninety five plus zero. But whatever, let's just go with the three ninety five number because that's that's the number I've actually heard for a long time. I never looked into it because I don't need it. The main value to the founders card is the total rewards diamond status. So they they claim that uh, there's other benefits to it, but most of these things are kind of crap. Even though they claim they're worth a lot of money, most of these are crap. The real point of the Founders card is to get the Caesar's Diamond status. And you'll get some other benefits too, but nothing that exciting. You can read about it. But someone posted, actually PLOL posted, that yeah, you, know, you can get this founder's card for three ninety five. Maybe it's worth doing. And if you really want diamond status at Caesar's properties, and you want it without having to risk money with all the variants, then maybe you should. But you have to understand what you will get it from it, and what you won't get from it. Because some people are confused about what diamond status, which is the second highest tier at Caesar's properties. It's highest is seven star, second highest is diamond, third highest is platinum, and the bottom is gold. The only one that's really, you know, the only two that are really worth anything are diamond and uh, seven star. To earn diamond through play, you have to earn 15,000 tier credits. If you earn bonus tier credits by either wagering, earning 2,500 or 5,000 in a day, if you do it optimally, then you only have to earn 5,000 base tier credits and you'll get 10,000 bonus ones. But that still requires you you wager either 50,000 on video poker or, um, what is it? Uh, I think 25,000 on slots. I'm not even sure the way it translates to blackjack. But the point is, you're, you're going to be risking money. You, you could lose a few thousand on the way there. You really could. It's, it's, it's not unusual in even playing the best game you can find, even playing a pretty good game of video poker to get to diamond in a day, or even over two days, that you could lose $3,000. You easily could. You could lose more. Not much more, but you could lose more. Even at a really good game, even like a Jackster better 9.6, which is 99.54% average return, you could play perfectly, you could lose $3,300 very easily. Now, at that game, the average loss would be $230 to get a diamond, but that's uh, that's there's a lot of variance to it, especially because the Royals are involved, where you either get a big hit or, or you lose a lot more than the, the average amount. So there is a lot of variance to this. There is a very good chance you will lose four figures, Low four figures, but nevertheless four figures if you attempt to reach diamond through play at Caesar's properties. So maybe if, if just having that diamond card and the very basic perks that go with it is important to you, yeah, the, the, the founder's card is, is probably the best thing to do because you'll pay a flat three ninety five. There's no variance to it. And, and it's not even that much higher than the expected loss at some of the better games they have there. So it's it's a the expected loss of the better games is like two hundred thirty dollars to get to diamond, but that's there's a lot of variance to it. Here, three ninety five, no variance. So yeah, why not? Well, I'm gonna I'm just I want you to be fully aware of what you really are getting and aren't getting because some people picture that they get diamond 
and that they're going to get all these offers for free hotel rooms. They're going to get all these offers for free meals and free play. And they're going to get all these wonderful things for being a diamond there. And that's going to easily pay for that three ninety five. How could it not? You're wrong. You won't get any of that stuff. Diamond status does not entitle you to any additional offers. Any additional rooms for free? Any additional discounts? Any additional meals? Any additional shows? You don't get any of that stuff. That's all based upon your play. doesn't matter what tier you are. It matters your play. I know gold members, the bottom tier, who get better offers than me as the seven stars. It's all based upon your recent play. And... How many casino resources you use? Resources meaning like food and, and uh, other stuff that you redeem while you're there. You know, food, uh, hotel rooms. You know, how much you, you run through the machines or, or through the tables versus how much you cost them during your stay there that they give you comped. And if it turns out that you're actually not profitable to them, the, the offers will dry up very fast and disappear, even if you're seven stars. At the same time, if you're a gold member with, with real no basic perks, if you are playing and making the money because you're really not redeeming very much and you're playing actively, then they will make you some nice offers. So it's all based upon your play, not your status. So whatever offers you are currently receiving, getting Diamond will not change that one bit. It will make them better, it will make them worse. So what do you get for being Diamond? Well, you get to avoid resort fees at properties that have that, like in Vegas, which can be like $30 a night or more, so... If you stay enough times, then yes, the three ninety five can pay for itself. So you, you you avoid resort fees. You don't have to pay them as diamond. You avoid parking fees, though you can usually avoid those by being platinum. You get access to the diamond lounges. I was never a big diamond lounge person. I, I go in there, I don't understand the excitement. But some people love them. On the East Coast, they are better. Some people love the diamond lounges in the East Coast. So if you love the diamond lounges, then yes, it's probably worth getting this. If you just think, eh, they're okay, then that's probably not that much of a perk to you. I can enter any of those lounges, you know, Diamond or Seven Star. Most of them are Diamond, which also function as Seven Star lounges, but there's some exclusively for Seven Stars that you can't enter as a Diamond, but I, I rarely go in any of them, to be honest. But anyway, you get the, you get the lounges. Um, you get special lines, like you get to use the special Diamond Seven Star room to register at the World Series, which I admit is helpful when it's very crowded there. I love using that room and Avoiding that line, which can be hours long. So that's nice to have. There's other lines you can get that will put you ahead of the pack. Where, uh, you know, lines to get into buffets, lines to get into restaurants, lines to get to the cashier, lines to get to total rewards. Diamond gets a skip ahead of gold, platinum, and non-card holders. Seven stars still have priority over you, but there aren't that many of them. So Diamond helps with that too. So that you can't get any monetary value out of skipping lines, but obviously it's a nice thing to have. So you'll get all those basic things. There's also little things like you get a 20% discount on Norwegian cruises, which they say it's 20%. It's not a real 20%. It's more like 15 to 17%, but whatever. You'll get some kind of discount there, and you get some kind of discount with if you want to go to that Atlantis deal they have, though not as good as the Seven Stars one. So they have some stuff like that. And if you know if any dispute happens with an employee there, there's some benefit of the doubt you need that being a diamond will help, and they won't see that you got it through the founder's card. 
the hotel will treat you better if you're a diamond than if you're not. Though they they typically prefer the you know the seven stars over the diamond, but so they, they will not see the hotel side will never see that you got your diamond through the founders card. Then that's good, but you're not going to get additional offers. You're not going to get baller suites. You're not going to get free food. Uh, you're not going to get any additional stuff like that. So that's it's for you to decide if that's worth three ninety five to you. But uh, you can go to the casinos in Las Vegas. Uh, forum on Poker Fraud Alert. PLOL posted a link to a, a website that gives you this Founders card for three ninety five. I'm not endorsing it. I don't have nothing to do with that site. I don't make a penny from it. But uh, that you can do that if you want it for three ninety five diamond. Just re- realize you're only getting the, the basic benefits and nothing above that. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, Druff. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, so uh, yeah, I, was, I tried to get a hold of you the last two weeks about. Uh, I'm the guy who keeps falling asleep from the East Coast about the 2017 Aruba trip. Okay. Well, you know, I'm glad you called, but I, I hate to tell you that I, I'm about to be a, a guy who falls asleep on the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately, we can't do it right now. I, I, I do want to hear from you. I want to talk to you about that. Uh, unfortunately, this is the, the wrong time because I was just about to shut down the show and uh, make the tough decision of do I do I make my uh, my drive now when I'm kind of tired and maybe uh, you know fall asleep on the road and, and kill myself and, and some other people, or, or do I try to go to sleep and, and, and pry myself out of bed at, at 5 in the morning? I don't know which one it is I should do. Okay. All right. Sounds like an easy call. But, uh, but okay. So maybe I'll try next week, next Wednesday slash Thursday or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We should be back on on Wednesday. In fact, thanks for bringing that up. We, do have, we will have the show next week on uh, Wednesday, March 1st. That will be our show, and then uh, we we may have a little issue the following week, but I'll, I'll let you guys know about that. We'll definitely be back on Wednesday, March 1st, six days from now, I guess technically five days now that we're on Friday right now. Right now it is Friday the 24th, early morning, but I thank you for calling, and what, what is your name, by the way? Uh, Jeff. Jeff, okay. Well, Jeff, we'll have you on uh, next week. Yeah, just uh, just text me or something beforehand, and we'll arrange it, and we can talk. This, this is a guy who won a uh, a seat to that scam tournament in Aruba uh, that, that uh, by the PC, PPC, which is clearly not going to exist in 2017, and and how uh, and Maryland Live, where he won it, handled it. So I do want to talk to him about that, and we will do so next week. So thank you for calling in, and we'll just text me on the, the radio phone number, and we'll arrange it. Yep, will do. All right, have a good one. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, look, everybody, I I really, uh, I think I'm just going to crash. That's what I think I'm going to do. I, I just don't think I have it in me to make this drive. Like, I, I could kind of force it, but I just, and I'll be kind of tired if I just get short sleep and wake up, but I'm not one of those people who believes that if you get a small amount of sleep, it doesn't do any good or makes it worse. I've, I've had people say, oh, if you can sleep for two hours, it makes it worse. Well, yeah, for the first five or ten minutes, I agree. It, it's awful to, to when you need a lot of sleep and then you go to sleep and force yourself up after two, three hours. It feels so tough to get out of bed. I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. But once I get up, once five, ten minutes pass, then I'm like, oh, this actually isn't that bad. And it's funny because, like, for the first five or ten minutes, I feel like I'm going to die. For the first five or ten minutes, I feel like I, I – how am I going to make it through the day? But then once I'm up, it feels okay. And sometimes I'll feel kind of lethargic throughout the day, but it's, it's not terrible. And then hopefully I can catch a nap a little bit later, and it's fine. So I, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to uh, go to sleep for a short time. 
drive at five something in the morning and then uh, do what I got to do early and then uh, maybe take another nap. <laughs> take another nap where I'll be staying at the uh, secret, secret location. And uh, that'll be that. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Trader Ruski, I'm, I'm sorry we didn't hook up here tonight on the show. I, somehow you just... Let me see if you texted me. I mean, I'm not mad you didn't appear. I just... I kind of feel bad for not trying to call you. I know he was listening because he texted me earlier, not about coming on, but about when I got that voicemail I wanted to play. Uh, congratulations to Ari Engel for winning... I don't know what even what award he won. I was too busy making fun of the show, but... Congratulations for winning some award. You did deserve it. I mean, you, you had a great year in 2016 playing uh, tournament poker. Calwat, uh, thank you for surviving almost to the end. See, it wasn't much longer, Calwat. I bet you thought I was going to spend another hour talking about hotel stories. I didn't. I just blazed through those last few topics. Okay. We will be back on March 1st at 7.45 p.m. approximately Pacific Time. We're almost at daylight time. I think it's going to happen in like two weeks. And... (laughs) Yeah, I think I just made my decision. I think I'm just going to go to sleep now. So if you text me shortly after the show... Oh, damn it. I can put this thing in the archives. Well, that doesn't take that long. I have to admit, I don't like putting it in the archives. It's, it's like, I've gone through this whole long show, I, I just totally don't feel like putting it in the archives when I have to. But it's, it's like a, a tedious task. It doesn't take that long, it's just something I don't want to do. It's, I don't enjoy doing it. It's, it's, uh, it's busy work. And it's something I don't feel like doing after talking for five, six hours. But I'm going to do it. Because I know that's the way most of you listen. And I'm glad that you guys listen. That's why I do this show. I'm making zero money on this thing. But I will be here. We're going to have our five-year anniversary on March 2nd, which is the day after next show. In fact, it, we're probably, we'll probably run into the anniversary as we always go past midnight. So we'll see what we can do about that. We'll definitely have a prize next week. I already know what we're going to give away. Good night, everybody. And Shalom.